This is not going to be a problem. No. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's to represent um, nothing. The, the annoyance we felt at playing the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to to properly make the audience experience what we experience, I'm just going to put a high-pitched whine in the background. <laughs> You're not going to notice it at first, but it's going to get kind of louder as we keep going. And by the end, it's just going to completely drown out anything we're saying. And you're going to really understand what we mean about this game. <laughs> we really wanted the player to feel like the pain and the misery uh, that these uh, these people you're killing experience. So we took a cat in a bag. <laughs> slammed it <laughs> against two opposite walls. And if you want to see what happened to that cat, check out our YouTube page. <laughs> At <laughs> how to clean a pillowcase full of cat blood. The tutorial God, what video. Was I, watching? I was watching a thing on um on the uh the Postal series recently. So Postal is a is it's kind of a niche game that came out a long time ago. And um, the the first game was like this top down uh, game. It's kind of like a Hotline Miami, where it's top down. You just have a bunch of guns and you just go murder everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is like completely that how the first poster goes. It's it's you you have no reason for what you're doing, right? Yeah. Uh, you just you go through a level and you just murder everybody. And there's like a population counter and a victims counter, and it just keeps going down as you kill people. And the loading screens are like these are like these fucking horrible screeds of of like your manifesto, right? And the idea is it's just wanton violence, right? It's like it's it's trying to get you to like think about uh the, the, the violence inherent in society and things like that. It was an interesting game, right? And but it was like one of those first games where people were like, Games are uh, bad, you know? The you know, the conservatives and shit are like, Oh, games are uh making the kids evil, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's also because there was a there was a shooter who named uh Postal in his manifesto. Sure. You know, as like an influence. Uh, but it's like also the way like the Columbine shooters named like D D as an influence you know what i mean yeah or they didn't name it but they were like big D fans like they just played a lot of D D, and people were like oh D's the devil because the columbine kids you know yeah but the games after that this the series Turn, it, turns out wasi's just the devil <laughs> yeah there's postals two and three and they get like postal two is very different they they really just get silly they go more mm-hmm. like they skew more towards like saints row right where just like silly shit happens and the reason i said all this is because i think it's in I think it's in two. Uh, you can get a cat and just put it on your gun like a silencer. <laughs> <laughs> goes, meow, meow, meow. <laughs> oh, and they made a postal movie. And at one point they do just take a cat. And make a <laughs> See, this is all so topical. We just kind of like, I guess we started the podcast. <laughs> hey, welcome to Boss Door. The final threshold beyond which games must face their final and toughest opponent, the critical gaming public. My name's Ross and I'm here with my co-host, Joey. Hey, we did it. And today we're going to be talking about Last of Us 2. Uh, but first, uh, let's talk about... Uh, we haven't done this in a couple of episodes because we did Elden Ring with a guest. Yeah. And then last episode went assurely long. I don't think yeah, it's way, way too way, way too long. Uh, but the return of my, my favorite uh, bit. Joey, what have you been playing lately? All right, I, 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 I'll go first. Yeah, sure. Something the name of the segment is Joey, what have you been playing lately? <laughs> well, that's funny. Hey. Um... So last episode, which you check out, we did Final Fantasy X, which is a game I really like. Uh, so after that, I was like, ooh, a lot of people associate X with Final Fantasy IX. So I beat Final Fantasy IX. Mm-hmm. And then I beat Final Fantasy III. Yep. And then I beat Final Fantasy IV. Right. And I finished five last night. Yeah, as you So do. I've been trucking through them. 
Um, so I can't just talk about four Final Fantasies because Ross told me I couldn't. Um, don't worry. He has to hear it all. Yep. <laughs> That's why I know he can't do it now. <laughs> so if you've listened to previous cast or just have any kind of inkling on what I like, I am kind of a hardcore JRPG person. I like most games. I play a lot of games. But JRPGs are why I like games. It's like why I got back into games was Dragon Quest XI for the PS4 and now the Switch. Everyone should buy that. Yeah. Which we'll do at some point. Yeah, it is one of the best games we've ever made. Uh, so Final Fantasy has kind of been on my list for a while, but I've always been more of a Dragon Quest person than a Final Fantasy person and kind of doing that thing where I was salty about Final Fantasy because no one in America plays Dragon Quest. Yeah. And everyone's like, I don't like it because it's so traditional. And it's like, no, it's like if you play it, it's a really well-designed and, ba- like, what makes those games fun are the numbers. Yeah. Right? Uh, and Final Fantasy, I think, is really good at, like, spectacle and story and, oh my god, good at music. Right? It's the best music I ever, I've ever heard in video games is all Final Fantasy stuff. Uh, but sometimes in the past, I've critiqued kind of their way of tuning difficulty and stuff. Right? So, I was going to talk a little bit about kind of, like, the pros and cons of different styles of combat systems. So the main I want to focus on is 4 and 5. Final Fantasy 4, now it's really annoying to talk about Final Fantasy because there's a hundred different versions and they all mean different things and have different different implications for when they came out. A lot of people in America played 4 when it was called Final Fantasy 2 for the Super Nintendo because, yes, it's very annoying to talk about Final Fantasy. But when that happened, the Japanese had such a low opinion of us, <laughs> they made the game horrifically easy. And they took, they didn't, they didn't just make it easy. They took away like class based abilities because they thought they were too complicated. So you don't even get to play with the fun toys in the game. That's funny because, um, Mega Man 2 has a similar problem. And I don't know if it was like intentional, but basically in the American version where it's actually called Mega Man 2, uh, it has like a normal and a difficult setting. And then in the Japanese version where it's Rockman 2, it's just permanently set to difficult. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. In, in general, like, this is true for a lot of games that came over during this era. It's true for Fire Emblems. It's true for Final Fantasies. Uh, yeah, it's true for Mega Man's. They just don't, they have a lower opinion of what Americans are willing to do for their games. They're kind of right, but it's not yeah, the point. Like, rightfully so. <laughs> uh, but to, I, I, it's, I didn't want to, I don't want to play a stupidly easy Final Fantasy 4. So the DS remake, I think you lose a lot with sprites because the original Super Nintendo sprites look really good. They made the game punishingly difficult <laughs> in, in a way that I think is really good. So that's one of the ones I'm talking about for this. And then for 5, it doesn't really matter about the releases. It's not important for this sort of thing. So uh, Final Fantasy 4 is very hard, uh, the DS remake. Uh, but they do a really interesting thing that I think a lot of people don't like, which is it's very rigid in what your party is. Uh, you have You never pick your members. If you played other Final Fantasies, you're kind of used to getting like a party of eight-ish people and deciding who who you want to use, right? Now, 10 is done really well that we talked about in the previous cast. You can use everyone the whole game the whole time, which makes it fun. But usually, you just kind of leave a bunch of people on the sidelines. For every single time they want a character gets strong and you kind of rely on them, they try to kill themselves to save the party. <laughs> and then you you just have to get new people cycled in. Uh, so you never control the classes. You kind of have a set level of abilities. You basically just decide equipment, what you're doing, and where people are positioned in the formation, right? Uh, so it feels very rigid and people don't like that. But because of that, the whole game, in my opinion, 
is tuned in a way where I just enjoy combat from start to finish. I enjoyed every random monster encounter. I was more focused on what my characters were doing, and I got to play with their full tool set. Every fight ends up feeling like a puzzle where you're kind of looking for a right answer. At some point, you look through all your black mage, and you're like, oh, this thing is susceptible to petrify. And then you can turn a fight that was very frustrating into a fight that you can kind of escape with no damages. And all the bosses are interesting, and all the, the whole game, even, even though the end gets kind of a little too difficult, the whole game I felt really engaged with what I was doing. Uh, so I kind of wanted to contrast to Final Fantasy V. I just finished it, and I really like it. But Final Fantasy V made the job system. The job system is very interesting because the way it works is you have you pick a job and you can master it. And as you master it, you learn abilities. You can set the abilities from other jobs with other jobs so you can mix and match abilities, if that makes sense. Like you can teach your ninja white magic so your ninja can heal or whatever. And so the whole game, you're kind of unlocking abilities and, and building to a super class, if that makes sense. Because the starting class freelancer takes on all of these abilities at the end of the game. And it can be extremely, extremely powerful, right? Which basically, the way everyone finishes Final Fantasy V is everyone is freelancers and they just kind of have a sum total of all the abilities you unlock the whole game. And so that's really fun to fiddle with. That's like a thing that people talk a lot about. Player choice. I like to have player choice, right? And you really have tons of choices. You, you can make your party look however you want it to. But the cost of that was I spent a lot of games just fighting battles boringly. Right? Where it was mostly just grinding job points. And then the end of the game, when I actually did all of that, I trounced everything effortlessly. Yeah. And this is something that I think you notice a lot more with in the difference between Western RPGs and Japanese RPGs and why I like Japanese RPGs. A lot of Western RPGs, they'll start and you have this whole big fucking tree where you can just build your character. You can see everything that you're going to do from the moment the game starts. Right? And what I think a lot of these games delve in, uh, and you can probably speak more to this because you've actually really played the Bethesda games. Oh, yeah. Is uh, there are answers that just kind of trivialize the whole game usually. Like, like the the correct way to play tends to make the game not fun. Yeah. Uh, And so you have a lot of choices, but all the fringe choices, you're you're only going to use if you're purposely restricting yourself, if that makes sense. Right? There is a bard class in Final Fantasy V that is just, I'm never, I only used, to, I trained it because I wanted to train every class, but like, I don't want to fucking use a, they're just not that good. I don't want to play with them. Yeah. I, uh, Final Fantasy IV made me use a bard and I actually got to like think about what that entailed and how that looked. He was a very bad party member, but I actually had to engage with kind of like the fringer abilities and try to find uses that like try to extract more resources from less. And the, the most fun I had in combat in Final Fantasy V was when I was training these fringe job classes and I was making it arbitrarily difficult on myself, right? Which I can do. I always have the choice to make this game harder on myself, but I would prefer if that wasn't... It's just so hard not to be like, well, I have Holy. I'm going to keep casting Holy. I have Bahamut. I'm going to keep casting Bahamut. Those are very powerful spells in Final Fantasy, if you don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm like not even that familiar with like even Western RPGs. Like I I I hate to use Bethesda as an example because Bethesda RPGs are inherently broken all mm-hmm. the way through. Yeah. And that's what makes them kind of stupid, you know? That's what people like about them, but they like them because like the game is busted. 
Yeah. Know, because it doesn't work right. Because it's not because they're like mechanically dense or there's interesting choices you can make. It's because you can make a sword that kills the world, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's just a, a thing they let you do. And it's not really by design. It's just the fact that I'm, I'm just going on an anti Bethesda rant, but it's the fact that they just don't care about their games. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, like they definitely don't care past just basically putting a framework together of mechanics that mostly work and then putting it into an open world scenario. And they don't really care what that world looks like or what you do in it. They just like, as long as you can kind of have fun running around and blowing shit up, they're fine with that. That's all they really want from you. Well, well, like an example I can use that was kind of a heyday of Western RPGs is Bioware. Right. So the one I'm most familiar with, I haven't done Mass Effect yet. Uh, and it, Mass Effect's a little different because it's shooting. Yeah. It's not quite the same. But uh, for Knights of the Old Republic, uh, you have a cast of nine characters, right? Uh, like, I think th- at least three, could be four, are Jedi. Really hard not to bring Jedi. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I'm like these other characters, but I have, like, a whole subset of special abilities that are broken. You get basically an old version of an astromech droid, like an R2-D2, that can, like do thief shit and, like, hack in the shit. And he's just so, like, it's just so hard to ever want to bring him outside your ship, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because you could just be casting a move called Insanity, and then characters <laughs> go insane, and it se- it sounds insane. So it's like, in a lot of ways, I'm kind of picturing their value and restrictions. Like, if you made me use my, my, my like, Wookiee and my, my Smuggler Twi'lek and my Astromech Droid instead of just being able to be Jedi all the time, I might find more depth in the combat, right? Yeah. Whereas I like Knights of the Republic for story, but combat was a chore in that game. Um, and I feel like that comes down to a lot. I didn't, I, I played Fable so long ago to remember, but that's one of those games where you can just keep shooting your bow until you max out your bow and then you're just broken, right? Uh, no, not exactly, but uh, I, I kind of don't remember. Like, kind of, I think it's a use to, to, I think it's a use your equipment to level up sort of game, but you no, you need to get XP. Like things drop XP. You could farm XP. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I, I think, I think that game just had a thing where it's like, if you stand in this patch of forest and you just shoot people, you yeah. will just be broken. Like oh, in, if, in, if, if not sure, long at all. You, you for sure could break it like that. But I mean, honestly, you're talking more about Bethesda games. You know, Bethesda games are you want to level sneak, put yourself in a corner behind a guard, mm-hmm. and then auto walk into a wall and then walk away. Yeah. Come back, you know, two, three hours later, and you have a hundred sneak. You know? Yeah. It's just maxed out, right? Uh, it's like in, in Oblivion, it was like, oh, do you want to max out your, your block? Because it, it, Oblivion was the first one to really have that. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was Marwin. They, they've always had these mechanics. But the mechanics are, you know, you use your weapons and your items, and you level those up like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, but Oblivion made it super easy. It's like, oh, you want to level your jump? Your acrobatics? Just jump everywhere. Just always be jumping. And then pretty soon you're jumping walls, you know? Yeah. Um, you want to level your block? Go find a guard that's, like, training on a training dummy in the in the guard room. And stand in front of it with your shield out. And yeah. It, way down your right mouse button and walk away, you know? And then you walk, come back for 100 block, you know? It's yeah. shit like that where you're like, the game doesn't really incentivize you to play. It incentivizes you to cheat the system and grind out insane stats, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and just to go a little bit back to four, uh, to four because I really liked four. Final Fantasy Four is one of my all-time favorite RPGs after beating it. 
it really felt, it was really interesting constantly finding how to make your party work, right? Yeah. You have a character that starts off as a dark knight and then becomes a paladin. And you're going up a mountain to become a paladin. And while you're doing that, you have uh, someone, a healer and a black mage they just gave you. Black mage casts offensive spells. But everything on that mountain is undead. So your healer actually becomes an offensive dealer, right? They just start casting cure on zombies because it hurts them. And it allows you to, it's just way better than attacking with your Dark Knight. So your Dark Knight starts using potions to heal the people in your party. And it's beginning that transition from Cecil turning from a Dark Knight into a Paladin. You already are playing more of a support role. And once you turn to a Paladin, the way you are playing Cecil as a primary damage dealer just goes away and you play him differently, even though not a lot ostensibly changes uh, with his mechanics. And, like, that's done really interestingly, and it makes you have to kind of look at how, how your party changes over time. And one thing they do is all these games have a front row and a back row system, which you can set someone at the front row, they take double damage. Sorry, they take normal damage. If in the back row, they take half damage, yeah. right? But they do less damage uh, with their melee attacks. Magic is the same for back rows. Bows are the same for the back rows, which makes sense. Five does it in a really interesting way. You have five members, which is more, usually only have four in Final Fantasy. And you can either have three in the front or two in the back or vice versa. You can't offset it. You can't do four, one. You can't do five, zero yeah. or anything. And if you want to switch people in battle, the, the, the whole rows switch at once. So whenever you get members or things about the members change, you have to really consider where you're placing someone. Like you get a ninja who's super squishy for a long time and he can stay in the back rows and throw shuriken. That reminds right? me, that reminds me of like a darkest dungeon. Uh, mm -hmm. in games like that because the it's it's a it's side scrolling right mm -hmm. but you have a party you have a party of four and the 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 party is assigned from right to left mm -hmm. right yeah. so the guy the guy on the right is your frontliner he's the one that's most easily hit by every every all the enemies you know? yeah and the further they are the harder they are to hit but also they have to have like longer and longer ranges you know so you tend to have like a tanky guy up front and more of a healer in the back. You yeah. Know? But that you really have to choose like where people go in the rankings, you know? And that also changes like, like as you kill enemies, they'll like drop corpses and things like that. And you're like, you're like, well, I thought I was, uh, sometimes they just disintegrate and they're just gone, you know? Mm -hmm. But if they like drop a corpse, that corpse still counts as like an enemy that you have to get through. So if you've got a thing that just like hits the front person and the front person drops a corpse, yeah. you haven't really, cleared him out of your way he's not attacking you anymore but you haven't like cleared him to like be attacking the next guy yeah if your attack only hits the front guy so it's really interesting how you like set up your party and where they go yeah and and they do really cool stuff with it because like again once your character becomes a paladin he learns the cover ability which can yeah. protect people but cover works better when you're in the back lines because you take half damage and once you become a paladin you get your uh, his girlfriend back who's a white mage and then it's, she's very low level. So you're incentivized just to cover. So it's cool. Like you finally get your girlfriend back and Cecil's just standing in front of her, protecting her as she can get her levels to catch up with the whole party. It just yeah. feels fun and thematic the whole time. And then at some point it gets to the point where you have so many squishies. Cecil it, uh, is reunited with the front line and starts fight, you know, being the forefront of the party. And they just do little stuff like that where it's always using, it's because they gave you less options. They designed things with a lot more intention. You get an old sage who doesn't remember his spells, and he loses stats as he levels. He gets slower every level yeah. until he dies. That's so cool. Um, he doesn't die from leveling. He dies from story. But yeah. yeah, you get two different sages who either don't level at all or get worse. And like, I've seen a lot of people online being like, this is lame. This guy gets 
like, and it's like, no, it's in, like, we're not trying to make this party broken. We're trying to use it to tell stories. Yeah. And I just felt really engaged with all of these characters, even though this is the first Super Nintendo Final Fantasy. There's not a lot of depth to anyone. Basically, everyone's one note and just kind of doing their thing. <laughs> it's not like characters are growing and changing other than Cecil at the beginning of the game or Cecil. I'm not sure. Um, and it's just really fun and interesting. Like, it, I, the whole game, I was constantly going at a steady pace, gaining new, like, gaining new toys to play with and then having the opportunity to play with. I spent the entirety of Final Fantasy V holding off on the toys I wanted to play with so I could unlock more toys to the point where I got to the end game. I, monsters didn't even have a chance to attack. Yeah. Because I got people, I got my melee guys attacking eight times a turn, and that's 16 attacks before I even get to my magic users. And when I got to my magic users, I would just cast the best spell in their inventory because they was not worried about MP. Yeah. Because they never had to go. <laughs> um, and so, and again, the, I, I don't, I'm, I don't buy into this idea that, um, well, you could just put restrictions on yourself, like the Pokemon rule. Well, you can Nuzlocke yourself. Pokemon's yeah, very easy, but you can you can play with restrictions. I play Fire Emblem that is hard, and I can still play those restriction modes and still get enjoyment out of it, yeah. right? I can still do restrictions in this game if it was hard and well, still have more fun. Yeah. And I mean, we, we, can, we are going to talk about that a good amount, I think, when we, when we actually do get into The Last of Us 2. Uh, oh, God, I forgot we got to do that. I, I almost tricked you into letting me talk about Final Fantasy for two and a half hours. <laughs> but yeah, I was I, I was playing Last of Us two on a, on, a, on a much harder setting, and something we're going to talk about a bit. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's it's you know I'm not we'll get to that too, but like those difficulty sliders. Yeah. Uh, but I I think a thing people do a lot with difficulty sliders is normal means easy, right? Yeah. Like I had you play Fire Emblem Three Houses, and you're like this game is trivially easy. And yeah. It's like well, he's like, I played on normal because my first Fire Emblem game. And it's like, you really should have started on hard. Yeah, but, know, the, but then I switched on hard, and I was, like, getting decimated. Yeah, yeah. early games are always hard in Fire Emblems, but, yeah. uh, yeah. Um, that, that, that's kind of a problem with Fire Emblem in general. It's yeah, like, I, yeah. It, it, there's, you have to know a lot going in, or you're not going to be very good at it, you know? And if you're not very good at it, like, you're going to have, you're just going to have problems. Yeah, I, those, sometimes those I, problems compound. So, sometimes I think the hump at the beginning teaches you to know a lot. Like, you ha- okay, you're like, okay, oh, yeah. I, I actually have to look at shit, yeah. you know? And then once you look at shit... And that's the other thing is they can make it, they can balance the difficulty early because they know what your levels are going to be, right? Yeah. But when you get later, you're like, well, I did, I did smart things. And they're like, well, we have to make the game, the end game. You don't, we can't make the end game where you have to do the right decision, if that makes sense. Or yeah. do, pick the right classes or whatever. You're like, oh, I'm using this slightly less optimal class. So it's like, well, you can't win the game, you know? Exactly. So they have to, so though it's not just a farm home, it's a strat RPG problem. Strat RPGs, are always harder at the beginning than they are at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, w- which definitely has cons, you know? Um, and that's kind of what Final Fantasy does sometimes to its detriment, is usually when you get to the end game in Final Fantasy, every fucking enemy is a mini-boss. Yeah. Um, and that can be frustrating, but also, at the very least, it's nice to be like, oh, I actually like have an incentive to use these incredibly powerful spells I got and strategize versus, you know... A A A A A A. Because that's the worst thing you can do. And like that's that was the worst thing about five is the at, the combat developed into me just hitting attack, attack, attack. Uh and every time that happens, I feel like you failed your turn-based RPG. Yeah. Right? And it's one of the reasons I can't really engage with things like Pokemon as much. No, I get that for sure. Six and a half hours later. And so that's the complete history of Final Fantasy IX. Uh so what have you been playing? <laughs> You're gonna cut that, aren't you? <laughs> 
<laughs> so I I've been playing what I what is honestly my new game of the year, and I think it'll be kind of shocking to people because I played Elden Ring this year. But it's uh, my my game of the year is honestly uh, Power War Simulator. You're uh, an insane person. <laughs> well, here's uh, yeah, everybody's gonna gonna feel that way. They're like, uh, it's a power wash simulator, right? Like, I get it, I understand, I I feel you, but you're wrong, you're utterly wrong. It's not it's not because like his favorite game is organizing papers. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite game is a deep ethical conundrum <laughs> where you happen to organize a lot of papers. But power wash simulator, the, what I what I what I truly love about this game, like what what grabbed me is it's not just it's not just like the satisfaction of power washing things because if you're like me and you've actually power washed things in life it's really not that fun it's tedious it takes forever it doesn't work that well like you need a really good power washer to make it satisfying and even then you're like sweating outside you know power wash simulator takes all that bad shit out and just lets you like (laughs) clean a building and it's not it's not just because like that's satisfying to do but uh, there, there's like, there's like a, a whole running story behind everything. They're like, they're like, all the cats are disappearing, and the mayor's like trying to <laughs> run away. <laughs> like, there's kind of an implication to me that like the mayor is stealing cats. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's the case, but it's very funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at, at some point, um, you you keep unlocking new jobs, and at some point, there's a is a boat, and it's the mayor's boat. And it's got this big golden cat at the front. And I'm like, I think you're stealing the cats, man. <laughs> it's just, it's funny like that. But everything you clean, it's, it's a, a lot of times it's these, it's these big projects. It's a, it's a, it's a whole playground. It's, um, the mayor's boat. It's an entire fire station. And they'll have like this tower in the back where they light fires and it's for training purposes, you know, but it's just so fucking dirty, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like incredibly dirty. Um, they, they give you all the, all the basic stuff. They give you a bunch of different nozzles that let you, uh, have different power settings for, for different distances. And you have, you have things that like, uh, this is good at cleaning stone. This is good at cleaning plastic, you know, and it tells you all, whatever you're looking at, it tells you what it's made of. So you know what kind of cleaning solution to use. Uh, even though I must just use water, you know, like there's, there's kind of one jet you use the whole game. But what's great about it is this, is this feeling of restoration. Like if you've ever watched like restoration videos on YouTube, it's super satisfying to watch something like old and rusty become new and see it get all repainted and just dazzling, you know? And everything in this game is like that. It's not, it's not really about the, the feeling of like cleaning something. It, it skews more towards like, like a, like creation. When you go up to like, uh, uh, like the Ferris wheel, you know, it's fucking dirty like head to toe every inch of it is just dirty you know you can't even fucking see it and by the time you're done it's this it's this glowing marvel of of colors and movement and it looks amazing you know and it takes you hours to do it it just takes you real life hours and it just it 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 feels like uncovering something beautiful and you feel like you feel like it's yours you feel like you made it you know like i don't know how to make a ferris wheel but I know how to clean the thing, you know. Yeah, and, when, yeah. And, and when I'm done cleaning it, it feels like a like a real accomplishment. It feels like I've done something valuable, you know, in a way that like many other games won't let you uh, experience. I mean, I guess I could say it's kind of like making your your party or something in a, a, a JRPG with a really good with a really good party system. You know, it feels like something you created. It feels like something you did. 
You know? Yeah, putting your personality in it. I honestly thought this was a bit for a bit where I was just like texting about Final Fantasy all the time. You're like, let me talk about Power Wash Simulator. No, the game. And I'm like, I know it sounds boring, Ross. But the game is single handedly responsible for our last three podcasts getting finished on time. <laughs> and probably this one too. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Because that's that's also what, what's nice is uh, I, I can just play it on my second screen, you know? Yeah. And I'm sitting there editing and it's, there's no rush. There's no rush to finish. Doesn't matter how fast you do it. Uh, it just matters if when you get it done. You yeah, know? like that's that's also honestly like a really satisfying. That's why I've been enjoying playing JRPGs. Is it's so fun to just like watch TV or do something or like yeah. you know put on the the MLB playoffs or something, and then just take your time. You know, like I would like dip dip my head into a tower, kind of learn how all the monsters worked, and then come outside and then be prepared with a plan for each mob, and then kind of tear through it. Yeah, as they like filled out the map, so I knew where to go, and I got all the treasure chests, so I can make it a more straight shot. And doing that made it so I never had to grind for any reason whatsoever in four. Uh, and so, like, yeah, that's really satisfying. Yeah. And it, the other thing I really, I really like about it is it, it kind of goes along the same lines. But you really have to get, it like, like into the wash. It's not just, like, spray down the surface, you know? It's, oh, does this sign stick out a little bit? You're really going to need to get around the edges, you know? Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to you need to get, get a ladder and go up top and, like, spray the top edge off. You know, something you can't see from the ground, right? Uh, yeah. You'd be like, there's benches. Oh, man, you're really going to have to, like, get on your get on your face and get under those benches and shit, you know? Are, are screws sticking out? Are there are there just boards that are, like, like planks that are really close <laughs> to each other? You're going to need to get in those cracks, yeah. you know? And it's going to take you forever to do it. And by the end of it, you're going to be so thoroughly knowledgeable about every nook and cranny of the thing you've been cleaning. And these are huge places, usually. You know, like a whole fucking skate park, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to be so thoroughly knowledgeable about every inch of it. It's, it's like, it is, it is an intimate experience to clean these things, you know? And by the end, you just, you feel connected to it. You know, you're like, you're like, this isn't just a skate park. This is the skate park that I cleaned. Yeah. And, and and the whole time while you're doing it, uh, the person that owns it is sending you text messages informing you about it. You know, there's a, there's like a ranger station and they're just look. They're out in the woods looking for Bigfoot, and they're just gonna text you a bunch of Bigfoot facts, you know. Yeah. As you clean it, as you progress, and that's always funny, you know. the The guy who owns the skate park is is, is texting you about uh, how much he hates the fucking kids at the skate park, right? Mm-hmm. And then once you finish, he's like, "Yeah, all the kids hate it. They liked it dirty, you know." Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's so funny like that. There's there's some really cool ones. Like I'm not gonna spoil all the all the interesting ones, but also it's a really long game. It's like probably 40 to 60 hours yeah you know? yeah uh you just keep keep getting jobs and i'm on the last job and it is incredibly long it's huge and i'm really satisfied yeah uh, the whole time so like i don't know there's a there's this this deep intimate kind of like like spiritual connection to 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 cleaning these things where you feel like you have done something truly valuable you know and that's, I think, I think the value of, of power washing. It's not just like, oh, I, I, I like the dirt going away. You know, it's not that simple. It's honestly an amazing experience to have. And I think people should play it and not just meme about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and that kind of like, uh, I think relates to kind of my overall thesis from what I've been thinking about lately with uh, these games is I just enjoy games more when kind of every piece feels like something I engage with. Yeah. Right? Like, every room is interesting. Every Like, I'm almost 100% the amount of treasure chest I know what are inside them in four is, like, five times what it is in five, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, I'm like, oh, yes, 
they gave me the flame shield here because it's good in this tower because of these enemies. I know it's right there. <laughs> right? Where it's just like, oh, yeah, I guess it's like an elixir. Who fucking gives a shit? Right? Yeah. Where it's like, it's just easier to care because everything is kind of there with a purpose. And there isn't just kind of unnecessary space in the name of, like, freedom and choice. I definitely get a lot out of freedom and choice sometimes. But it's it's nice having these really focused experiences. A, a, a gamer about to talk about in the future, you know, watching you play Earthbound, you really feel like you learn every part of the town. Yeah, you talked at like you you're you're incentivized to talk to every NPC, which is really impressive because at the time most ARPGs, you walk into a town and everyone's like, "Have you heard about the ghost in the cave? There's ghost in this cave. You should probably check out that cave because there's ghost in it." Yeah, you know. Whereas here you get like little funny quirks and stuff, so like it just feels like. It's less about just trying to get you to the thing they actually care about, where they they care about everyone in the town. Yeah. You know, they care about every sign and every item, and everything has like a little fun and interesting trick to it that like just makes just tiny experiences feel rewarding, versus just remembering like you know the time Eris died. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for Final Se- Final Fantasy Seven Remake Part Seven. Uh, no, maybe not. <laughs> Because they killed the fake ghost. That's actual spoilers. They killed it? The fake ghost. I don't know. The end of FF7 is you kill the ghost that makes the plot. Oh, yeah, you do. So, like, maybe Aerith won't die because everything is written by an insane person. I We use this reference a lot. It's from Community. Look it up. You stupid child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You stupid child. Do you, do you really we were think, created by God. Do you cre- really think they're going to save Aerith, you stupid child? No, I think they're going to save her for, like, a game. And then the next game's going to start off. <laughs> they gotta, they got to hit you twice on this one. Yeah, she's like, hey, look. Uh, there's something on the ground. And they're like, stop for no, would it? All right, all right. So, would it be a brave choice if they killed Cloud instead? Like, it, like Sephiroth co- is is gonna uh, impale Aerith, right? And Cloud jumps in front and just takes the whole sword. And dies. What? Okay, it wouldn't be a brave choice because now that Zack's alive, they would just beer fast Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Zack's like, hey guys, hey. I haven't used his sword in everything. I'm Cloud now. Yeah, and no, I'm just here. Aerith's like, wow, you're hotter than Cloud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm less angsty. Do me now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they did. They were previously. That's why Cloud, uh, Aerith likes Cloud, because it reminds her of her boyfriend that looks exactly like Cloud. I really don't like but, Nomura. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that that's it for that. Hey, can you can you hand me those scissors over there? The, those four separate disassembled scissors? Yeah, those. Cool, thank you. And uh, that, that those three rolls of tape that add up to one roll of tape. Awesome, cool. What are you doing? Oh, I'm fixing... I gotta fix my machete real quick. For... For what? To cut to the music. The whole game is a reference to Last of Us 1, and it does very little to add on that. I'm putting my hand in front of the TV sometimes. It's so graphic. They take you through to a museum of space and dinosaurs and an aquarium. And I still don't like this game. It is an unrelenting stream of violence. And it doesn't explore it in any way. It just keeps happening. Do not take one of the best games of all time and make it this. 
day one. Day two. Day two. <laughs> We're not even there at the intro. Let's introduce it. It's, okay. Uh, yeah, I guess it's not even technically day one. So, uh, yeah, we're talking about Last of Us 2, as we said before. Uh, oh, this- fuck you, I'm doing the intro. So, uh, we did Last of Us 1 in a previous podcast, uh, episode 2. Sorry, that was rude. I didn't mean to... It's too late. Too late, yeah, I'm moving on. My heart already hurts. Yeah, it's cool, you can edit it out, or just keep hearing me do it every time when you <laughs> edit it. Uh, we did Last of Us 1, It's and I want to be very clear to start, because sometimes we're negative about stuff, and, you know, people... Sometimes people don't like negativity for things that they like. Right? Our fan is very clear about that. Yeah. Uh, we do cast about games we like and games we dislike, right? We don't try to target, like, good or bad, right? We just target something that's interesting. We both love Last of Us 1. You should listen to our cast. We say a bunch of positive stuff about it. It's one of your favorite games of all time. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Last of Us 1 is really good. I also want to say... We're going to be really negative about this game. We're going to be extremely negative, I, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, it's not just because it's not Last of Us 1. That's a pretty yeah. common thing with stuff. I tried really hard to, as I th- reviewed it in my brain, to separate it and see if it could be something that, what like, yes, I'm good Last of Us 1. I knew that going in. Because yeah. it just, it almost couldn't I mean, wh- be. Wh- yeah, what, what could be? You know? Yeah. If it was another Last of Us 1, we would have already covered it. But we desperately try to find depth in this game, and mm, but like we just did it, <laughs> like trying to dig a fence post out of San Antonio soil. You hit rocks about six inches deep. Yeah, spoilers for San Antonio. Spoilers <laughs> for my last weekend. <laughs> yeah, I did that before. I'm still sore. I, we rented a jackhammer. Yeah, I, I broke a sledgehammer once on doing that. Like, oh, we like, broke our pickaxe. I had to buy a new pickaxe. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of pickaxes, do you ever shove a pickaxe in a bunch <laughs> of people's faces in Last of Us too? Yeah, like often. Okay, so, uh, Last of Us. Uh, this game is mo- I, I would say kinda has a bad rap, right? Last of Us 2? Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty divisive. For stupid reasons and for real reasons. Yeah. It, it was not received well by fans. Uh, like some people have their, have their fucking, tinted goggles on you know what i mean and they're yeah. like they're like oh that's was too great right but a lot of people recognize that it was not as good i mean a lot of it is comparing to last was one but they're like no this is a subpar product and then a lot of people were like it's too woke yeah know? which is an insane statement yes <laughs> like For me, like we'll if, if if you think woke means the existence of a lesbian no no they oh think my it's god the existence of a woman yeah 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 the Two leading women in a game? What the fuck is yeah. this? <laughs> Soviet Russia? Yeah, what? If if I don't see boobs big enough, I can punch them. What's the point? Right? Uh, what? Tomb Raider. Did you punch her boobs? It's That's really a Eugene Merman reference where he's <laughs> like, uh, it, it's, uh, he's just like, I just want a uh, wife so with boobs so big I can punch. I don't know what the context <laughs> is. It's in like making up fake ads or something. I don't know, but I just think about it all the time. It's, uh, the, I, there's that Venture Brothers one where Orpheus goes to see the master and he's, he's, yeah, he's, you could he's like, bounce a penis. Yeah, on he, it. he's, he's like his hot wife, or his hot ex wife. And he's like, look at this ass. You could bounce a penis off it. It's just, <laughs> it's not even a metaphor. It's just, a thing you would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's so funny to say it like that. Yeah, it's just torturing Orpheus. Yeah. This might happen at the beginning a bit where we just desperately don't want to talk about this game. <laughs> but from my experience talking to friends, uh, once I get started, I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Okay. It gets, um, it gets dark from here. Last of Us 2 opens up. It, it, the game itself is spread across uh, three days, but before that, there's like a whole intro sequence where they introduce us to where, where the characters are and who the new characters are, right? So Not their personalities, though. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a big deal, right? So we see that um, Ellie seems to be mad at Joel about stuff. Like, their relationship seems to be kind of rocky for some reason. Which you so, kind of instantly insinuate is yeah, like because you, of the ending of the first You game. know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't... It, I don't know why you're listening to Last of Us 2 podcast if you didn't play Last of Us 1. Yeah. But the end of the game is Ellie is the could be made to be a cure for the zombie apocalypse happening. Yeah. And Joel kills a bunch of people because they have to kill her to make the vaccine and then lies to her. Yeah. And, he, and then he, the game just ends. Yeah. And he, like, he steals, you know, her purpose in life. And he also kills the only doctor that anybody knows about that could possibly be capable of making a cure. Yeah, which, which is kind of lazy. So it's like, Joel, Joel, you know, in the context of the game, essentially dooms humanity to save his adopted daughter. Right? And the game, the, well, this is important, right? Because the end of Last of Us 1 just has you sit with that. Right? Ellie asked Joel, she was like, you're not lying to me about this, right? And Joel's Joel's like, no. Every, she she said, tell tell me everything you said was true. And Joel was like, it is. And she says, okay. But she has this unreadable face that that you can't tell if she believes him or not. But she's just gonna. She's just. She has to. Well, in the third remake, they make it very readable. They now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but. The, the idea is that they're letting you sit with what Joel did and giving you no answers as to how you should feel about that. In the remake, she says, okay, and then a prompt comes up, download and buy Last of Us 2, <laughs> just covering her face. <laughs> oh. But the the idea of, of Last of Us 1 is to not give you... It, it doesn't tell you how to feel. It doesn't let you know how to feel. It lets you sit with it. It asks this... This deep open-ended question of the value of the people you love versus, you know, like all of humanity, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it really it really makes you question what would you do in Joel's situation? And that answer for most people is not simple. Yeah, it's, it's one of the best endings of... It might be the best ending I've, I've seen in a yeah, video game. Yeah, it, it's it's some of the most deeply complex emotions you can, you can really confront. And it's... I've never seen another game tackle such a difficult moment with such incredible ability you know last of us 2 really doesn't have that and that that's that's not necessarily the problem with last of us 2 but it's 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 something i'm going to reference a lot but last of us 2, last of us 2 opens up and joel and ellie are are kind of on the rocks but it seems like their relationship's kind of mending too like they seem tentatively yeah it brings nice up a guitar that is symbolism yeah uh, you'll remember it know. because Joel played the guitar, guitar in one. The guitar. And uh, they play a song where she's... It, it comes up a lot. It's like kind of the theme song of the game where the only lyric I know is if uh, if something were to happen to you... I'd, I'd lose myself. I'd lose myself. If I ever were to lose you, I'd surely lose myself. And they say it a lot throughout the game. I say a lot. It's like three or four times. But it's a lot because you notice it. And it's like the whole idea of the game is that Ellie will slowly lose herself. Spoilers from this point forward. 
<laughs> Poisons this whole time. <laughs> Ellie will, is slowly going to lose herself because uh, she loses Joel. Yeah. Not slowly, though. That's the thing. Yeah, kind of instantaneously. Instantaneously. Yeah, like, by, what they mean by lose yourself is you become a revenge goblin. Yeah. I don't even, like, I hate this intro, but... So, you didn't even miss... You actually missed I know, the actual real I intro. I haven't even gotten to the fucking intro. No, no, no. You, you actually already passed the part of the game you almost certainly forgot. The game starts with Joel telling Tommy oh my the God. end of the game. You're right. And it's, it, it's just, it's like expositional. Yeah. There's nothing to it, if that makes sense. They're just describing the end of the it's game. It's just to remind you what happened. Right. Last time and on then, Last of Us. And then, like, you just start riding your horse, and then the opening credit, the opening Last of Us logo. Yeah. If you compare that to what, what everything before the opening Last of Us and Last of Us 1. Oh my it's God. It's so stark. It's, the opening to Last of Us 1 is. A masterclass. Yeah. And they, this, the opening to this game is, remember when we did something good? Yeah. Which is like every emotional beat in this game. Yeah. It was just, uh, hey, remember when we earned feelings? Cool, because we're not really planning on earning feelings anymore. Yeah. And it, it, it already feels like we're, we're doing this whole comparison thing that we said we weren't going to do. But the fact is, like, the game does compare itself to Last of Us. Because what it does is it takes all the credibility from Last of Us 1 and uses those characters and emotions and actions and says, remember when those happened? Feel that again. You yeah. Know? The whole game is a reference to Last of Us 1. And it does very little to add on that in any noticeable way. And that is most apparent in the in the intro when they're pretty much just talking about Last yeah, of Us 1. Yeah, I, I kind of call this like the stars, the Disney star for, starsification of stuff. Where like you watch a new Disney Star Wars and they're just like, do you remember... Boba Fett? Yeah. It, it was the thing that you liked before. And it's like, okay, but like, you know, it was cool when I watched a Star Wars movie and I was like, what the fuck is that? What is that? What yeah. is that? And like, you had new ideas, right? Versus just always being like, at one point we did something good. And like, they didn't even do something good. I, I, I can't. See, I told you at the beginning, I'm just going <laughs> to want to talk about other things. It, it, it is hard. So they go to bed. Uh, the, the, the intro continues. They go to bed. Ellie... Wakes up the next day, and Jesse's at her door. Jesse is just this guy who lives in the town of Jackson. Yeah. Right? And that's where they live. They live in the town of Jackson with... Uh, Wyoming. With Tommy from the other game, and Joel from the other game. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse's like, oh, you got in a fight with uh, with uh, some bigot? Like, yeah, just a guy town. Yeah, guy. He's, like, he's like, oh, he shouldn't have said that. And... It turns out Ellie kissed a girl who was like Tommy's ex girlfriend. No, 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 all this... not Tommy's ex girlfriend. It's I'm sorry, Jesse's, Jesse's girl. Yeah, it's Jesse's girl. Ugh, I'm already like, I'm so. It's exhaust. Okay, it's so boring. Yeah, yeah. My problem. Okay. I don't even know how to make it interesting. There's not a lot going on in Jackson because most of the stuff that happens in Jackson they tell us and then they show us it at the end of the game for no reason. Yes. Now a couple of things about Jackson. It seems. Unaffected by the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, it's like an actual, like big city. Yeah, like an idyllic little town. It, you know, like there, it's it, there's probably ten thousand people in Jackson. Yeah, it's fucking massive. You I don't know, think it's that many. It's a big city, though. Yeah, I don't think it's ten thousand, though. I mean, I think it's like I think it's like Harrisonburg, a thing that none of our audience get. I mean, it's that's still a few thousand. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Like I would say it's like a thousand people or like a couple thousand. You know. It's uh, still it's still way more people than we've ever seen in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, and like they just kind of you know they live in this town, they do patrols, and they, to just clear yeah. out zombies kind of in the area, Z- zombie- and they come back and they live a pretty idyllic life. Yeah, and zombies are relatively ra- <laughs> like 
sometimes people die to zombies, you know, they'll go on patrol or they'll run away or something, yeah. right? And they'll just die to zombies. But it's kind of like there's bears in the woods, you know? Yeah. And it's like you go on patrols and sometimes bears get you. It's really, it's not like bears are coming into the town or a threat to the town. It's just if you leave the town, you might get hit, you might get caught by bears, yeah. you know? So there's an incident that happened the night before that we're not going to see for a long time that establishes two important things. Everyone knows Ellie's mad at Joel because Joel defends Ellie from a guy who said something bigoted. We don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, and Ellie got mad at him. It's like, don't fucking defend me. Yeah. You know, not, it's not your fucking job. And then she kissed Dina. Uh, and you know, they're going to, you know, start a relationship at the beginning of this game. I don't know why they don't show this. I uh, because everything they describe, you watch the scene and it's just what happens. Right. Yeah. Like everything. And it, and it happens like, kind of unnaturally too quickly. Like, it goes from, like, Dina's, like, let's dance, to getting called to a bigot, to Joel punching, to that, and you're like, okay, end of scene. Moment to moment. Yeah, moment to moment. Now, to give the game, I'm gonna try to give the game as much credit as I possibly can, to just, to be fair. The reason I think they hold it off later is after you see this whole bloody mess of a journey, you see Ellie back in Jackson when... She was happy, and it's a contrast. You're like, oh, remember what it was like before yeah. all of that? We will go in Y later, but it's... Okay, but, like, that that makes the thing that I don't like about this game even stupider, in my yeah. opinion. But that's neither here nor there. You do have a scene of the bigot who is trying to apologize to Ellie, and she won't accept a sandwich she made for her. And, like, I, I just don't know why, why this is a scene at all. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like... I kind of, like... I kind of feel like it's supposed to be there to kind of this game take it. I think this game was trying to take stances, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like, you know, uh, fuck, fuck bigots, bigots or whatever. But like, we don't see what the person does. We just kind yeah. of, it's just like, I oh. mean, we, we, we know what bigots are. Like, yeah. We have an idea of what they may have done, but we don't, yeah. we don't, we don't see it. Right. Yeah. And whatever, whatever it is, uh, he does say, like, Ellie, Ellie doesn't accept a sandwich, but here, here's what gets me about this scene, right? Is the bigot comes out and he's like, he's like, oh, I made you these steak sandwiches. And it's very clear that, that the woman that led you here is like telling him to apologize. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And she's Tommy's also wife. telling Ellie to suck it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, she's like, she's like, we all got to live here together. We all got to work together. You two can't be mad at each other. That's like what they're asking to happen. They want this to go to blow over. Right. And the only way they're going to do that is if they like bribe Ellie with sandwiches. And Ellie, to her credit, is like, I'm not going to eat these fucking sandwiches. You know, yeah. she takes them and the guy walks away and she's like, I don't want these. And Jesse's like, I'll take them. And this is, this is like this performative allyship that, that I think uh, yeah. a lot of people think is real, is, is real allyship. Like it's easy to be like the whole rainbow corporate pride month where everybody changes their logos to, to rainbows, right? Like that's fake allyship. But this is the kind of thing where you have a bigot in your town who has actively made this lesbian girl's life worse, you know, actively and openly. And everyone around her is just like, we don't really have a problem with that. Well, we have a problem with the, there being a problem. So like you make up and Jesse's like, I'll take those sandwiches because it's good food. And, but to Ellie, it's like this tainted food, you know, and but, nobody seems to get that. But well, sort of, I feel like there's a lot of ways you can go with it. Right. It, it just needs to go in a way. It needs to, needs to have a direction. Yeah. It would be better in my opinion if you at least had a conversation about, like, yeah, I know he's a fucking asshole, yeah. but we, like, this is the world we live in, right? We live in a zombie apocalypse, you know what I mean? 
we can't afford to care about this shit. Like, you can still have Ellie not fucking forgive him, but you could at least see what Mariah is thinking, or Maria, or whatever her name is, yeah. right? Or it could be to say, look at Ellie not being able to forgive people, a theme that will that you'll see going forward, yeah. right? But it's neither of those things. It's just kind of there to be there. Now, I, it's mostly there, I think, to inform you that Ellie is a lesbian, and the game is like, that's okay. Yeah, we did know? it. Now, oh, here's the thing. When you have a lesbian in a game, you get a bunch of, like, Gamergate psychopaths saying psychopaths. When you shit. have a woman in the game. Yeah. Y- yes. You, yeah. You, you <laughs> when you break the mold even the slightest bit. When you don't break the mold even the slightest. Gamers suck. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's all horrendous, horrible people shit that, like, yeah, like, obviously. Yeah. Like, it's, if you, if it's you, obviously you, bad, but it's also not, like. I don't find it super interesting to be like, fucking terrible people are terrible. You yeah. know what I mean? And I want to be very clear. There's a lot of good things that this game does. Like, this game has a lot of accessibility features. This game, it does have women lead. It does have lesbians. It does have a trans character. All of those things could be done better. It does do it a lot better than most AAA industries that do things actively bad. But like, I don't know, maybe not set the bar that low. I basically yeah. call this... uh should we be giving Mitt Romney props? And what I think, because he's not as bad as the other Republicans, yeah. if you don't follow my analogy. Yeah, but he's still pretty fucking bad, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm happy that they, they do these things, and it maybe, you know, maybe it encourages more people to just put these things in games and then do it right. Yeah. But the, the uh, this we'll talk about during the game, they put a lot of minorities in the game that get violently fucked up. Yeah. Like, you see so much minorities against... Sorry, so much violence minorities against violence. So much violence against minorities. You see no minorities against violence. Yeah, yeah. You constantly see women beaten, pregnant women stabbed, uh, the same uh, black character woman model. You just have to put a pike in her face like 106 times. Yeah. It's, it's, you have to beat a, a different black woman with a pipe. Yeah. You know? You see, you see uh, Jesse and Manny both get shot in the face. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. It is good that you have this, but, like, I don't really think it's serving the groups. Now, again, we have to be very clear. We are white people. We are white dudes. Yeah. We are white cis males. It's unfortunate. And, you know, I, maybe some people get cathars. You know, maybe some people are just like, I'm a murderer goblin in a bunch of games, but now at least I'm a woman. And now I'm at least someone who looks like me. Yeah. Even though I do this in other games, right? But I find the violence in this game, and I know it's on purpose, but that doesn't make it good super uncomfortable like yes. like like i'm putting my hand in front of the tv sometimes it's so graphic and just like maybe we just don't need that like maybe maybe putting lesbians in the game just so you they can get beaten to actual death um i guess i guess dina and ellie don't die spoilers uh <laughs> but uh you just like Close. You see what would it look like if they did die you yeah. know what i mean you they, see extreme they, violence frankly they don't die just because the the game the writers said they don't die. I yeah. would have died in most of those situations. Yeah, they, they did not kill Ellie, Dina, and the trans character. Those are like the three characters they didn't kill. Yes. So maybe there's intentionality with that. That they kill almost everyone else. Yeah. But the act... But you, like, this is right after Orlando. This is right after... You know, you just... It's just not great, in my opinion, having this much violence against minorities. And it also doesn't really feel like the representation... It doesn't really feel like there's a lot, like, they just say, 
okay, we're gay and we move on. Yeah. Uh, Dina says she's Jewish and we move on. This character yeah. says we're trans and we move I, on. I feel like they're we, fully tokenized. Yeah, they're, exactly. It, it, it feels like it's tokenization. And this is kind of an insidious way of looking at it. But sometimes I feel like they do. people in media put things in their game to get a bunch of people mad about it so they get a bunch of press. Yes. The example I use against Star Wars, Episode 9 of Star Wars had a gay kiss and never made a big deal about it. If you watch the movie, the kiss happens in the background right before credit. It's so background. Yeah. yeah. But it was in the news a bunch. We had to talk about it a bunch. And so everyone said Star Wars Episode 9. Everyone said Last of Us. Two, because we had to have this fucking controversy about it to kind of drive people into the dialogue. I mean, they've, about it. they've done it with like almost every recent Disney movie, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. like, like a gay character, a gay couple, you know, literally in the background. I mean, literally uh, in the last like three or four Disney movies that I can, that I can remember. You yeah. Know? And w- there's been a little controversy over every single one of them. Yeah. And, and like, it's not like we're asking that much because if you look at Last of Us One and we say it in the previous cast, uh, Bill is just a casually gay char- character, and yeah. it's right on. Great, like, good job. Like, you just have a character who is this thing, and that's fine. But we don't need to have things just depicted as the trauma that is dealt against them, Yeah, you know? And again, I understand this whole game is about trauma, and it's it's kind of getting a double jeopardy problem where it's like, okay, the all the trauma you see is kind of bad in the game, and it's happening to different marginalized groups. So, like, I, you know, I'm you're, I'm kind of faulting the game twice for the same thing that it's doing. But it would just be nice if there was any effort put into just characters. Like, now we're outside of uh, marginalized groups things. I just wish these people were characters. Yeah. At all. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is like, like, Bill is a character separate from his sexuality, you know? Yeah. Now, There's a lot to talk and focus on with Bill. Yeah. Now, Ellie and Dina, you could argue, are that because they don't, the game doesn't really talk about them being lesbians you know mm-hmm. it doesn't really it, it it draws attention but in a natural way you know mm-hmm. like they get together naturally you know uh and, and it, it all makes sense and i'm not say, like ellie should be a lesbian right like she just that's the yeah, vibe it just, it just felt yeah it just felt yeah it feels right you know it's a hundred percent it's we're not saying like she can't be what what i'm saying is in an ideal world these kinds of things wouldn't matter you could have uh marginalized groups uh, well, I guess not marginalized. It's weird to say that, right? But, like, you, you could have violence against uh, marginalized people or minorities, and it wouldn't matter that much because you, would, you wouldn't notice it because they, they have all kinds of other representation to, to level it up. In the same way that, like, a lot, of, a lot of just fucking regular white people die in this game as well, right? And you don't notice it mm-hmm. because they're not a marginalized group because they don't matter, right? Because they're so... We have all these other representations of white people that we don't give a fuck if they all die in this game. Yeah. You know? Ideally, that's true of all groups. That we just the, the representation doesn't matter because it's already it's already so prolific everywhere else that like we have all these examples, right? Yeah. But in the world we live in, when you make a lesbian character, when you make a, a gay character, or a black character, it matters mm-hmm. because they are marginalized groups, and the representation, the way they are presented, matters. You know. Yeah. So late at the end of the game, when you have when you have this like huge raging black dude, and you have to carve his face up with a sickle, which now I'm thinking about his weird symbolism for like slavery, you know, because yeah. uh, you know he's like. It's also stuff. weird that I literally like had to like pause and be like, "Is this guy a zombie? Why is he acting like this?" Yeah, like it, it, it's it, just done super uncomfortable. It, it honestly feels like something you like from a movie you would see in the twenties. You know what I mean? I think he's been wearing like the white shirt and the overalls. It really feels. It, I mean, I, yeah. I, I get I get Birth of a Nation vibes. You know what I mean? But the idea is that like when you make these characters in, in your game in this day and age, you do have to take that responsibility. 
as the person writing it to write it in a way that doesn't necessarily elicit like a ton of violence or, or, or something against them. It's just, it's a thin line to walk and they walk it really recklessly. I think, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, and I think this comes down and we, we, we have to like, I keep being like, if we're spending this much time on the intro, you know, we can't get, but then I'm like, Oh yeah, but nothing else happens. Like nothing yeah, no, happens it's, it's in this fun. fucking it, game. Uh, but the thesis that will definitely, you know, explore as we go forward is there, it's just joylessness. It is an unrelenting stream of violence, and it doesn't explore it in any way. It just keeps happening. And like, I don't know, maybe like some game released in 2020, that's not the best. Maybe that's not what we want to be fucking doing with our time. You yeah, know what I mean? for real. It is fucked up, the stuff that happens in Last of Us 1. But it makes you think. It's all a part of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? All I'm asking for is stuff with a purpose, right? So to, to, to go to this intro, you might remember Ellie from the first game right uh what she's like oh yeah ellie yeah in this game she's only down like every moment of ellie is just like uh hey are you going to patrol day yeah i think so what 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 about last night i don't it's it's stupid i don't want to talk let's just not talk about it you know what i mean she sounds like a batman character yeah exactly it's just so and it's like we don't talk about last night yeah and and, like the the one thing they do a lot with characters is they all act and respond and do everything in the same way every time we're trying to have a character be bonding they're just kind of like you're smelly like they make some joke where it's like oh yeah like actually you suck they they make it yeah they make a deriding joke which is a way that What's interesting is like that's a way that people that don't know each other very well or don't have close relationships try to develop bonds, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's pushing boundaries. It's like it's like, hey, you smell today, and if the person laughs, like, oh, we got a little closer, you know. Mm-hmm. I know they, I know they know I'm not being serious. Like I can, I can say things, and they're not going to necessarily get mad about it, you know. But every interaction, like Ellie and Dina, develop a, a deep relationship, and it's still like. Ellie will have the worst day of her life and come back and Dean will just be like, you look like shit. And she's like, oh, thank God you're here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So we have to move forward. So Dina and you go on a patrol. You're walking talk or you just talk about the night before and you're establishing this kind of like what is going to be the relationship until eventually you're stuck because of a storm in some building. You have to spend the night where you find just a super redonkulously stupid <laughs> hidden pot farm yeah from a guy who died of old age like an industrial kind of fucking complex yeah of of growing weed which like i don't know it it's not illegal anymore you know what i well, mean like i don't know if you need all that no the thing is yeah it's not it's, it's so hard to like ever make traction at the beginning of this game <laughs> because this is not like this is like what i kind of hate this jackson section because the end of the game joel forsakes the world by you know, stopping Ellie from being a vaccine. Yeah. And Jackson just seems chill as fuck. Yeah. Like, you can, you can grow this giant-ass pot farm, and you, you have, like, dance night, hoe down, and, like, you know, the person who died, died of old age, you know? Yeah. You look at the zombie log, I counted seven zombies. Exactly. Over, over uh, three months, yeah, I believe. Months. Right? I mean, it's one specific outpost, but it's like, it just seems like it's so unaffected. Like, you don't see the cost of the decision Joel made, which I just think is, like, pretty necessary to convey. It almost feels like there is no cost. Yeah, know? there is no cost, Like, right? that, that, that's what's interesting is you can take the end of Last of Us 1 pretty literally. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, I, I've thought about this a lot. Is like, honestly, honestly, how effective would that vaccine have been? You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know 
it's easy to be like, oh, do you choose the world or your daughter? Like, that's kind of a macro choice. Ross is anti-vax. You're hearing it here first. <laughs> but, like, like think about it. Do you yeah. really think? Yeah, how are distributing how, how are they going to distribute it? How are they going to make it? What happens when the cordyceps mutates and the vaccine doesn't work anymore, right? When when Ellie is no longer immune to the new cordyceps, right? I'm not just saying this, like, because, you know, we're, we're in COVID times. Like, this is just how viruses and stuff work. I mean... Cordyceps is fungus, but, like, fungus can mutate, too. My point is, like, do we really think the vaccine was going to save the world? Or does the saving of the world look like Jackson? Mm-hmm. Just just rebuilding, you know? It definitely could have saved people. Yeah. For sure, right? But, like, are we really talking about the fate of the world or or not? Yeah, and it's, like, but, like, it also just, like, it represents hope. And, like, yes, you're now in a world that has hope already, and it's fine, right? Yeah. Last of Us 1 has no hope, right? And it's just... Last of Us 2. Yes, sorry. No, no, no. Last of Us 1. It has no hope. When you're playing in that game, and you're going through that game, everything you see is kind of fucking terrible. Yeah, I get you. You know? And in this game, it it makes the whole revenge goblin plot even stupider. Yeah, it kind of reverses it, right? Because, like, Jackson feels like hope in the world. Yeah, yeah. The city of Jackson is like... No, this is this is what you were looking for in Last of Us One. This is the place that you wanted to to be. You know, yeah. if Joel and Elliot didn't appear, they would not have left. Yeah, right. And, and this is, I think, what became so fraught because when you you beat this game long before I did, like you played it when it first came out. Yeah. Uh, and I remember right afterwards, you were like, "Is it really just nothing?" Like yeah. I, I'm turning all these pieces, and the thing is, every time you could kind of make a theme, something directly contradicts it. Yeah. And the thing that contradicts it. I just don't know how they missed it. Like, it's just so obvious. There's so many points. It feels like they're setting things up. And then later you get to another point where it feels like they're setting something up. But it's setting up exactly the opposite to what they've done before. And you're just like, I truly don't know what this game is trying to say. And, I like, honestly, that feeling is why we're doing it now. Because I had to, I, I eventually had to convince Joey. I'm like, this game fucked me up. This game fucked my brain up forever. <laughs> so I until, had to... until somebody comes in here and untangles this goddamn Gordian knot of what the fuck is going on in Last of Us Two. So I had to get punished for this. Yes. And so I punished Ross punished by making him playing the hardest difficulty. It's the cycle of violence <laughs> <laughs> keeps going. <laughs> okay. So goddamn, we're like twenty minutes into the game. <laughs> <laughs> I promise we'll move quicker through events. It's just like everything, like it's just everything just pulls up like the root of the problem initially with this. Yeah. And I know every detail doesn't matter. I'm just mad about the stupid pot farm scene because this is exactly what I'm talking about in joylessness. They find joints, they smoke joints together and have good old, we're hooking up for the first time, you know? And there's two things about it. One it could not be more the meme. Hey, my fellow kids, right? With <laughs> fucking skateboard behind. Um, Would you like some weed? Yeah, got some. Got a like a bong gas mask, and yeah. we got the gay characters. We're we're hip and cool. Do you want a marijuana joint? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like it's just so dumb. Like it just feels so like tryhardy <laughs> for for no reason. Like it just there's no value to the scene because it's somber. Because this should be joyful, right? Yeah. Because like we should. Okay, well, if we want to see what Ellie's giving up, have this, like, I got high with my girlfriend and, like, hooked up, like, after we fought a bunch of, like, yeah. finding the joy amongst all these things, you know? Again, contrast, it goes, well, if you look at the DLC of one and you see Ellie with uh, 
the the girl that dies, yeah. her first girlfriend, you you feel that joy. You play squirt gun battle. Oh yeah, 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 yeah like, yeah. you you know, well, even while zombies are coming, music is playing throughout the mall, and it's just it feels like a romp, and it ends tragically. But you have that moment of levity that. It contrast. Makes, it makes the relationship feel believable too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, like they had in 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 the Left Behind DLC for for one, they had some some real conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Ellie had been abandoned by this girl before, you know. And the second she shows up, Ellie's right back to yeah. into it, right? But she's not. She's not just like instantly ride or die, you know. She's not Dina. She yeah. slowly comes to to enjoy this person again. You know what I mean? And you see that relationship develop over literally just a span of one night. It, mm-hmm. it, it's incredible, you know. Uh, and it makes it makes the the tragedy of of the ending of that night like so much more palpable. In this game, they they hook up and it's like it's fine, right? But literally before that can even finish, you got Jesse bursting in, being like, "Joel and Tommy are missing." You know? Yeah, yeah. Let's go back to to zombie fighting and sadness and they're like cool we're in it you know yeah and, they put on he, their pants and they leave but even even the sex scene like as they're doing it they're talking in that stupid like oh yeah i'm yeah yeah, yeah. you it's, smell you this this kiss is better be better than last time you know yeah yeah like and, it's just it just doesn't it doesn't feel real it doesn't feel they, natural they, they don't open emotionally yeah you know you don't see that that come out you still see them guarded uh against each other and that like that can be fine when that when that relationship is so new because it's literally their first day together, mm-hmm. you know. But by the end of this, when they've been through so much, it's still that way. It mm-hmm. never developed past this moment. And in retrospect, like looking back on it now, it makes the scene so much worse because you're like, it was fine the first time. I liked it. And now looking back on it, I'm like, it literally never gets better than this. Yeah. You know? And this isn't even that good. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even like it the first time. And again, like, Ellie is a good, good and interesting character in one. But if you only use two as your basis, how how would you describe her? How would you describe Dina? Yeah. How would you describe Jesse? That, that's the Tommy. problem. Tommy. Anyone from Jackson. You can't, right? There's there's like, there, yeah. Who's Ellie? Serious. Violent. Yes. Yeah. You know? Serious, stoic, angry, kind of has an anger issue. Yeah. What, what's Dina? Pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Not in the game, mostly. Who's Jesse? I remember him getting shot in the face. Uh-huh. Yeah. You just, you kind of can explain people based on what happened to them, right? Although, interesting, this is only kind of true of the Jackson, or, yeah, of the Jackson mm-hmm. crew. Yeah, no, the yeah, Jackson crew is objectively worse. Yeah, they they are one note to say the least. Yeah. And then, and then we get to the wolves, and like, they're actually cool people. Yeah, but don't worry, you all, you know they're all already dead by the time you get there. <laughs> yeah, because you've already killed them. Yeah. So, uh, moving forward to the main plot point, the reason we have this intro. You follow Abby a little bit, who is uh, the other character you play. The, for other, half of- the other female lead. Yeah. I don't know why they make you play her at the beginning. They just talk about stuff you don't know what they're talking about, and it's not interesting. Yeah. You know? They, they refuse to reveal anything to the player, despite that you're playing the characters. So, everything, all the dialogue has to be, like, really, really, like... Avoiding the subject. Yeah. You know? And, and they just hide it, information for no reason. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's actually like, better if you know Abby's here to kill Joel. Yeah. It actually make like, I knew that because I just did. Because I've, I've heard yeah. about this game. And we, basically, you're just Abby running through snow and zombies, and it's boring. <laughs> uh, it, but when Joel saves up and saves you, Joel and Tommy saves Abby, that scene works if you know Abby's going to kill Joel. Yes. Or at least that's what Abby said. Like, at the very least, you could see Abby be conflicted on, like, 
I see this guy now and he doesn't seem that bad. Like there's something they could have done with that. But they decided that nothing needs to be interesting. They're, they're interesting is out of the question yeah. for this game. Well, th- this moment, honestly, is the, is the core failure of the game to me. Mm-hmm. Right? If I had to say one thing that that like Last of Us True truly fails at, it's this it's this whole sequence, right? Because yes, you know, theoretically we have no idea what Abby's doing, right? She talks to Owen and they're like looking at Jackson from a hilltop and they're like is he down there? You know? Mm-hmm. But we don't know who he is. Like, obviously, it's got to be Joel because who, yeah. who else could it be? Mm-hmm. But you know, they don't say it. Like, they're they're talking around it. And then Owen's like, we don't want to attack a town. You know? Mel's pregnant. Uh, my, you know, my, my girlfriend is pregnant. We're all out here. And that's a town full of thousands of people. We shouldn't do this. We, like, we should turn back. You know? Or yeah. we should wor- wait for a better opportunity maybe we shouldn't continue this this crusade, you know? And Abby's like, like, fuck you. You said you were ride or die. And Owen's like, I guess I'm not, you know? And Owen leaves, and then Abby goes on by herself and has to run through a bunch of zombies. And while she's while she's pinned by zombies, literally about to get bit, the zombie's head gets blown off, and the camera pans up, and it's Joel and Tommy. And he's he's got his hand out, and he's like, come with me, mm-hmm. you know? And he gets Abby up, and they, they run, and you go through a whole escape sequence with Joel and Tommy, and it's honestly like, if you knew they were talking about uh, hunting and killing Joel at the beginning of this, your emotions are going wild. Because mm-hmm. you're like, I I have no idea. This is the guy? You know, because Abby doesn't know it's Joel. She doesn't know what he looks like. She just knows who she who she's looking for. And so she's she gets rescued by this unknown rescuer. And then at the end of it, when they finally get to a safe place, Abby's like, I have my friends uh, over in this cabin. And they go to, they, they go to this cabin. And then she's like, she's like, so what are y'all names? And, and Tommy's like, well, I'm Tommy. That's Joel, you know. And there's this like silence comes over the crowd. Yeah, everyone looks up. That's like a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all and both Tommy and Joel are like, what's going on? Yeah, it sounds and, like you heard of me. And with no preamble, Abby blows his leg off with a shotgun. Yeah, without a thought, right? And this is this is what I mean at, at the, the core failure of this game with. No exploration of the deep emotions that should be happening right now. We resort to extreme violence. And not just like the, the, the it's for shock value. Yes. They, they decided that instead of like making about something, they're just going to be shocked by Joel getting shot. Yeah. And it's like, it just doesn't work. And it's just, it's just weird. Like it just, it's just off putting. Uh, and like you, you might this care for like two minutes. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, I, I, well, okay. You know, like I don't know why I don't know why you let me control her and like what is, what is this even about? Yeah. You know, it, it it's there to shock the player. It's literally it's basically a jump scare. You know, and they do this in lieu of deep emotional exploration that could be happening, right? And that's why we that's or, why we look back at Last of Us One, the the ending, and most of what you do in that game is about this deep emotional exploration. And then you get to two, and they're like, yeah, but what if you just blew Joel's leg off with a shotgun? And, and to you me, know? it's like I don't even need a deep exploration. Uh, deep emotional exploration. I need an any emotional yeah. exploration. I need a I, moment of hesitance. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm needing. I'm just looking for substance, yeah. you know. And it's every single like bit of this game. I feel like it misses the point because right after this, you're Ellie and you're going to like break into this building yeah. and try to stop it, right? And in this building, there are lootables. And, like, you literally hear Joel screaming. And I'm like, I gotta check these fucking drawers. Like, I'm sorry. Like, maybe there's tape around. It's funny. 
Um, so we we play. I'll say this now: we played on different difficulties. I originally attempted to play on grounded, which is like the extremely hard difficulty. But this game's bad at difficulty, and I'll talk about that a bit later when we get into mechanics and stuff. But uh, basically, eighty six percent of this game. Basically, I had to create a custom difficulty where like enemies run hard, and uh, all of my lootables were on grounded mode. There were no lootables in that room. Yeah, just yeah. because of how how scarce any resources are in that mode. Yeah. So it's funny that like despite playing the super the the super hard mode, I actually had a better experience going through there than you because there was just, there was just nothing. Yeah, I mean, you know? there was one thing, but that one thing means things can be. Here. I remember I remember there being something. I remember there being like a candy bar or something that you could loot, you know? Yeah. Uh and, and yeah, I had this the first time I played the game, I had the same reaction where I'm just like Jules literally screaming in the background and I'm like, Do I really have to search this cabin for loot right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like if you compare it to sorry, I keep comparing it to one, but uh there's like a scene in Pittsburgh, right, where your car crashes and you just got raided, and someone has Ellie, and then you just run to a guy and instinctively hit square, and then you knock that guy off. Yeah. The the game doesn't force you to do that, but you're tunneled into doing that. Like well, it convinces the players to do it. It does force you to do that, but it, but isn't it okay? You don't even notice it. But does you that. Do, yeah exactly. I then I didn't even notice. That's yeah. good. You can't go any. You can't turn around and go somewhere else. You have to run forward and knock that guy off. But it doesn't tell you run forward. It doesn't tell you hit square. You just do it because you're like, Ellie's in trouble. Go save Ellie. That's yeah. the that's the play. And, and that's what it should be in this game. You should just be you should hear Joel and you should be booking it through the house. Even if there's not lootables, when you get downstairs, there's like a bear rug and like you see people set up and yeah. stuff. And like Ellie's like, oh shit, fuck shit. That's how they all talk. Yeah. Fuck. And like just and it's like designed for you to like look for a second. And like just a huge punt. Like, yeah. you should just be running into that room unless you're very smart and realize that inside this room is a terrible game that will keep being this. <laughs> Cause you run in and then you just see a bunch of horrific violence. Yeah. It's like, it's like Far Cry 5 where the, uh, the correct answer is when you first walk in and the villain tells you, uh, you can just walk out. Yeah, you, you should do that because then you don't have to play that game. Yeah, yeah. correct answer. Right? That's the good ending. <laughs> yeah, the good ending. Yeah, where you don't have to play Far Cry Five. Yeah, and yeah, you just see people get beat with a golf club. Well, you see Joel get beat with a golf club, but there's hey, a they lo- they fuck up Ellie too. I forgot how. They, I mean, they just beat the shit out of her with like a like a yeah. they pistol whip. Her yeah, sorry. And shit. So they only pistol whip the shit out of Ellie as she screams. Yeah, bloody. and she she's bleeding, and it is a very like Joel's head is like kind of caved in a little bit, and he's just like so bloody, and Ellie's just screaming obscenities, and like yeah, that's kind of what you would expect it to look like, but I'm not here for like the realism of a man getting beaten to death with a golf club. Yeah, like you there, know what I mean. There's only so much torture that I can watch, and it's almost none of it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean. Thankfully, at the very least, they they kill Joel off screen, you know, mm-hmm. as they cave his head in with a golf club. Uh, but also, it's it's like Ellie just kind of screaming in anger and sadness, and they just cut there. Yeah, like, smash cut next yeah, day. It's not like a lot of as high as the emotions are running. The emotions are very simplistic and don't ask very much of you to engage with them. It, 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 see, it, like, it doesn't even hit me emotionally already at this well, point that's in the what game. I'm saying, it's because, like, because it is just shock value. Yeah. It's like, at this point, you're already just like, oh wow, they killed Joel. Like, you're not, you're not empathizing with Ellie. And, and, and you know? Joel is not established in this game. Everything you feel from, about Joel is from the first game. Yes. Yeah. Right? Joel has not existed in this game. Yeah. He showed up and he got her a guitar. And then he's just kind of like, uh, just 
hey, Ellie. And then, like, Lee. Like, it's just this awkward scene of yeah. him, like, trying to connect. Except, and, and it, except and it, there's an excellent scene at the end of the game. I think it's the last scene in the game where Joel is talking about the impact of his decisions and, and reflecting on what he what he did from Last of Us 1 that explains how they're feeling now at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. The idea is it's supposed to it's supposed to make you retroactively look at the game and think differently, but like that's some amateur bullshit, you know? Yeah. Put your put your important information at the beginning and let people contextualize it as they go forward. It, well, Don't just be like, "Oh, I did all that violence," and then Joel's like, "I would have saved you again," you know? And they'd be like, "Wow, maybe all that violence wasn't that bad." It's like, no, it's not going to change your fucking mind at this point. Yeah, you know? yeah. Okay, so now we get our call to adventure. Uh, you're in Joel's house. You're looking through all the stuff. You look at all the stuff from that first game. That first yeah. game was great. Yeah, hey, got, remember that watch for the first game got, from an impactful scene? Yeah, you've got you've got that really important thematic watch. Uh, we're not really talk about that. Yeah, it, uh, his you jacket. Got, you got his jacket. Um, yeah. Joel really likes to carve uh, wood figures. Yeah. I mean, he did before yeah, a little he too before his horses. head was caved in with horses. A golf club. Yeah, and um, yeah, he's a real he's a real cowboy kind of guy. Yeah, and you basically see two things. You see Tommy being like, "You can't go." Like, yeah, Ellie, Ellie's obviously going to go for a revenge trip, and yeah. Tommy's like, uh, "We can't spare the guys." Yeah, we, we really shouldn't do it. Yeah, and when it's obviously parroting what his wife is saying, who's kind of like runs the town. Yeah, Tommy goes, leads Ellie behind, and basically is like, "I'm going up ahead, so Ellie doesn't have to do this." Yeah, Don't he, worry, he'll directly contradict this by the end of the game. 100%. This is another core problem with this game, is everyone is no hesitancy into doing this revenge goblin trip. Yeah. Because Maria, Mariah, whatever, uh, she's gone after this scene. Um, <laughs> don't worry. She, well, she had a lot more character in the first game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. Is like, you can't go, blah, blah, blah. You shouldn't go, you know? And then she's like, well, I'm going to. Crosses her arms, just like, Sorry. On Revenge Goblin Twip. And Dean is like, we just started dating yesterday. And I will travel from Wyoming to Seattle on horseback and stab people in the face. Look, there's not a lot of lesbians in Jackson. (laughs) You really gotta make do. (laughs) And immediately, Mariah's like, okay, well, um, I'll give you horses and ammo. Right? And that's what, no, everyone in Jackson is... 100% 100% on board all the time. They might resist for a line of dialogue. Yeah. Maybe a second one. Yeah, like a millisecond. Right? But, like, you know, to fast forward a little bit, like, at some point, uh, Jesse shows up, and then he's like, why didn't I invite you? Because I didn't think yeah. you'd want to go. Literally, literally, he's like, I would have gone, and I would have tortured worse. And then Ellie talked about torturing someone, and Tina's like, I would have done worse. You know, and everyone is always saying that. Yeah. Everyone is always just... No one is like, Jesus Christ, Ellie. Like, you murdered those people everyone's just like no i get it or if they, i wonder or if they do they'll, they'll they'll say it in the most like inane way they'll just be like wow i can't believe uh they, they we find a body we find two bodies like tied up to chairs and they were they were clearly tortured you know and they're like wow i can't believe tommy did this and then dina's like yeah but uh, let me tell you about the time my sister got attacked and i i think if i had the people that killed her tied up to a chair I would have done worse. And that's the end of that conversation. Yeah. Of just like, we found two tortured people tied to chairs, and we're pretty sure Tommy did it. Uh, even though it turns out I think Jesse did it. No, it's Tommy. I don't know. We find Jesse, like, immediately. Like, like the, it turns out the person we're chasing that whole time is Jesse. So. I think so. Jesse's the first person to show up. That's. Yeah, but he wasn't, like, doing all that stuff. I, I mean, it's unclear. 
but I well, they say, oh, this is Tommy's work, and the game is not is not as any depths whatsoever. But then why is Jesse there? Because they wanted to have a second person but, on your. It's just like so arbitrary. If that Be- because if- the game is arbitrary, <laughs> because it's bad, it just doesn't make sense. They want, cause, yeah, because they wanted to have a scene where you had a little partner helping you. Because like. We think and your partner is pregnant because yeah. you fucked him. Well, we just think we think it's Tommy the whole time, and we're we're literally like chasing gunshots, thinking they're shooting at Tommy, and then it turns out it's Jesse. And to me, you know, I mean, just from a literary criticism perspective, that should recontextualize all the things that we thought were Tommy, right? Yeah, no, I'm almost, I'm just, I, I have to like, it's just definitely Tommy because it, Tommy's a torturer. Yeah, I, I would believe it more of Tommy for sure, right? It doesn't matter, but that level of confusion is something that we see throughout the game as well, where you're just like, I'm not sure they knew how to write this properly, you know? It's clear they were trying to do something, but I'm not sure they had the literal ability to do yeah, it, Yeah, well, like, like, the thing about Jesse that means is just because that, well, we can't, we want to keep this walk and talk, we want to have partners, we'll just have a person show up. Yeah. You know? And like, well, but like, th- then don't bench your fucking Dina for no reason, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, a little ahead. Well, was, okay. Oh yeah, no, so, the Jackson thing, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but like, this is my thing. Even if all of these characters had reasons to always be in agreement with each yeah. other. Which none of them do. None of them do. Yeah, like, you're like, oh, maybe at least matches their characters. Well, they don't have characters, so that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But even if they did, even if it just, it just fit into the world that we have established, it's not interesting. It's fundamentally not interesting to watch a bunch of characters who just agree. Yeah. There's no conflict. There's no nothing. I mean, there's no interpersonal conflict. The conflict is, man, that person in front of me is so alive. That can't be the, can't let that happen. Uh, (laughs) So you just have to kill everyone this whole time. But that's all you're doing is Ellie for three days in this game is because after, when you go on your adventure for three straight days, you're just crossing names off a list. Yeah, literally. And there's almost no hesitation in, the you know the the hesitation is we'll get to but is is bad <laughs> right there's almost no conversations about what we're doing why we're doing it what's the point of this there's almost no thoughts about revenge it's just we are doing this because of course we're doing this and i think the game is overly relying on the fact that the audience loves Joel from the first game yeah. and they want you to just be like well i'll just kill hundreds of people for one person and like I don't feel that way. Yeah. Right? Like, if someone I know is murdered, I, I don't I don't think I'm a hundred percent on I'm going to kill everyone they've ever loved. Yeah. That's a real right? that's a real kind of Joel reaction, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like like part of the uh part of this game is like Ellie becoming, becoming Joel, Joel, you know? But, but again, not, there's nothing there's nothing interesting to that. Yeah, that's they what, don't do anything with that. That's exactly it, right? It, that's not interesting. Like Sure, you could have Ellie become Joel, but what are you saying about that? What does it matter if she becomes Joel? And the game does not care about answering that question. They're just like, what if Ellie did a lot of violence? And you're like, I don't know, that would suck, wouldn't it? And they're like, yeah, it does suck the whole time. Yeah. Anyway, here's 40 hours of that. Welcome to the core part of the game, 
Seattle Day One. Yeah, so we took a second to just like have a moment of levity because the game doesn't. <laughs> and like we need it because like, God, we're already fucking exhausted. Yeah. So uh, day day one of the game starts. You're it's weeks after Joel's death. We spent about four minutes uh mourning Joel and then like how that works is you literally go to Joel's house and you walk upstairs and like smell his jacket and then you walk back downstairs and Mariah's there and she's like, I'm going to give you horses and ammo to go hunt down Joel's killer. And you're like, cool, I'm done mourning. I'm t- it's time to yeah, murder. Time to murder. So we we're now in smash cut. <laughs> yeah. We're now in Seattle, right? We made it across the country. <laughs> yeah. Literally across the country. It's taken weeks. We don't get to see any of that, but we're on horseback. You need a journal about it. We're, yeah. Uh, we're on part. horseback with Dina. And it's kind of, it's like kind of nice. It's like a, you're going through this like nice, well-lit forest, you know, uh, just talking about the first time you killed a human being. Not a, not a zombie, but a real human <laughs> being. <laughs> it's not a joke. It's what they're doing. They're just like, I was 11 when I took a life. Yeah. Just dragging on cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I still remember the scream. Smash cut, screaming at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's that's seriously what they're doing. This hunter was on top of him, drowning him, and Joel couldn't get to his gun. Jeez, were you scared? Well, I, I didn't even think. I just, I just ran in there, grabbed his gun, and shot the guy in the face. How old were you? Fourteen. How old were you when you first killed someone? Ten. Wow. Guy was coming at my mom. I stabbed him. He got me beat. Yeah, I'm a real badass. Hey, Editing Ross here. I just had to jump in because this is an insane quote that I didn't realize when I first said all this. And it acts as a bit of a microcosm for the total problem with the game here. Because we have Ellie describing one of the most tragic, emotionally difficult moments of the first game. And we have Dina saying, a guy came at my mom and I stabbed him. Followed by Ellie saying, wow, you got me beat. It's like the first game has uh, something to say, something real. And then the second game just says, whatever the first thing that comes to mind is. And then using the first game to further legitimize that. Anyway, back to the regularly scheduled podcast. Uh I guess that's a bonding scenario for them. Yeah, the couples are like, remember the first time you held my hand? The other one's like, remember the first time I ripped off someone's hand? (laughs) (laughs) They're worn around my neck. There's a lot of, like, boring puzzle stuff in in this where you, like, have to get generators to work and plug shit in. Yeah. You really won't do this again. You know, it's like, welcome to the core gameplay loop for the next, like, two hours, and then we're just going to forget this. Yeah, yeah, that's the the thing is, like, I'm not going to cover this because you won't ever do it again in the rest of the game. Yeah, we're going to, like, kind of skim over some of the gameplay stuff and kind of do it, I think, more as a whole, I would... Yeah. If you agree with that. Well, this is kind of where we'll we'll move into some mechanics and things, too. Um, Yeah, but um, it's kind of an open world section, relatively, where you have, like, a map of Seattle and, like, a bunch of, like, blocks, like, city blocks. Yeah. Let's just say five by five city blocks, I'm going to guess. Sure. You know, could be more, could be less. Um, And you could just get a bunch of stuff until you want to move the plot on forward. Yeah, it's, it's but also, you kind of have to get that stuff, because, like, what, are you just going to not get the shotgun? Yeah. You're just it's the shotgun's gonna... optional, but, like, 
You're going to not get a shotgun? Shouldn't be. Yeah. I almost missed it on this run because it's in a bank. And I was just like, I kept going in places and getting like just a bunch of random crap. And yeah. I'm just like, is it even worth it going? I'm like, that place is way over there. I don't even know. And like for a there's, while, I couldn't find the entrance to the bank, you there, know? There's two different things, right? There's the bank, which holds a shotgun. And then there's the uh, pet shop, which you have to get the key for and yeah. go in the back door. And that's got one of your holsters. Yeah. You know? And, and you're and, like... God, can you imagine missing that stuff? Yeah, and that's one of those stuff where, like, if you you can beat the game without the stuff, but you won't be having f- as much fun. Yeah, it's it just like be directly so much hurts harder. hurts the fun of the game. Yeah, um, not like either of us miss this stuff. I'm not saying it's like you know, I mean, the game just the real gameplay just started. You're probably going to start being thorough, and you probably assume this is what the game is for the whole game. Yeah. Don't worry, it's, it's it's also extremely. It's only different. there for half of day one. Yeah, it's also extremely different from from Last of Us One. You know, because Last of Us One is is a is linear. You know? Yeah. And and so they give you this big open world area and, and you're like, okay, sure. The, sure. You know, mm-hmm. I'll explore and you, you do all your exploring and you end up like going into a into a synagogue and Dina's like, did you know I'm Jewish? And Ellie's like, shut up. Yeah. Stop talking. I, I come from a long line of survivors. Are you, is this, is this all you have to say? Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm done. Yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm Jewish. We uh, survived some stuff. Yeah. Moving on. Because that's as much character growth as you get in this in this scenario. Yeah, just 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 saying your proper nouns. Yeah, you know. Uh, and uh, you you find like a Torah, and they talk about they they do talk about like some of some of the tenets of Jewish belief and stuff. And it would be interesting if you took the things that they say and like compare them to the actions you're doing in the game. But that's too deep for this game, so we're not mm. going to do that. Yeah, we're going to have Dina say, "I come from a long line of survivors," and that's it. And that's not commentary. That's just being like, we're surviving now too. Yeah, yeah. And you're like that thing we're doing. You're like we are, we are doing that. And she's like, yeah. Anyway, you want to find that gas? It's in the courthouse. Oh, no, which no, is which is political. No, commentary. no. We want to find that gas. Oh, we did, but it was empty. Let's go to a different place and get yeah. more gas. Well, they find it in the courthouse, which uh, uh, is again uh, political commentary because you find you know because no, the no. justice system is purchased by the big oil. Right, the makers. Did of you gas see those and... oil protesters throwing paint on the Van Gogh painting? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, no, in the, the the Van Gogh flowers. Really? Someone just threw paint on it, protesting oil, and it's like showed those. Well, wow. what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah, like that's. I'm sure big oil is like, oh, the Van Gogh. Oh no, I was. We'll gonna... stop pillaging the earth. I was just gonna buy that. Yeah, like, imagine if, like, Barrett in Final Fantasy VII, like, destroyed a painting and Shinra's like, damn it! Oh. We have to stop using the Mako to drain the planet of his... Re-. Like, that's just... just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like blaming owls for how bad I am in <laughs> <laughs> Watch Community. Yeah. Uh, don't play this game. <laughs> uh, well, oh, sorry. Yeah, so, so day one is mostly an introduction to uh, mechanics and, like exploration boredom basically it, <laughs> frustration it's it's the basic concepts of of how do you play the game how do you scavenge for things and how do you deal with uh, specific in, recurring enemies you know mostly zombies yeah so a couple of things oh also how to like pick up notes yes because you're gonna be doing that a lot a, a lot, lot a lot yeah okay so here's the thing this is what happened it's kind of actually relates to the thing i was talking about earlier about like expanding player choices but you get less kind of planned design content so you go anywhere you want but because of that the conversations are kind of happening for designed around each area and i mean to be fair there's a problem that the whole game no matter what the structure of the game is 
But uh, you're walking and talking, which I feel like should be really, like, this should be a really good walk and talk section. Because it's yeah. chill. Like, for the only part of the game, every fucking door is in a zombie. You know yeah. what I mean? You open up a bank and there's, like, fucking five zombies. And, it, like, it doesn't matter unless I told Ross to play the difficulty. Where it yeah, it, it didn't take me 45 minutes until I, like, reset the difficulty to a slightly <laughs> lower version. Yeah. But, like, it's like, oh, this armored car, people die in it. And it, you get a note, and then I was like, fuck. Then you go to bank, and you're like, oh, my God, they robbed bank on fucking uh, infection, whatever you call that day. Yeah. They had a term for it, but, you know, the day that zombies showed up. Outbreak day? Outbreak day, yeah. yeah. It's like, fuck. You know? Look at this fucking Torah. Yeah. Like, like, it's just... It's just stuff that lacks, like, depths or, you know, I mean, I, I know I'm gonna keep saying this, it's just, like, this game is just so fucking hollow, you know? But, like, you just walk around, and, like, I guess I learned Dina was Jewish, right? Yeah. I guess I learned, uh, people die. Cool. Um, I mean, there's some graffiti about a woman. Uh, prophet. Yeah. We, the wolves are around. Whatever the fuck that is, yeah. Um, there, there's like a little, there's like a little story being told uh, about like the people that used to live here and how they were like rebelling against the the guards, you know. But none of it really has any meaning. It, it doesn't like you don't connect with anything that's going on, and it's all told through fucking notes that you pick up at random, so the story can be told out of order. You have to keep and, checking because you need fucking passcodes yeah. on the note all through oh the section. Oh my god, yeah, like. Uh, we, we made a joke in the first cast where it's like, where it like, you pick up a note and they'll be, they'll be like, oh, I hope my kids survive. And then you pick up a note 20 feet later being like, they did not make it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this one is like, is like, oh, they did not make it. Anyway, here's my safe code. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single note is like that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, Jules, I hope you can, I hope this letter finds you well in this abandoned train yard filled with clickers. Anyway, I came through here. There's a safe under the train. Yeah, yeah. The code is my birthday and the day I caught a big fish. <laughs> There's a picture on the wall. Look at it, Jules! Yeah. <laughs> I was... That was good, but I, I was going to be like, I just can't take it anymore. These zombies are coming at me. My kids are starving. I don't even know the reason for living. Anyways, the safe code is... <laughs> saying, you know, like, it's like literally how it feels. Where it's just like... And it's just... I'm gonna say 99% of this game is trauma porn. 100%. It's just so much, right? Like, yeah. there are three moments I would say of like true levity. Uh, and they're all like overwhelmingly the best parts of the game. Yeah. Like overwhelmingly so. Yeah. And they're undercut because the people in them will get graphically murdered <laughs> and you've already seen it. Yeah. It just doesn't, everything doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that, that that's day one, is just, like, kind of roaming around and, and learning how the game works. So, a couple things I want to point out, though. When we, when we do compare the the pure mechanics of this game to Last of Us 1, they're actually worse. Actually a lot worse. And I didn't notice this until Joey pointed yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, you were like, we were you were like, we were, sorry, uh, cut you off a little bit, but we were playing the beginning of this together, and we had to stop because I was, like, so angry all the time. And you're like, I know what you're saying, but it feels like you're being really harsh. I'm like, am I? Am I? Am I? <laughs> and I like pulled up a YouTube of the bill scene. And it was like, I literally remember, like, I can see you in my mind, like sinking in the chair. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Every room is made with like brilliance and like, not, I mean, not, not, care, not, care in detail. Yeah, care in detail. Everything is meticulously thought out, you know? So I go through what you're saying, but it's just like, 
It is just so stark. Like, yeah. I, I honestly suggest everyone. And it was even more, even though I, I, I saw it at the beginning. When you go to Last of Us 1 from Last of Us 2, it's emotional whiplash. Yeah. You know, more it so really than, is. you know, Joel getting shot in the <laughs> knees of the fucking shot. Oh. Uh, a big thing you were pointing out was like, you were, you were like, I really hate scavenging. I'm like, it's not that bad. I don't really have that hard a time scavenging, you know? I'm like, yeah, this stuff is hard to see. But uh, one thing we'll talk about in just a minute is they, there's an accessibility feature. It's a um, blessing and a curse. Yes. Uh, that lets you lets you change how things are represented. So everything becomes like grayscale. But friends become blue. Enemies become red. Items become yellow. And everything else is gray. So it, it it's very easy to pick things out. Uh, for people who have a hard time seeing in these like high graphic, like high density uh, scenes, it's really good for looting because you can see everything that's lootable. It's almost necessary, for right? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I don't think it's totally necessary, right? Like, I can, all the things still shine like they did in one, and you said they were smaller, and I was like, that just, I don't think that's true. And then I go back to one, and they are significantly smaller. It's crazy, it, uh, insane, like half as big. Right, and what that means is you cannot look at a room and see what's lootable, right at a glance. Mm-hmm. Right, so you need to use this this accessibility feature that makes everything look bad. It defeats the purpose of having these incredibly high end graphics that they have. Yeah, you know, and so ninety percent of your game because everything is a loot room. You know, everything ninety percent of your game is now spent with this shitty filter over it. You know, yeah, and it's good, like. And I started playing with the filter also to cover up uh, violence. Yeah, yeah, because you you don't see that kind of thing either. Uh, I mean, you see just, it, but it's not. It's just not as bad. Yeah, but it's the fact that like the the lootables are recognizably smaller. The UI, your actual like uh, where you can see like your guns and stuff. You know, your your I forget what it's called uh, the gun cross or whatever. You know, crosshair. No, not the crosshair, but the the physical thing. Um, you select your gun on the D pad. You know. Ah, sure. There, there's a term for it. Um, but where you, can physically, where you can physically see your guns on the screen when you go to select them is much smaller than it was in Last of Us 1. And that is to conserve screen space, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also, it takes, it's this minimalist approach where like everything has to be smaller. Everything has to die at the altar of graphics. Like everything mm-hmm. has to be this beautiful vista and get this UI out of the way. But, but get, yeah. get these lootables off the counter. Like we don't want to see that. We want to see the hard work that the artist put into making this, I don't know, coffee shop, you know? Yeah, it was the exact same cabinet. Except I have to turn on this stupid vision that makes everything look bad because I can't see the shit anymore. Yeah, and it's, the it, thing is, if you're trying to do this to make the game feel more immersive, well then, I don't know, make the game more immersive. <laughs> like, yeah. There's nothing immersive about it. Because because the the thing is, the rooms are less immersive. The design of the game is less immersive. It's insane how often you'll do a room, and you'll kill everything in the room, and then you'll spend, I don't know, five, ten minutes making sure you get everything. Yeah. And then you open the door... And then behind you is 10,000 zombies chasing you that, like, they do a cutscene of shutting the door. Yeah. And it breaks your suspension of disbelief. And it's done like this all the time in a thousand different ways, right? In Last of Us 1, as you're looting, there are good walk and talk sections where you're kind of decompressing the last kind of real room that had real plot points in it uh, between the characters and you're, it just feels natural. Like you're going, you're go, you're going through like an apartment complex to get to the street, and then you move on, right? Yeah. Last of Us Two, it just feels like you're doing that 
constantly. Yeah. Right? And then all the combat rooms get bigger and bigger and bigger. And they're, I mean, they're goddamn huge in this game. Yes. Right? And so a lot of what combat comes down to is you'll kill the 15 people. In the, and I mean, even in Seattle Day 1, when you first start seeing humans, you have these big, like, there's that one area where there's like snipers on the roof yeah. and stuff. And then you're like, you're going down through the house. Like, and it's all kind of one big area. And then you're done. And then that takes me at least 20 minutes to go through every fucking thing yeah. to get all these freaking loot stuff. Uh, and like, it's a survival horror game. Like you're going, like, that's what you're doing, right? You have to get that shit, you know? And when I was on normal mode, I would get all that shit, but then I would be like full of everything. So then I would go on a lower diff, or I went on hard for a while. And then there just wasn't enough, like, then I just couldn't play with Molotov cocktails anymore. Yeah. And I was like, cool, I like Molotov cocktails. You know? Like, okay, now I don't get to play with my toys anymore, because I play with a harder difficulty, to make scavenging more engaging. But it's just, it just never gets to anywhere where I enjoy scavenging. Yeah. Right? And I I love scavenging in one. It's actually really fun in one. Yeah. And we wanted to push that. Like, we wanted to really understand how good scavenging was in this game. And so Joey, Joey asked me before I started playing, he was like, he was like, try playing on a harder difficulty. And I am truly sorry. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, fuck it. You know, I've always kind of wanted to like try a grounded mode. So I tried it and I was at the, I was stuck in the bank with like the first fucking area where you fight enemies. And that's partially because you have like a pistol and I had like four bullets, you know, yeah. <laughs> like not even enough to kill the guys that are in the bank at the time. And I was playing, I was playing on grounded mode. It took me like 45 minutes to get through the bank and I, I kept, <laughs> I kept going through and I, I got just, a like, lot of text. I just like couldn't get like past clickers. C- clickers had become like literally unfair. You know, if you if you like fucking breathed within twenty feet of a clicker, it just kills you. And I was like, I was like, there's no way. I don't have time to do this. You know, if if I dedicate an infinite amount of hours to this, I could get it done, but it's just not worth it. But this game has a cool thing where after you beat it, it unlocks a customizable difficulty, and I had already beaten the game. So you have to beat that to get that. I'm almost certain you do. Like, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um. So what I did? A mistake. <laughs> what I did is I I restarted and I made a customizable difficulty where everything was ungrounded except the enemies were on hard, so that the clickers wouldn't insta kill me from 30 feet away, and uh, something else was on hard. You made all. You it made the. Stealth. You made stealth the. Yeah. Hard. You made the allies. So my well, all your stuff. My right? my allies were were dog shit. My allies were on grounded mode. My resources were on grounded mode. And I think you're on grounded mode. Uh, yeah, basically, I don't I'm on grounded. Means, yeah. I don't even have I don't even have the listen ability, which is like you can see people through doorways and like through walls yeah, and stuff. Yeah. You know, I didn't really use it in this game, anyways. I used a ton of one. Yeah, but I would have used it, but I couldn't. I didn't even have that right. But it was like all sorry. Uh, enemies were on hard mode. So that clickers didn't insta kill me. And stealth was. And yeah. stealth was on hard mode so that clickers didn't insta kill me. Mm-hmm. That was it, right? So my resources were still on grounded levels. Um, I just could never find a bullet. You know, like finding a bullet was like finding gold. And so 99% of what I would do was stealth through every single area. It took me three times as long. Easily. Yeah, and I watched him do the last third of the game. Oh my god. And like, yeah, I know I... Uh... It's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting to play that way. And it what what it told me was that like making scavenging like more realistic because grounded mode as they describe it is a realistic experience. Yeah, because yeah, and I'm like I'm like cool if that's realism then I'd fucking die. 
in the mm-hmm. in the zombie apocalypse. That's what I learned is if this were real, I would just die instantly. Yeah. So I I I, I basically started this game. I mean, he's beaten it before, but I started my game. I got two thirds of the way before he started his file, and I I basically was like, okay, I'm gonna keep playing, but uh, this story is not worth anything. There's no value. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, let me try to find that. Maybe this game does have value, and I'm like, okay, I kind of enjoy combat. Maybe there is value in combat. The only thing is, it's kind of hard to engage with it because even and I was playing on hard for about half of it and normal on the other half because it got to a certain point where I'm like, I'm just done. <laughs> I can't keep fighting rooms and rooms and rooms for all zombies with resets. I yeah. just don't want to do it. It's not fun. It's not interesting. I was like, I know Ross is good. Um, you know, engage with them on the hardest difficult you, you can, and maybe it is fun, like, maybe, maybe it is fun to scavenge when, and yeah, deterministically- I'm I'm shaking my head. Yeah, deterministically, it is a worse fucking experience. It's god-awful. Yeah, like, Like, at the very least, you're gonna show up with a fucking arsenal, and, you know- Yeah. And, yeah. That's, that's where I think the combat in one really shown, is when you would have these, you would have, like, a big set piece of a room, and you would go through, and you'd, like, stealth a couple of people- and you'd pretty inevitably get caught because these rooms are set up that like stealthing everyone is really hard. It takes a long time and a lot of like knowing where everybody is. You're so you're, boring. You're 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 very much guaranteed to get caught, you know. But you can get caught and then you can pull your guns out and get into a nice gunfight. And it's this nice blending of stealth mechanics and like cover shooting. That's not like it's not spectacular, but it's definitely a lot more fun than doing just one or the other, you know. When you play on these on this really hard mode, it's, you just don't have that. If you get yeah. into a gunfight, you just have to reset. Right? I'm, I'm going to steal Gary's thing from Watch Out for Fireballs, but he always says this, and I I it's I think it's a really good point where he's stealth mechanics are fun is if it's fun when you get caught. Yes, that makes good stealth mechanics, right? Uh, when you get caught on the mode you're playing on, uh, you had to reset. Really, yeah, almost always, yeah. like almost inevitably, right? Even even if I could fight it out. The, the cost of resources would be too high. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, I, maybe I could kill these people, but then I have no ammo and I'll regret that for the next yeah. two hours. Yeah. The most fun I had with combat is at the end of the game where I just, I just, I was numb. I just did not care anymore. <laughs> I'd walk into a room and I would pull out my three guns that all had scopes on them and then just headshot as many people as possible yep. and then wait at the end of the hallway like I was River Song from Serenity <laughs> just to fucking savagely murder everyone yeah. and because sneaking is not fun so like uh it's very there this game is a combination of two gameplay styles the Resident Evil style and the Metal Gear style the Resident Evil style excels on that kind of limited resources scavenging thing yeah i think we have firmly explained that i think it does it bad you either have way too many resources or you have no resources. There's almost no in between. Uh, I, I I did normal and hard, uh, and Ross did grant. Like I've we've seen the spectrum. Yeah. You know what I mean. So that doesn't really add a lot to the game. And then uh, there's the Metal Gear style, where the one thing I'll say good about combat is you have good and interesting guns. Like I like the guns you have. They're oh, yeah. fun to use. 100%. But the stealth part of the game is not like Metal Gear because when in Metal Gear when you're you're sneaking. You, you sneak someone, you hide the body, you move forward. You kind of move through yeah. the level, right? The way to honestly stealth watching Ross play on the on the harder difficulty is basically just get near a corner of a door and then just wait for people to fucking walk out. Yeah. And then one by one, yeah. just put it like stack you, up bodies like behind smile. you as you slowly choke them out over a way too long choke out, you know? Yeah. 
And, like, that's not interesting, right? Uh, in Metal Gear, especially 3, the one I'm kind of using as an example in my brain, you actually have, like, interesting melee skills, right? You can throw people down. You can punch people. You can kick people, you know? Like, you have a thing. Melee in this game is hit the dodge button and the punch button. And that is it. Yeah. And you, and there are times where they make you do it for a long time. It's just like, shing, 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 shing. I'm putting my fingers up and down on each side. And it's just... It's okay, but it's so simple, and they really ma- design scenario like they make you fight uh, people with big fucking hammers yeah. uh, twice. Uh, there's several times you're in like a fo- like there's a time you're in a forest and a bunch of zombies come and they make you melee. You gotta fight them. Yeah, and they and they uh, you know the final fight they make you do this right. Um, and it's just like a like you just it just instantly clicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just not that hard. Uh, but, but it's not that interesting. You know, yeah, well, there's no depth to it, right? Yeah. Like the tutorial is like, okay, here's how to dodge and here's how to punch. That's it. It will never get more complicated than yeah. that. Yeah. And know? like, you know, comparing to Kojima games, you know, like Metal Gear, you know, obviously, but like the melee is worse than the melee in fucking Death Stranding, which is bad. <laughs> like, yeah. like one of the worst things about Death Stranding is they don't make, com- they make combat worse than the Metal Gear games. Right. And I'd still rather be doing combat in that game. Almost, almost certainly. I'm, right? I'm, I'm thinking about like Metal Gear Solid Three when you're in Groznygrad, and there's a, a spot where you're in a bunch. You're like between rows of tanks, you know, and there's a mm-hmm. bunch of guards. And I always loved that like, room a hundred and five times. Yes, and like I, I always remember, I would I would come out and I would like roll across a guard, right, and then and I would come up and I would punch the next one. And this is alerting people, right? I just I punch out a guard. And then I run behind a tank, and I plant a bomb behind it, and I keep running, and I crawl under another tank, and the guards follow me, and they explode on the bomb, and I come out the other side of the tank with my fucking machine gun, and I gun them all down yeah. from behind, and I'm like, you guys just got Scooby-Dooed. Like, yeah. Like, a comical series of things happened to all of you, and I caused it. This game, you're behind a, you're behind a counter, and you grab someone, and you choke them out. And that's it. Yeah, that's I, the, that's the extent. I had I, I literally had you talking about corpse piles. There's there's a spot uh, when you first start patrolling Abbey, when you're in a train yard after you get attacked by uh, scars. I literally choked a guy out, and his body was hanging out from behind a train, and somebody would spot it. And what I you could crawl under the trains. What I would do is go around and crawl under the train as they come up to investigate the bodies, like Metal Gear guards, and I would just choke that person out. And then the next person would spot their body and come over. And I just started this pile of people being like, who's that body? And then I go choke them out. And then somebody else spots them. And they're like, who's that body? And I go choke them yeah. out. I beat the level like that of like five corpses I, stacked on top of each other. I, I feel like so often combat comes down to you not moving. Like you get behind your yeah. counter and you just wait. And they yeah. come towards you and you just kind of wait. It's just about and, finding the right spot. And then you hide. And then, you know, even when they're aggro, someone comes around the corner you jump out and you machete them. You yeah. know what I mean? And then they're dead. And then you pick up their hammer and then you hide. And then you wait for someone else out. And you walk out and then you hammer them. And the game also disincentivizes any other form of play. Because I thought... What I was thinking was I could stealth through rooms and like just kind of get to the end. And maybe I didn't have to kill everybody. But that's routinely not the case. Because what they do is almost, at, almost universally at the end of a big uh, set piece murder fest... Whole You're going to have the whole triangle because they don't want you to do that. They don't want you to pass everybody. Well, for those so of you playing Xbox, why? 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Is that a question or the button? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a question. I didn't think about that it's actually the name of a button. <laughs> it was the right button. Oh. Yeah, I know. Like, damn it. <laughs> but what they'll do is they'll put a door at the end and you have to go up and and hit Y to open or sorry triangle to open it and there'll be something heavy on the other side so you have to hold triangle to push it open and it makes a bunch of noise and enemies can still kill you while you're doing that until the cutscene starts of you getting through right and then you'll slam it on them just before they get through like an action hero but the idea Welcome is to no tension <laughs> the idea is that you can never just go through a room without like you can never just stealth past everybody and go quietly through the door it's always by the skin of your teeth, you know? Yeah. And it's it, it makes it makes it so that, like, you just can't do it most of the time. So instead of, like, playing stealthy, you just have to kill everybody. And if you have to do that stealthily, it just takes forever. It's not fun because you don't have the fucking bullets to take yeah. people down. You can't afford the resources to finish them. Yeah, it's like, look at a Resident Evil, right? Every Resident Evil door is, like, really, like, that's that cool, compelling yeah. little door animation. Every door in this game literally feels like, well, it's two things. Every door in this game is fucking locked. Yeah. Um, but um, every one of these triangle doors, it's like, every time you open a door, you had to watch that Indiana Jones scene where he, like, gets his hat at the last <laughs> second. And you're just like, at some point, you're like, I don't care. Yeah. This is gonna be like this for a while as we talk about, like, the Ellie stuff, I think, because... It's just mechanic stuff. Like, all that's happening here is mechanic stuff. Because, like, in day one, I'm pretty sure all the events, uh, your horse blows up, because of course it does, you yep. have something. Yep, yep, yep. You get captured, get used to fucking that. Yeah. Just getting captured. Uh, Tommy tortured people, uh, Scars tortured people, you just kind of go into rooms, you're like, oh, look at all this fucking torture. D- Dina. Let's kill a bunch of people. Dina wishes she could torture some people. Yeah, uh... Just yeah, just keep just keep killing people, and uh, every once in a while, uh, you'll just get captured. I guess and, yeah. like that's kind of throughout all of Seattle. So it's like really nothing happens. Like there is just no story elements until the end of the day. Yeah, there's and not it doesn't even yeah. There's fully not a lot to talk about in days two and three. Like we're not we're spending a lot of time on day one because there's really nothing. Yeah, to say. you're on your mission. Like the the, the the like the tangible thing that happens before the day ends is you find the existence of a person on a. Oh, someone you were looking for to murder is already dead. I guess. Yeah. And then the TV station. You, you just kill a bunch of people. Like, you, yeah, like it's just. You're, you're hunting down a list of people that killed George. That you, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. None of them. You don't. I don't even know their names. I can't tell you their yeah, names. Yeah, yeah. But you hunt them down and you kill most of them. And you do it in like various set pieces, you know? Yeah. Uh, You and Dina get captured and a guy like ties you to a post. It, well, sorry. You get captured and Dina gets away. Guy ties you to a post, but then like. Dina shoots him before he can kill you, and yeah, uh, you can see graphic depictions of violence. Yeah, it's just it's it's just that you know. It's and very like, again, like I, I I don't remember exactly what happens, but like that scene is gross. I remember like when you're like something about it just ends you, up being gross. You, you stab him like multiple times in the face. Yeah, just just it's with just, your with your long thin it's knife. It's just unnecessary and gross. So uh, two th- there are like a couple of things just to, like that are slightly missed that I think are all insanely egregious. You mentioned the triangle prompts, which is yep. opening the door. But there's one other prompt. But there's another prompt, which is smash goddamn square. Yeah. This is why it's the title of the video. Ev- almost every fucking time you get captured, you just have to go square, Dude, square, 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 I, square. I don't, I don't know if you had this experience, but like when somebody would grab me or when I went to a door, I would invariably be already like tapping yeah, no, square for sure. Same. or holding triangle because I'm like, you just, you be, it, it's ingrained in you. This is going to be a tap square prompt. This is going to be a hold triangle prompt. There is, I am never wrong. 
Yeah, and like, I swear to God, the game has so little respect for its players. They just assume, which is a, probably a big portion of the fan base, uh, is just like a 12-year-old who just like snorted a bunch of fun dip <laughs> because you can't fucking spend any time without like something happening. So it's just like, you're just going through Seattle and you're like, ah, oh, da-da, your horse fucking exploded, you're captured, I'm your and it's just like, they just do that all the time. You, you do a workbench later in the game. You get, you get square prop until you get captured. You open a door, square prop until you get captured. And there's no tension behind it. It just, I, they do it so often and half the time it doesn't even matter. Like you just, okay, if yeah. I don't hit square, I'm still cat. Who fucking cares? Yeah. Like you don't feel tension. It's, there's no fail state. I mean, there probably is a fail state, but like Who I knows? do. I am not pressing the square quickly by the end of the game. As long as you, like, have pressed square in the last minute, it's probably... Oh, fine. no. Someone's trying to choke me. Yeah. I, I wonder hope, how this is going to turn out. I hope I don't, you know... And um, we talk about this on our very, very, very first podcast. This is our first two podcasts. It, uh, well, sorry. sorry. It, really, it really feels more like, like, press square to see what happens next. Because there's no tension. It's not like that guy's going to choke you out. It's not like you're going to get shot in the head or the biter's going to bite you. You know what I mean? None of that is going to happen... If you just hit square, it's literally a safety button. It's telling you outright, nothing will go wrong. And I want to compare this to the tension uh, from Last of Us 1 when Joel is getting drowned by that guy. Joel Joel is literally, he's he's been impaled on the side, right? And Joel's being drowned and you're, you're, I think you're slamming square as Joel's like reaching for his gun, you know? Mm -hmm. And you legitimately don't know what's going to happen next. It's not, it's... It's not just like, oh, this guy's gonna get off you, right? It's, yeah. it's not, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna get your gun or you're gonna shove him off or something else is gonna happen, right? It's, you don't know how Joel gets out of this situation. And that's mm. when that moment is tense. It's not, it's not that you think Joel's gonna die there. It's that you don't know how this resolves, right? Yeah. And how it resolves is Ellie picks up the gun and shoots the guy in the head. And it's, it's one of the most emotionally deep moments of the game. Yeah. You know, it's unbelievably powerful. This game is just like a zombie fell on you. Hit square until that zombie's not on you anymore. Yeah. It doesn't care why you're doing it. It's just like, are you not pressed a button? Press buttons. Yeah. It'd be, everything becomes so formulaic that it's just impossible to engage with any of this stuff. Yeah. You, you just know that it's been a while since you've been captured. So you're going to get captured. Yeah. Right? You know that every fucking door is going to be locked. So, like, I don't even check doors. I immediately start jumping in for windows or looking up. I was so mad. We, we I got to the aquarium on day three of Ellie. And I, I, I already know. Like, I know what's going on. And I'm looting and stuff. And uh, there's two doors. There's, a, there's some double doors over here. And usually double doors are open. Right? They're the path forward. But there's some other double doors over here. And I'm like, I actually know that's the way forward because I played the game. Right? So I'm like, uh, I'm just going to loot this room. And then I'm going to go back to those first double doors. Right? Because, like, I think they lead to a, a little, like, a side room that is also going to have loot. You know? Those doors are locked. Yeah, it's always, yeah. But there's not a, another room. I'm like, I'm in important things, vision, and everything. And they're lit up yellow. And you go up to them and they're just locked. And, you're just, and it's just like, they were just there. For yeah. no reason. And I was like, I can't believe I got God after all this time. Yeah, you know? yeah. Of like, after so many locked doors, I really was just like, what's behind those doors? And I was just like, they're locked. Yeah. And I was like, are you fu- are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Again. And, and, and nothing lands at a certain point. You're so used to every single person you meet getting murdered. Yeah. So you stop caring when they get murdered. You're so used to everything being a jump scare. 
that you are completely desensitized them to the, to the end of the game. Like, I literally was just so numb walking the end being like, oh, zombie jumped out. Yeah. I don't fuck shotgun. Ugh. I you know? Think, yeah. Square, 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 square. You oh, know? there's a door hold triangle. Yeah. It's done, you know? In the square, square, square props, there's so many of them. And, and same thing with the dodging mechanics for fighting. Yeah. It's so lazy. It's so incredibly lazy. They like, le- they knew how difficult, or sorry, they knew how easy the dodging mechanic was, so that uh, zombies have an automatic grab attack mm-hmm. that you can't dodge, right? Because they knew if you could dodge it, the pros would just be out there just like fist fighting fifty zombies because they just they dodge them all like it's a fucking Arkham game, yeah, you know. And like I've tried to do that, and I that's why I know that zombies auto grab, and it takes like half your health on grounded mode. It can take like recorded your health easily you know uh and you know how you you know how you get out of that you gotta match square <laughs> it's just a way to to be like we know our mechanics are too simple so we made something unavoidably difficult so that you can't even engage with the mechanics and i'm like cool honestly and, and that's the answer to everything honestly like it would have been nice if every time i saw zombies in grounded mode i could at least go in there and just fist fight them like i'm fucking superman yeah but i can't they don't even give me that yeah, you know, there, there's only and there's only two ways they really manage difficulty. Use not without difficulty sliders, but manage the difficulty in level design. Give things one shot mechanics. Oh my god, oh so many Lord. things have one shot mechanics. I'm having flashbacks, and it's just it's not interesting. Like it's not fun. Like I okay, clickers can one shot me. Okay, the sniper can one shot me. Yeah, all these bosses can one shot me. And yeah, just like I don't, I just don't fucking care anymore. Right? Yeah. Like it's just like, oh cool, I made a mistake. One one reset. reset. You know. And like, the right answer is just like not that fun. Like like some of the bosses is basically just run backwards and shoot, or one of the boss really. <laughs> and, but like you know that's the same thing with clickers, right? And like you got two answers: do your perfect headshots against clickers. I'm just kidding. It's just you get, that's your answer. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ha- play on a lower difficulty, so you have a lot of bullets. Just throw it yeah. at them. You know, have, have ships. Just yeah. be able to kill them. And then they like they. Fill room with clickers. Like, unlike anything in Last of Us 1, you get rooms like four, five, six clickers. Yeah. Like, it's insane. Very early, there's a room with just four clickers. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to slowly go around and stab them all in the back. And it's like, I can do that. Like, it's not hard to, like, slowly walk. But, like, I don't know. Like, I just want to do something else. Right? Yeah. Like, I I don't want to, like, literally walk up behind everyone and stab them. You know? to Again, to compare it to Metal Gear... You can do any room in a thousand different ways. To the point at the end of the game, you have rooms with TNT on everyone's fucking back. Yep. And you kill them all at once, right? Very or, or you have claymores everywhere on, you know, the one thing I always talk about, this is Ross's thing, but I learn it from him and I do it every time. He's like, this room has two guards and one radio. So if you just shoot <laughs> that radio out, they can't do anything. And then it's just sniping each of their arms. And you just have guys like one limp leg, two crippled arms. And you're just slowly torturing them, right? And then after you kill those guards, you you knock on the door to get a guy to come out. And you can just throw a snake into his face. And as he's screaming, he walks into a claymore, right? <laughs> My favorite shit to do there. Because, like, I, I knew exactly what you're talking about, right? Like, yeah. yeah. There's there's a dog in there. Um, but there's, like, a lot. Of, they, they have coral snakes. Um, yeah. And they, they, have, they have the fake snake that looks like a coral snake but it's not venomous, right? But they also just have, like, birds. I, I love... To, I shoot that guy out, I torture everybody in that room. And then I love to put, to, uh, 
uh, I get the guy to open the open the door right, and then I like throw a bird at him, and he's like, ah, a bird, and then I pop out of the bushes <laughs> yeah, and yeah. shoot him in the face, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. I mean, you're how ba- dumb can you feel? You're you're bouncing your revolver bullets comically <laughs> to kill people, yeah. right? You yeah. know. Like, you're, you're just engaging in a lot of different ways. You're holding someone up with an RPG at their back, you yeah. know? Like, it's just, you just get to have fun, right? Like, you can do things in a lot of ways. You can do things, you know, in, you know, a, the very, you know, you got your silencer, your stealth thing, you're just doing it kind of normally. And, you know, the thing is, with Metal, you know, gonna keep praising Metal here. I played that game on normal. I've been that game on European Extreme. Yeah. Right? I played on the hardest difficulty, and I've enjoyed it, Right? I've watched a friend who doesn't play games hardly beat that entire game. Uh, because there's one line of dialogue, right, where they go, where a character goes, "We notice snakes present," or like you had to reveal yourself to people, yeah. right? I wish you didn't do that on this mission. And he's like, "Is that dialogue different if I don't reveal myself?" Mm-hmm. So he played the entire game. Where not only did he, it was a no kill run. But it was it was a no, no fuck alert. with yeah. run. It's not even just no alert because he's like, "Well, if you because you can." You can train someone, yeah. right? But he's like, if you wake up with a hypodermic needle, in your neck, <laughs> right? You're like someone infiltrated, right? I, no. This didn't happen accidentally. We have an infiltrator. I, I hold, I hold to the to the idea that they do not report that shit. Yeah, they're just embarrassed. Yeah. Well, because it's Vulcan, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You wake up with a hypodermic needle. You're like. Honestly, Vulcan will kill me if I tell him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put this away and we don't speak about it. Yeah. So he played the entire game. He would literally go into rooms. Vulcan will put me in a trash can and beat the shit yeah. out of me. Empty all of his bullets into the ground so we get magazine clips. Oh, to like, he's so smart. Yeah, like, and just like, it's just so many ways to play that game. And he did it on the hardest difficulty. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, that's cool. That's fun. You can do that. Uh, it just does not feel like that in this game. The yeah. answer is headshots or chokes. No, I, I don't want to necessarily just compare this game to like, you know, one of the, one of the best stealth mechanics games of all time. But like, but like it's naughty. Like, this is what we expect from them. Well, I, I'm, you know, even if even if we're not expecting like Metal Gear levels of depth, the point the the point I'm really trying to make about combat that we're both trying to make is that the combat is is comically laughably simple. And that it does not serve the game in any way. But the game But it's is, the only thing the game yeah, is. Yeah. The game is 90% combat. Right? Like, we're really not going to talk that much about days two and three. Like, we'll, we'll explore, we'll talk about the very, the small story that happens. But it's almost exclusively combat. There's nothing to say really about them because it's just like rooms and rooms and rooms and rooms and rooms of dudes, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it, how do you deal with them? You stealth or you shoot them in the head? There was a couple of times on Grounded where I, I had I had some fun making decisions because I had such difficulty with resources. Where I'd be like, I'd be like, I cannot, I literally can't get to that guy. He's like in a sniper spot or something, right? This is the time. This is why I crafted that silencer for my pistol a long time ago that I haven't used. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the time. This is what I've been saving it for. And it really, like, sometimes those decisions feel great because I'm like. That was it. That was the perfect. Yeah. That's when all, that's when the panics come together. I'm like, that's exactly what I've been waiting for. But it's unbelievably rare when you get those moments. And 90% of the time is just walking around a room, trying to stealth everybody, and then you get spotted, and then you reset. And it's all just, it, it sucks. Yeah, like, again, I generally like the weapons they give you. You get a bow. It's super fun. The other character gets a crossbow. You get a hunter pistol. That's really fun to use, and ha- you can put a scope yeah, on you it. Get a fucking one-shot you, Yeah, you get a bunch of stuff with scopes. You know, you get revolver. Like, it's 
it's, you know, shotguns, uh, explosive rounds, you know, uh, these guns are actually fun to use. Like, I, I like the choice of the guns that they did. But ev- there are two things. Zombies, horrible. Every time you fight zombies, it's boring. Yeah. It's- because there's two types of zombies. I mean, there's more than two types of zombies, but more or less two types of zombies. Ones that pose no threats. And ones that pose way too much of a threat. Ones that one-shot you. Yeah, one-shot you. You know? I was trying to include uh, shamblers and uh, and bloaters. Well, ungrounded, they'll one-shot you, so... Yeah, sure, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anything above a runner is just like, I I don't know, I have to deal with that perfectly. And it just feels like every time you fight zombies, it's just annoying that they took your resources. Yeah. And you you never had fun doing them. And and that's their job, is mostly just to drain resources. Yeah. And you... You can always see that because they'll they'll give you rooms where you just like fight waves of dudes, and it's just that's just there to drain your resources. They're like, you probably have too many bullets now. Yeah, it, so it's we're gonna take all those. It's just written so arbitrarily. Like the amount it's again Final Fantasy VII shit, the remake. The floor just keeps falling out from under you. Yeah, quite right? literally. Like you're just like, oh, we're doing this thing. It should, you know, here's a straight shot to the hospital, and they're just like, just kidding. You're now stuck in two hours of zombies, and then you feel nothing after it. And yeah, the human rooms are definitely better, but like I can't That's because the human AI is better. Yeah, I can't th- exactly like it's it's at least somewhat interesting. You know what I mean? Like characters like do th- like you can yeah, look at they them. respond and change. Yeah, they actually do. It's actually interesting because I did so many resets, I could see how things will re- will react. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it, for humans specifically. It wasn't always that I could go to the same spot and do the same things, mm-hmm. right? Because the human AI would react to where I was on the map, even if they weren't, like, supposedly aware of me. The game is aware of where I am. So, sometimes I would be like, I'd be like, the guy always walks in this room. And I would go there too quickly. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm fucking set up. I got my gun on the door, ready to go. Yeah, yeah. And that guy does not walk through that room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because the game knows where I am, and it's like, that would be too easy. Because their AI is actually really well developed in this game. Yeah. Know? But also, I feel like most of the time you go reset, 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 until you literally know where everything is. You know yes, what I mean? That's, that's it, it, the it, problem. And the worst was zombies. Because what happens is, most of the times I do a zombie room, a clicker snuck up on me. Yeah. And then I'm like, where the fuck did that clicker come from? And you're like, it fell down from the ceiling over there? And you're it, like, it fell down from the ceiling over there? It literally dropped down behind And you're like, what the fuck ever? You know? So you're like, cool, I know, like, where to stand now. If anything is hard, it doesn't feel like you can, like, kind of panic and do the right things. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you, you just die and you reset until you know what the scenario is. And it, it just feels really, really bad. Um, yeah. And, um, I, I, last thing is with the humans, there are some rooms that I'm like, this is kind of an interesting room. But they're so big and they're so long and they take, and they just, and it's, and it's they're- one after another, after another, after another without breaks. I can't think of a single combat room I walked into and then go, oh, what, what I another t- one. What I tend to find is combat rooms tend to have about four too many enemies. Yeah. You know, where you're just like, surely they're done. And then you you alert somebody <laughs> and you're like, there's five of you still? I remember you being in Santa Barbara at the very end of the game <laughs> going like, I think there's only three guys. And I'm like, <laughs> you stupid shot. And you're like, there's eight, you know? Like, there's like, like, you're like, literally like, are you kidding me? I was like, how? Where are they coming from? Yeah. It's like rats in the walls. I'm yeah. like, where are these people coming yeah, from? Yeah, after spending four 
ever in that previous room where you can set a zombie loose and it would never save your progress except for the one time you got really (laughs) unlucky RNG. They're like, save! Yeah, Yeah, save! save, And I'm like, cool, I have less resources because of that Yeah, and you can like restart the whole room, but you're like, that's another fucking 40 minutes of my life, you know? I'm like, I worked too hard to get here. And I'm just like, let me go back to Final Fantasy. Yeah. (laughs) No, it was it was miserable going through the. You saw some of the worst rooms I'd had too. Yeah, because like, the San, end of the game, yeah. Santa Barbara and that that Island. sniper section. Oh, Island wasn't that bad. The sniper section was miserable. Yeah, the one thing I think is really egregious in this game too that I almost forgot, which is um in the first game and the and they do this in Uncharted and in previous Naughty Dog games, they break up the monotony of things by having interesting set pieces. In Last of Us One. A rope pulls you and you're hanging upside down. Yeah. Right? In that same area, you're later pushing a car and then fending people off and then going back to pushing the car. Yeah. Right? You have a sniper section, uh, where you, there's you a, set, a yeah. set up sniper and then you do, and then you do it, right? There are actually like a lot of like little interesting things that you can do. The only type of set piece this game has is you're on a horse or a car or whatever that's moving and you're shooting. Yeah. Right? You, have, Which you just, get an infinite ammo pistol and you just shoot yeah. things. Which just doesn't ostensibly feel different than anything else you're doing. Yeah. Right? It just doesn't feel that different. It just feels like a horde room except for you're moving kind of. Right? Why? Like why? why? This whole game is just one monotonous mess. You, you walk into a room, someone goes, or someone dies, sorry. Someone gets graphically murdered. <laughs> that, that, you earn that cutscene. Right? Now, there are zombies from here to kingdom come that you yeah. have to walk through and humans and they will scream bloody murder and then walk into somewhere and then have another cutscene that is equally unsatisfying right yeah now go back to combat and it's just like it's just i mean it's just such a fucking slog it just it feels like you're drowning in mud yeah or blood oh uh, and that they, yeah know, that, they, that, that's that it's is like poetry they rhyme <laughs> That's how the combat of this game feels, and and so we're we're gonna we're gonna move away from mechanics and, and get into the story because I know there's a lot of story left, and we've been on this for a bit. <laughs> kind of. Sorry, we gotta go yeah. through all of it, but yeah, I know. Just um, which again, we'll get to a point where we're like, then you combat for two straight fucking days. Yeah, mm-hmm. day one ends with Dina being like, Ellie, I'm pregnant, and then Ellie reacts really badly. She's like, Why didn't you tell me? You know, uh, you, you know, you've been late for two weeks, and. And Dean's like, well, I didn't want to be a burden. And Ellie's like, well, you're a burden now. And it's just like, you know, the silence of Ellie saying something really mean. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then instead of Ellie, like, reflecting on that or anything, she just leaves. And you kind of, like, I don't know, you find a radio. You just kind of explore the place. And then you go fall asleep in a chair and have a flashback about Joel. Hey, an actual good scene. But this flashback that, that Ellie has about Joel... Honestly, one of the best things in either game, in my opinion. Like, it's... It's <laughs> it's just, you're so biased because it's a guy talking about Jurassic Park <laughs> all the time. You're, I think your literal favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, but it's, I mean, it is truly heartwarming. I mean, it's everything that was good from Last of Us 1, right? Like, like they stole it all. They stole the characters from Last of Us 1. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, no, can you plagiarize yourself? It feels like it. Yeah, like, I can't, I can't, like, give them credit. You know, for for writing something good when they have these characters pre-established in the way they act, but it's just this scene. It, it's when it's when Ellie 
uh, is taken to the Dinosaur and Spaceship Museum on her birthday by Joel, right? And it's just, it's this return to Ellie just being, like, bright and happy as a kid. And Joel being, like, this sort of gruff but loving father figure. And they just have this this amazing day where they bond in, in like, just unbelievably heartwarming ways. Yeah, as, they, uh, as they as they go through a museum, you know, and talk about their lives and who they are and what they want, and a single moment of levity. It is honestly a single moment of levity, and it's done so incredibly well that it honestly makes me angry. Like I know these characters are pre-established, and it's not that hard to write about pre-established characters, but like it still shows that they had the ability that they could do something like this, that they could make something happy and fun and lighthearted. And it tells me they chose not to. I also think the they kind of, of fucked the up the ending. Um, you leave it, right? Yeah, yeah, You yeah. leave it and you go on and you have a, a, a fake jump scare. Yeah. Where zombies could come. There's a part where she goes into the rocket ship and then she pretends to be the person, to, to be an yeah. astronaut. Joel, Joel gives her a cassette of, like, the Apollo 13 launch. Yeah, know? it's, like, really cool. It's like, unbelievably cool. Yeah, like it's like it's it's not just like I can't even mean that like it's cool in the game. I meant it's cool like that's so cool of Joel. Yes, like that's what like you're supposed to feel. It's like he's like, how did you get? This? I'm not I'm not joking. I have tears in my eyes. You yeah, know what I mean, like, but the, I I think that sequence should have ended there. A hundred percent. Yeah, right? like, it ends and then you flash to Ellie waking up and it's like that just writes itself. Yeah, like I'm not. Yeah, Ellie looks at Joel and she, and, and Joel's like again it's, it's Troy Baker, right? Probably the best voice actor I can think of. You know, know, like famous for Final Fantasy Thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> like, think what you want about Troy Baker the person. God damn, he's a good he's voice phenomenal. actor. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Right. So he he Geek. Joel looks at Ellie and he's like he's like. I do okay. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like, know, it's you have to cry a little. I'm also so mad because it's like, oh yeah, Ashley Johnson's a good voice actor. I forgot. Yes, because this just game don't get is, it. Yeah, don't get it in this game, you know. And it's this, it's this brief moment, this look into into everything that used to be good about this, and it, it's so painful when you have to leave it, right? Yeah, and like for, it's, they even do it better, right? We're, like, the, so you know, we're talking, we're talking about earlier how like every time characters they're just like you're stinky every time they're trying yeah. to on, but like. They kind of do that, but they do it better, right? Where there's a, he pushes her into the water, yeah. right? It's like, and you're like, that's, it It feels, like, it feels organic, and they, you know? Well, they also make it, uh, because Ellie never learned to swim. Mm-hmm. In Last of Us 1, that was a big thing. Ellie couldn't swim, right? <laughs> this tells us that, that he- Thank God they got rid of you grabbing pallets. <laughs> but this tells us that, that he's, he's taught her how to taught, swim, yeah. and, and he talks about it. He pushes her in and she's like, she's like, I could have drowned. And he's like, he's like, no, you know how to swim, you know, remember how to do it. And it turns it into this bonding moment, right? It's yeah. not just them being like, haha, I was mean to you. You know what I mean? It's, it's a moment of, of, of like true bonding, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And then she pushes him in because it's funny. And he's, and, and then he's like, ah, joke's on you. We had to go this way anyway. And she's like, fuck. And then you have like, to get like, are you mad? And she's like, aren't you mad? Aren't you super yeah. pissed? And he's just like, oh, I'm so yeah, mad. Yeah, I'm so pissed. I'm so mad. Anyway, we do have to go this way. So get in the water, you know? Yeah. It's just, it is, it is heartwarming, right? Uh, you go through, it's you go written. through, the, <laughs> you go through the museum and you like put, put, you keep getting hats and you like put them on dinosaurs and stuff. You, you know? have a hat. You'll keep uh, getting hats. You get two hats. Um, you get a helmet. You get two hats and a helmet. There are two hats in the museum. 
don't ever question me on this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and at the at the top, uh, I get the two hat trophy. At the at the top, there's the, they they directly rip the scene from Jurassic Park where there's literally a brontosaurus mm-hmm. uh, hanging out, and they put Joel like flicks the hat onto the brontosaurus head, and it's supposed to be a callback to them and the giraffe from the first game, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's really cool. But uh, I didn't mention this in the first cast. That scene is ripped from Jurassic Park. That's the same scene. Right? Yeah, yeah. They literally, it, it's literally, uh, in Jurassic Park, they're sitting in the tree and the brontosaurus comes up and it starts eating leaves and they like, they like pet it and then it sneezes on the girl and covers her in snot, right? Because Spielberg's a genius. And then really? it, in this, and then in, the, in one, it's the exact same thing. A, a giraffe comes up and it's eating leaves and they pet it and you don't get covered in snot, right? And then this is now a callback to that scene. So it's like multiple levels of removed. I want to talk about the raptor in the freezer in Jurassic Park 1. <laughs> you don't want to talk about the raptor in the tank in Jurassic Park 3 that was just like waiting for them? Like so they were genetically be- <laughs> engineering raptors, right? And there's they're like in the in these floating liquid tanks, you know? And so the humans are like going through and they see a raptor in the tank and then it busts out and you're like, "Oh, it's a jump scare, right?" But then if you think about it, you're like <laughs> Did the raptor get in the tank and hide itself until the humans walked by? Like, I know they're smarter. They're engineered to be smarter. But, like, how did it get in the tank? What are you talking about? But anyway, like, I'm smiling more now than I've smiled the entirety of playing so Last you of Us smiled. 2. Yes. <laughs> My point is, like, all of this is that feeling that you get from Last of Us 1, right? And it tells you that, like, there could have been more here. Like, they could have done something interesting. Yeah. And and then like you're immediately slammed back into just like hollowness. I yeah. that's like the two words are shallow and hollowness. Yeah, you know, uh, this is this is a part I actually I actually want to call <laughs> call back to a, a a scene we kind of skipped over earlier. So earlier we we briefly mentioned that they went to a, a music shop on day one, and there's a scene that you I mean you can find it on YouTube. It's it's great, right? But it's Ellie playing the guitar. And doing a very good acoustic version of Take On Me. And she's singing it for Dina. And Dina just kind of sits there and lets her lets her play the whole song. And it's great. It's a good scene. Right? But I felt nothing. <laughs> just did. Like, feel something. Jeez. No? I Why? I don't know. Cause it, because like, I, cause I don't they, even know who these people are. Because they told you to. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, because in, in, a, in the world that they wish they were making, this would have been a good scene. You know what I mean? And yeah. If, if you I, buy in, it feels... It, it feels like that Ted Lasso scene where they sing uh, Never Gonna Give You Up at yeah, the funeral. Yeah. And oh. you're just like, well, that's, that's exactly what it like it triggered in me. That's fair. That's Which fair. I... Uh, Ted Lasso's a good show, but oh my god. End of season two. Not yeah, great. that's cringe as fuck right there. So, but if you look at the lyrics of Take On Me, which, which you do because she's singing it acoustically and slowly. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah, it makes you re-examine. Yeah, it, it makes you think about like what... Like, what does this scene mean? Why are they doing this, right? Are they just picking a popular song and singing it? Like, no. Take on me, right? It, it has this, uh, the, the titular lines, right? Take on me, take me on, I'll be gone in a day or two, right? That's, that's literally the chorus of it, is let's come together, you know? Let's be something meaningful because I'll be gone in a day or two. And in the zombie apocalypse, something like that means a lot to say. To be like, I might not be here tomorrow. You know, we might only have these days, so let's make them meaningful, right? The second verse, right, is like, uh, so needless to say, I'm at odds and ends, but I'll be stumbling away, slowly learning that life is okay. Stay after me. It's no better to be safe than sorry, right? And this is her singing this to her her new girlfriend, 
Yeah. You know, the idea of like slowly learning that life is okay. When we look at something, the, the scene that she has with Joel, right? The, these, these tender moments that she has with Dina, um, the, the kind people that she had in Jackson. This could have been a different game. This could have been the turning point where, where instead of, instead of going on the most violent, murder streak I've ever seen in pursuit of pointless revenge There's like for Joel. There's like five hours left of it after this. Too. Yeah. It, it could have been it could have been Ellie learning to come to terms with the loss of Joel with with the loss of her purpose from Last of Us 1 right? It could have been her rejecting this philosophy that, that Joel espoused that like the only thing that matters is what's immediately important to you what, what you immediately feel in the moment and that you can make something of the world that isn't simply uh, that isn't simply reactionary or violent. You know, we can make a world a, a, a place that matters. We can make a city, a, a Jackson that works together, that cares about all its people and not just one of its people. We don't have to sacrifice the world for the people that we love. We can do something better. That's what that's what the scene says to me. And then they just do the opposite. This is the moment where the game could have been great. And they reject it because they just they just have this shallow moment where she sings to Dina, what is essentially just a popular song, a popular pop 80 song that everybody knows. And she sings it acoustically and it goes on YouTube and gets a million views. And then their horse blows up 20 minutes later. And then their later. horse blows up 20 <laughs> minutes later. Right. And that's and that's it. And then by the end of day one, Dina's pregnant and she's literally left behind. She literally doesn't exist in the story. anymore. We really won't ever see Dina again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, we'll see her in the farmhouse, but that's it. Yeah, so like, that's um, exactly what I was saying. I was like, ah, it's not Yeah, at the very end of the game. And so, uh, it's just, it's unbelievable to me that they, that they'll put these scenes in there. The, the scene with, uh, this flashback with Joel, this this uh, take on me scene with Dina, and just so clearly misunderstand what they have in their hands. What they're working with, right? Like... I'm not trying to say this game needs to be Last of Us 1, but fucking hell, you've got Last of Us 1 in your hands. It, Do it's, something with it's it. Just, it's just the... Everything I rack my brain about on what it could really be about, and it's 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 just always the answer is nothing. Yeah. Because I, what you, you can tell what they're trying to do a lot of the time, but then it's just undermined by, like, every fucking decision they made. Yeah. I just, like, as a fan of Last of Us 1, you know, like, one of the most emotionally complicated games I've ever played in my life, right? How dare you yeah. turn it into this shallow mess? Do not take one of the best games of all time and make it this. Yeah, and after this, after, not this, but after the dinosaur scene, it's two straight days of Ellie combat until the Ellie story's done. Yeah. It is... Literally, relentless murdering and torturing. In I mean, I mean some graphic. You oh, know, yeah. you're killing dogs. You're killing pregnant women. You're killing children playing Vitas, right? Like you're just. It's so funny because <sighs> yeah. the 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 Vita, um, that girl is playing Hotline Miami. Yeah, yeah, right. A game that's famous for its violence, a lot like Postal, right? But what. What Holland Miami does is you you show up in your car, you get out, and you murder everyone in the in the in the whole building. 
Yeah. Right? You go through you go through up the stairs and everything, and you murder everybody. It's a fun time, right? And then the second you kill the last person, it's all playing this like high high tense dance music. You know, you're just like womp 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 womp, just the beats going, and you're just murdering, right? Yeah. And the second you drop that last person, the music stops, and you have to walk back through the whole building to your car, and all the corpses are still there. Yeah, everything you've done is still there, and your adrenaline is gone, your excitement is gone, there's nothing left to do, and you're like, why'd I do all that? You know? And, like, it's shocking that Hotline Miami is a much more complicated game than fucking Last of Us 2. You know? Yeah. Because Last of Us 2 will never let you sit with those moments, right? Because day two comes, and you meet Jesse. Uh, you go through a bunch of murders, and you meet Jesse, and Jesse's like, I'm here to help. Are you That's sure it's day two? Yes. Okay. You meet him, right? And then uh, you... Because, like, he fights Scars. Yeah, you leave for some reason, but you leave Jesse behind, because you take Jesse back to the theater, and he's like, I'll take care of Dina. And then you leave to go do something. I think you're gaining intel, or you're after Nora. I think you're after Nora. So you're like, I know where Nora is, and Jesse's like, oh, well, Dina can't move, so I'm going to stay here with Jesse. Or, I'm going to stay here with Dina, and you're like, cool, I'm going to go kill Nora. You hunt Nora down in the hospital. Uh, it takes forever. It's, it's Beat her to death with a pipe. Yeah, no, it's zombies, zombies, zombies. Scars, 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 scars. Wolves, wolves. Well, wolves, wolves, wolves at the hospital. You get to the hospital. The, yeah. And there's a chase scene with Nora. Yeah, it's just, um, also, in the middle of it, yeah. you fall down, and there's zombies. And, and wolves. Yeah. Uh, you, you deal with all that, and then, like, Nora is, she's, like, been in, she, you chase her into an infected area, and she's like, oh, because you're not, you're not, you're breathing spores, and she, you're not coughing, and she's coughing, and she's, she's like, oh, you're the girl, you know? There's the whole reveal of, like, oh, you were Ellie. Uh, but it doesn't really matter, because you're like, you're like, where's your friends? And she's like, I'm not gonna tell you, and then you just beat her to death with a pipe. Like, you have to press square to keep beating her. Uh, and it reminds me of that scene when Joel tortured somebody in, in Winter. And honestly, I think this whole game was like somebody really liked Winter. Yeah, which a uh, lot of people like when playing Last of Us 1. And we talked about it in our first cast, but it's like, it's like the worst part of the game yeah, by a lot. It, and it just should be the DLC. Yeah, it's 100% our least favorite part of that game. And it feels like this whole game of Last of Us 2, they just, they just picked Winter. And we're like, what if that was the whole game? And I'm like, well, that wouldn't be good, would it? And it wasn't. Um, but you beat Nora to death with a pipe, and then you you get back to uh to the theater. You take a nap. Tommy's there. You're like, oh, cool. Tommy showed up off off camera, right? And then you hear was I? You hear a gunshot, or you hear a yell, or something, right? You run and you run through the doors because like Tommy's Tommy's out there. And as Jesse runs through the door, he gets shot in the face. And that's the end of Jesse. Wait, is that literally? Because that's the end of day three. Like, is what happened? Oh, that is the end of day three. Yeah, no, no, no. Because yeah, you go to the aquarium. And you kill Mel and Owen. Is yeah. that day two? No, that's day three. I that's have the thing three. up here. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 no. So, uh, as I have right here. Uh, I was looking at my notes, sorry. Um, yeah, Hillcrest, finding strings. You get that flash. You get another Joel flashback where you find those strings. Oh, yeah. It's not nothing care. to say there. Yeah, mm-hmm. nothing to say there. It's a, So, yeah, they, they do try to break up some of this with flashbacks, but they make the next Joel flashback just combat. Yeah. Right? Like, there's a little bit of, like, thing with Tommy, and, like, there's a bit where they start to do the animation where your head gets ripped off and Joel inter- interrupts it. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of cool, but, like, it's just like, oh, wow, even the Joel flashbacks are just, just endless combat. combat. Like, but, like, oh, cool, like, bloater boss battle again. Yes. Yeah. That's super Riveting. fun. 
Yeah, and then you start doing the the scars to hospital. And then I guess you just kill Nora and go back, right? Yeah. And now you have the information that Abby's at the aquarium. And then like Yeah, and then and then Jesse goes with you. Jesse goes with yeah, you. Yeah. And they hear about the sniper, which is Tommy. Yeah. Right? All all the wolves are gonna go uh hunt down the sniper and Jesse's like Jesse's like, uh yeah, that's that's gotta be Tommy. And we're <laughs> we're like yeah, okay, but Abby's this way. And Jesse's yeah. like, well, we should go. Because Ellie more or less said, or they say like, okay, we're going, they're like, we have to go. Dina's pregnant. We have to go yeah. back. Yeah. And she's like, we gotta get Tommy back. And it's like, okay, but then we get Tommy back and it's over. And then they're like, oh, Tommy's this way. And she's like, no, he's not. Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm going this yeah. way. And, and, and Jesse's like, okay, Ellie, whatever. Go, go do your thing. And yeah, that's like, you know, okay, I guess. We're done with that. Yeah. Like, nothing interesting. Like, so, Je- Jesse leaves. We had a know? slight pushback on Ellie for once, but then Ellie gets to the aquarium, kills a dog, a pregnant woman, and the only likable character in the fucking game, Owen. Right? Uh, and then we're just, we're just done. Like, it's just the end of Ellie's whole story. Yeah. Now, Ellie shows up and kills kills a couple of people. That's that's it. She seems really horrified that she killed a pregnant lady, but, like... Which is somehow she didn't notice, even though, like, I don't... I still get it. it but it, also, like, her body count is so fucking high. Yeah, and, like, and, like, she just, like... There's, like, you see that... Like, when you enter the aquarium, the first thing you do is you go out of water, and there's that girl playing the Vita, and it's a girl. Yeah. Right? Like, it's a... It's, it's, She's a teenager. She's, like, yeah, 15. It's a, yeah, you know? it's 15, 16 something, right? And then... you. you you have to see the blade go through her It's so slow. Yeah, it's slow and long. And then she does what everyone does when someone dies and goes, Oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And then you go, and then you graphically murder a dog, and then you graphically murder a, a Owen and Mel, a pregnant woman. And then you there's like a... What that, I think the laziest kind of thing games do, or not games, media does, where it's just high pitch. Yeah, the, the tinnitus. Yeah, it's just like, fucking... Yeah, whatever. Where it's like, oh, wow, you've been stunned by your own actions. Yeah. And they're like, come on, let's go. Let's go. And and then, like, and yeah, and then you go back and, and Abby cut, confronts Cut them. back to the theater. And Tommy and Tommy and Jesse are, are both like, okay, we need to leave now. And this you has know? been the only moment of hesitation from Ellie this whole fucking game. And you don't believe it. No. And, like, w- this is two days of the game. And, again, like, it's mostly glossed over, right? Because it's just relentlessly combat yeah the scenes we get are a flashback that's combat uh a brief disagreement with jesse and then murder and then murder and then murder right that's it that's that's every that's not a story right this doesn't go anywhere there's no there's nothing like the the game has no twist and turns because it has the same twist every time guess who just got captured you right and like you you just don't care. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't yeah. change like what you're doing. You're just doing the same thing. You're succeeding at it, and all your friends are and, and you're not and you're not reflecting on it. You're not thinking about it. It's not being contrasted things. I mean, compared because, because to every time something emotional happens in this game, they immediately dump you into combat. You yeah, know? because they're like they're like, hey, the the, the plot. Remember the plot? We got to do the plot. Now. Yeah, it's it's you that know? point A to point B shit that it just, like is just it it looks down on the audience and it does it doesn't respect. What they're like, the characters and the people they're making, yeah. right? And this and is just nothing to say about th- this it. This is just nothing to this say. This is about shown it. best with, when Jesse dies, right? Jesse, uh, like for for as little we, uh, we've talked about him, he's he's a mildly developed character. He's fine, but 
at the end of day three, there's like a disturbance and you and Jesse both run, uh, run up in through the doors and Jesse is shot in the face and is murdered running. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, like unceremoniously the doors, you kick the doors open and Jesse takes a bullet instantly. Right. And he's dead. Jesse's face. We will not ever in the game talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Not once. And it's not, it's not like last of us one where the, where, um, Henry, and, and his brother died, right? And and Joel's like, we don't talk about them. It's, we, ha- the plot needs to move forward. Jesse's dead. Forget that shit, you know? And we'll see it again later with, with Manny and anybody who dies. We don't care. We do not take a moment to reflect on our dead friends or on the value of our crusade. We will just keep going because otherwise the game will have to slow down. And take and breathe and think, you know, and they just don't want that to happen. I'm looking at my notes, right? Uh, I didn't, I kind of <coughs> stopped taking notes because I got exhausted, right? I was taking a lot of notes, right? And then when you get to Seattle, I wrote a thing called, uh, I was having fun until I wasn't is the headline for me playing the game. <laughs> and it literally is just cool. Zombies are boring. Still zombies. Jesus, I just want out of here. Dina is pregnant. <laughs> like, this is just how the game feels, right? Yeah. It's just like, okay. Really still are, is this, is this still happening? I guess that's an event. I guess that counts as a plot point. Yeah. And like, you just keep getting these things that have no payoff, right? Yeah. It's like, it's a Tommy of- tortures a bunch of people. Who cares? There's nothing, we're not thinking about that, yeah, we don't right? Jesse tells Ellie not to go. Well, she does and it's fine and there's kind of no consequences. Yeah. Right? Things are said, which are technically events, but like, when you and I both thought back to day two and three in, we're correct on this assessment, but it's, it's just combat. It's just nothing. Like there's just nothing that happens and the combat is no direction or purpose or thought. It's not actually really, it's not fun at all. All the combat is full of annoying noises. Cause this actually go from zombies to people who just whistle the whole fucking time. Yeah. Well, that, that fucking great. And then your payoff is you beat a fucking woman to death with a pipe. And I don't want to be doing that. And I think they think that I do want to be doing that. Yeah. And like, that's the way this thing works for them is you want to beat these people. You want to murder these. You want to torture these people because of stuff that happens to Jesse, a character I can't possibly care about because he isn't a thing. A, a character the game didn't care about. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't take a moment. They didn't give us any breathing room after he died. So why should we? Right. And it's like, I mean, what what is beating Nora to death supposed to mean to us? Why do I have to, like, hit square and have Ellie, you know, swing that pipe over and over again? Is it supposed to be a, an emotionally evocative moment? Because to me, it's just gross. I just hate doing it, and I feel bad that I'm doing it. And it's that kind of feeling can be valuable if you use it in the game. If you contrast it with, like, better feelings and things like that, that, that say, like... Uh, it's okay to feel bad, but these are ways to feel good. You know, these these are ways yeah. for the world to be better. Like the the world can be violent and cruel, but it can also be good and beautiful. You know, very simplistic messages. Uh, but they don't even go that far. They yeah, just, but they don't they, even go that. They far. just say the world can be violent and cruel, and you're gonna do that. And I'm like, sure. Even though this is kind of reiterative, I well, I found my notes on what I felt in the moment, and I think this sums up exactly how I feel about. These three days of Ellie. Um, I've been playing what I get, would guess to be 10 to 15 hours. I feel like nothing has happened. Happened. Abby killed Joel. 
We are crossing people off a list. Can't even get close to caring. Dean is pregnant. Seems mostly annoying. Tommy's always somehow super close, but we never see him. Jesse's here, but I'm leaving immediately for more murder. And Dino won't even try to stop me. Just kind of blah. Yeah. Right? And it just goes that way until we're now going to see the other side of the story, which is Abby. Yeah. Uh, so th- this story is told in parallel between Abby and... Because uh, we're Ellie. not all that different. Yeah. Except it's not actually parallel. Like, not not literally. They because, both got pregnant people. Oh, uh, they do both have pregnant people. And they both take place over the same three-day span. And anything it, you care about gets shot in the face. Yeah. But, um, end of similarities. That's it. Because they're both little torture goblins. Yeah, I mean, well, they're, but they're not, like, thematically connected. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing that Ellie does that, like, mirrors what... Abby does, except for the one pregnant people, because you know these women can be reduced to their pregnancies. Yeah, um, <clears throat> um, and th- th- that's it. Like they both, they both have a, a person that they care about um, loosely, uh, shot in the face. Mm-hmm. They both have pregnant friends that are attacked. Except for one of them's not kind of Abby's friend. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, one like sort of hates Abby. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just. Yeah, I, I just I don't I don't want the words parallel story to to be taken well, to mean that like this was written by professional writers who know what that means I mean, because it could, clearly wasn't. Well, I mean, like I do, I do think it is a parallel story. It's just like not a, used effectively, right? Like, uh, and what they're trying to do is like, oh, you were super gung ho about all that torturing, and I'm like, I I, I wasn't. Yeah, no, I was not here, interested yeah, in no, any that, of that. I actually found that super unpleasant and boring. And they're like, well, now, like, remember that dog you murdered? Now you gotta go play fetch with it. Remember those pe- that pregnant woman in Owen you killed? They're actually, like, cool people, right? Uh, and- I would hesitate to call Mel cool, but... I mean, I think she's fine. I mean, I don't know. I don't... I, I actually... I kind of like Mel. Uh, the thing, like, like, what... Mel she is, is kind of so boring because she's just there to be, like, that's what, that's what an I'm obstacle. She, but, well, like, she's so bland because, like, 90% of what she is is... Well, really, 100% of what she is is... an obstacle. Um... She's she's a love obstacle. She's part of a love triangle between Abby o- and Owen and Mel, right? And she's pregnant with mm-hmm. Owen's baby. That's kind of her whole character. Yeah. You know? She does so sh- show some agency at the very end where she's like, me and Owen are going to Santa Barbara and Abby, you're not fucking coming with us. Because I fucking hate you. Yeah, because you you're know? a bad person. You're, you're a bad person. You're a bad friend. I know what's going on between you and Owen. I want nothing of it. I am trying to be happy with the father of my child. Yeah. And you are going to get us both killed. You are a terrible person. I don't want you here. And she's right to say it. but that's Yeah, and like also you you had sex with uh, Owen last night. She doesn't know that, but like... She knows that. Yeah, she's like... She's, it's, it's, it's implied a, that she's like, yeah. I know why you're here. It's extremely obvious, right? Yeah. And and she's like, she's willing to forgive all that and, and just run away with Owen. She's honestly like... Weirdly, one of the characters with the most development, and I just said all of it. You know, I mean, she does have that scene. There's there actually is like to, to be fair. There's a part early on. You see her talking to Abby on the car ride, where Mel is like, basically like I you know, I feel bad about like what we did, and she's like, well, Joel like Joel deserved it. He's like, no, I I know he deserved it. I'm glad it happened. I just wish I wasn't a part of it. Yeah, and Abby's like, yeah, what kind of monster could do that, right? You know, kind of being like, oh, what are you saying about me? And like, that, yeah, that's like kind of interesting and there's some like development with that. Um, and you just, you just definitely see the Abby crew, unlike the Jackson crew, you see, uh, disagreements between characters 
Um, you see personality. I know this doesn't sound like a lot, but we haven't had it yet. Yeah, it is so much at this point. Yeah. To, to have characters that disagree. Yeah. That, that honestly express themselves. Yeah. Like, man, he's just like a fun kind of jovial guy. I love Right? Him. Um, you know, um, Isaac, the leader of the wolves, is, is a torture goblin. He's a torture monster. But like, he should be. Like, yeah, thanks. Like, yes, you've been reading all these notes about like, this cutthroat leader, and it's not just that he's a tor- like you. You feel the way he's terrifying. Yeah. Like he's like eating like chunks of an apple. His, his voice actor is really good. The way he the way he expresses all his lines too. You know he's like very like deadpan and everything he says. Like just every every ounce of humanity's been sucked out of him. You know. Yeah. The first, I mean, he's introduced to us as he's torturing somebody. Mm-hmm. Like it's the first scene we see with him. You know. Yeah. He's li- he literally gets up from torturing somebody. And he, he looks to his assistant and he's like. Make sure he doesn't fall asleep, you know? Yeah. And he walks over to, like, have a chat with us. Uh, but and then he's like, time- then we're going to go murder all the... We're going to go to the Scars Island in, like, wage war. Yeah. At the same time, though, there, just before that, as you're walking in, you find that the wolves have, like, a lot of torture prisons. They yeah. just They keep scars, and they, like, chain them to pipes and stuff. And uh, Abby is like, is like, man, after what happened today... Because you got attacked before this, right? She's like, after what happened this morning, I wouldn't mind a few minutes with these guys. Implying she just liked to kind of pop in there and yeah. torture them, like, just casually for a while. And it really makes me think, like, oh, Abby's not going to be a good person. But, like, oh. at the very least, at least, like, the wolves make sense in the zombie universe, right? Where Jackson just seems... Yeah, I mean... Is, that, is it, Jackson just breaks everything that I've seen from the first game. Yeah, Jackson is just, like, a functioning society. The wolves, at least, they're, they, they're like, this militaristic... Um, sort of martial law kind of place where, like, they clearly have a lot of citizens, like, just regular people, mm-hmm. you know, farmers and stuff like that, but they're, like, living out of a stadium, you know? Yeah, which looks really cool. I actually really like that. Oh, it looks great. Stadium. It looks great. And they, they, have, they have livestock and everything, but obviously everything is run from a military perspective. Yeah, you know? but it but it just feels like it can exist in the zombie universe and make It would make sense, sense yeah. right? And the, and the other one just feels... Just ridiculous. Feels like a fucking dream. It feels yeah. It feels it it feels dumb. Uh, yeah. And you just like you just have like a like you know you 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 kind of see the conflict of Mel, right? You see like the likability of Manny. (laughs) Don't worry, you know all these people are gonna fucking die, right? The only one you don't see die on Ellie's route is Manny, and they say it. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you hear someone be like, "Oh, Manny died." Uh, I'm not sure. Um, but like also, you know he's gonna die. Like yeah, he's played like this you've game. already you've already killed Mel and Owen, so you know they're dead. Yeah, right? yeah. You're meeting you're meeting them now for the first time, but you know you've already killed. Yeah, them, and the so. dog that you're immediately petting. You yeah. know what I mean? The, their their fates are sealed. But yeah, you you get this like this like suave uh, Latin guy Manny, you know, uh, who's just he's constantly just just like yeah, I had a fun time with that girl last night, you know. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I actually I I missed walking and talking. Yeah. It's yeah. nice when it's like fun and funny. Yeah, you li- you literally walk by like. Like the kindergarten class or something, and the teacher's like, "Hi, Manny," and Abby's like, "Her too." And yeah. Manny's like, "I never kiss and tell." Yeah, you know? and like actually later, it's not here, but later you're going through a place, and they're like, you find a note, and it's like some like sex note yeah. or whatever. She's, she's like, she's like to my Latin lover, and Abby know? just goes, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and then you see Manny's hand like reaching and pull down. He's like, "That's private." Goes, "This is yours." Yes. <laughs> Like Manny just has this little sex den on the on the edge of the of the yeah. area, you know, and it's 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 cool because you're picking up so many notes to the point like I am not reading them, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I pick this note up and I start reading the first couple lines, and Manny snatches it out of my hand, and you don't get to read that note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know? Manny's like, "That's mine," and it's like, 
wow, character development, intro, yeah. like fun introspection. Like, yeah, oh my god, uniqueness. I'm, I'm so into this crew. This yeah. crew is so don't, good. Don't worry, it like lasts almost yeah. less than a day. I, I know they're dead already. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, it's just undermines. Like, no plot point can go anywhere because they're all gonna die. Yeah, like and, what what's gonna happen that doesn't end at the aquarium? Yeah, and you know? so. Abby, they're like, well, we don't have directions for her as easily as Ellie because Ellie's just on her revenge. Yeah, so she's always. It's really easy to have you know Ellie doing stuff. Yeah, and Abby is is post revenge trip on Joel. Yeah, so like she's just going about her normal day. So we need to manufacture some kind of conflict. Yeah. So and and they they just do it badly most of the time. The first one at least makes some sense, but does just feel like kind of exhausting. Owen is now being labeled as a traitor by Isaac. Owen yeah. is just a character that you kind of have seen at this point in this game, but not really. Well, you got a good flashback right at the beginning with, with him and Abby. It's them finding the aquarium for the first time. Is that the beginning? I'm pretty sure, I think it's yeah. at the beginning. Is, is it? I, well, now I gotta impossible it. to know. Yeah, yeah. Let me check. The, the thing about this game... Uh, well, well, Joey it's finds It's all this. one fucking blur. Yeah, it, it, it's a blur because none of these things have, like, place... Right? It doesn't matter when Jesse dies. It doesn't matter when this flashback with Owen happens. Yeah, you're it right. It's the beginning. Yeah. It doesn't matter when anything happens because everything between it is just is just pointless combat. No, nothing. Everything is just events, and they can go in any order because it's who fucking cares, right? Yeah. They don't have any bearing on what happened before or what will happen after. They're just happening now. So whether they happen at the beginning of day two or the end of day three is irrelevant. Yeah. And that's why we can't tell them apart. That's why we don't know the sequencing of this game uh, just played, like, last fucking week. Yeah, you know? and, like, I, I've said this before. I'm good at that. I'm really, really good at, like, remembering uh, sequences. Dude, walking into this, I thought I would remember. Honestly, I was like, I think I have a good handle on everything that happened on every day. Because I just played it. And I'm currently learning that it's already lo- leaving my mind. Yeah, it's it, it goes... Yeah, it's just... Since it has no depth, nothing can stick. I can tell you everything that happened in The Last of Us 1. It's been a long time since I've played it. I could, in order and how it happened. Exactly. I could iterate, like, scene by scene. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, okay. So, Aquarium is actually the best part of Abby, in my opinion. Similar to, um, actually, we kind of, we kind of missed something. See, like, look out, look, look, okay. We have two flashbacks with Abby early on, and you see that you also see the crew that we already talked about that really make you like these people, and I think really makes it a lot easier to connect with Abby, even though it's undermined by the last two days. The first thing that happens is Abby is Abby with her dad, right? Oh, because yeah, yeah. her dad is was the doctor who was going to do the surgery on Allie for the cure, and you just see the dad, and he's like rescuing a zebra who just gave birth like he ran out uh somewhat recklessly to watch a zebra give birth yeah because he wanted to because he's been tracking the zebra and he's like he's like she's she's bound to give birth any day now i want to be there because he's a doctor yeah right and then it gets caught in barbed wire and you know abby's like you gotta go back and she's like hold the zebra and then i think manny shows up or owen shows up yeah owen shows up and he's like stop i don't care hold the zebra and then like cuts it out you know because it already gave birth it has a cap and everything and you're like wow it's just like this pure-hearted person right and then it's supposed to be another giraffe moment yeah and then yeah exactly and then you see that conversation that they must have had where uh Abby's dad is having a conversation with, um... What's her name? Exactly. 
from, from the first game. From the first game. Uh, the, you know, the, the person Joel the, is bringing The Alex Firefly that, the, that started this whole thing. Saying, you know, they're going to have to kill her, you know, and then she's like, would you do this if this is your own daughter? To be clear, because we have... To be clear. We're, we're running through a bit. Uh, Abby's father is the surgeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is that would have made the cure. That would have operated on Ellie. Mm-hmm. And Joel killed him. Yeah. That's the impetus for Abby's revenge quest at the beginning, right? But yeah, he's having he's having this conversation with a woman whose name I won't look up. Because she wasn't that important in the first game. I'm not going to look her up now. But she... Kill her. <laughs> yeah. But they're talking about, you know, cutting Ellie's brain out. And he's like, he's like, it's it could save the world, you know? It's a cure. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's like, if it was your daughter, if it was your, if it was Abby on the table, would you do it? Would you still do it? And what I find really fascinating, he doesn't, he doesn't answer. Yeah. But Abby does answer. Abby says, I would let you do it. Yeah. I would volunteer for it. Yeah. Right. And it's the same, you know, Ellie obviously would have as well. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But it's, it's fascinating that, that the doctor who has to do it, he can't answer that question. And it gives me that that Last of Us one feel, where I'm like, oh, that's a that's a deep moment. Yeah, you know. Uh, and, and here's the thing: was like, I entered in with the expectation of like, they show Abby graphically murder Joel and just being like a little torture goblin. Yeah, how could I possibly care about this character? And I think they did a really good job. 100. Like, yeah. like this scene starts, and you're like, okay, Abby's right. Like, if you're maybe don't torture murder anyone, but if you're gonna torture murder someone, maybe the person who killed your dad and forsaked the planet at the same yeah, time. Yeah, like if. Honestly, by the time that golf club lands, I was already being like, you know, if anybody's going to die like this, it probably should be Joel. Yeah. yeah, and then you see the whole crew, and they actually, like, have, like, affability and, and humor yeah. and And they're not, they're, depth. Not, they're not this weird monolith. And, like, you know, you know uh, are written. Yes. Like, by They just feel like characters. <laughs> they feel like people, you know? Yeah, they feel like people. And then you have another great flashback really early on where... You you know it you see like the date with Owen where they're on like the Ferris wheel and yeah. he's like fucking with her fear of heights you know and it leads to him showing her an aquarium he found and being like and, and the thing I really like about it, he's like it's mine I found it this is where I live now yeah because that's how the zombie apocalypse looks you know and he just gives Abby this really good like fun romantic day uh in this you know see this amazing and like lets her see the beauty of the world yeah right in contrast to like this constant like survival and depression and like dealing with you know the 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 wants of revenge for your father's murder and like like uh listeners you don't you don't know me right but like i have a degree know me i have a degree in marine biology right i love aquariums jurassic park it's my favorite movie. It's not a joke. It really just is, right? I love Jurassic Park. I'm a big fan of the space shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of just an Ellie, right? Yeah. It's unbelievable how much I don't like this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you, they take you through to a museum of space and dinosaurs and an aquarium, and I still don't like this game. That's unthinkable, you know? But to be fair, to be fair, uh, the first half of day one is just kind of excellent it's overwhelmingly the best part of the game it actually i was like actually gave me a brief glimmer of hope right that maybe the abby section of this game is good they just wrote ellie bad and the abby section is good but like everything already happened about that (laughs) yeah that's the we're done 
But here's the thing about that that flashback when they go to the aquarium, right? It's all beautiful and and wonderfully written and everything. And at the end, uh, they see like a spotted seal, and Owen's like, "I told you they had spots," because like Abby, didn't yeah, they're arguing you know? about seals, yeah. and it's all and they 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 like lock eyes, and there's a sexual tension, and they start making out a little bit, and then Abby backs up and she goes, "He's still out," but there. I want to kill people. Yeah, she's like, "He's still out there," and yeah. Owen's like, "Are you?" fucking kidding me right now and it's out of the blue she's just like but joel i need to go kill joel and it's like that has no bearing on what we're doing here right nothing us making out an aquarium is not slowing down that plan you know yeah it's nothing to do with it but the writers were literally just like oh man we got to make this about the plot somehow we can't just have this moment we can't just have this. Yeah, it, in in saying, oh, Joel's still out there. It's not interesting. It's not engaging. It's not no. thoughtful. It, it's nothing, right? And there's uh, there's another flashback that Abby Abby and Owen have together where Owen has, like, fixed up the aquarium. He, like, lives there now. He's dating Mel. Um, there's, there's a dog you're going to kill later that he has. <laughs> the dog's not there, but uh, there's, like, you have to do, like, a little archery contest. Uh, and Owen's, like, Abby's clearly third-wheeling at this point. But also, Owen clearly has feelings for Abby still, and he takes her up to like it, like his little hideaway room. There's there's Christmas lights all over the yeah. all over the thing, and they're having coffee and stuff. And he's just like, "Wow, you're in a really good mood," you know. And she's like, "She's she's like, oh yeah, I am." Um, and Owen's like, "Hey, why don't you blow off training tonight?" And the the, the implication is like, "Why don't you spend that time with me?" You know? Yeah. And he sees which he, Owen is always like. Yeah, he sees this moment with Abby because Owen desperately wants to be with Abby. And, and right. yeah, yeah, like that's actually, actually a good scene with the archery thing. Is she you beat the record? If you beat the record, I don't know what happens. If you I don't. didn't on grounded mode. <laughs> <laughs> but if you beat the record, she's like, because she, she's like, if I beat the record, you put my name up on the board, you know? And she's like, put yeah. my name up there, and he's like, I'll do it later. And he's like, is it because of Mel? Yeah, put my fucking name up there. Yeah. You know, he does it either way. If you lose or win, but yeah, sure, sure, sure. But yeah. like, I like the idea where you see that apprehension where yeah. it's like. He's like, Mel knows that I like you. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's the thing with Owen always, is Owen is the only character who's focused, I mean, Dina a little bit, but, like, it's only at the end for a second, just yeah. to, just, just to be the butt of a, whatever, fuck, fuck off game. Uh, but uh, Owen is focused on goodness. Yeah. He's like, we could just live in a world, <laughs> right, where it's not all life and death. It's not all pain and misery. You know? Yeah. It's okay, though. He gets stabbed in the face. Anyways, continue. <laughs> he gets shot in the chest. His girl, his pregnant girlfriend gets stabbed in the face. Um, but he's like, he's like, hey, why don't you blow up training and, and come hang out with me, you know? And she goes, I found Joel's brother. <laughs> yeah, I am. And I was like, yeah, really? You know? It's that moment of just like, and we're back to the plot. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, and he's like, what, what'd you find? She's like, oh, I found, uh, some fireflies talked about it. He's like, what, wasn't he in the fireflies like a decade ago? Do we even know if their information's like even good? Yeah, yeah. And Abby's like, you said you would help me get it. You said you would help me do this. And Owen doesn't say all these things, but there's this idea of like, we had flashbacks from when they were basically teenagers, when they were kids. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm as the player, I'm like. When did he make this promise? And how long are you going to hold him to it? Because yeah. he clearly has a life here. He's living in the aquarium. He has he has a girlfriend. Like he's with Mel. He's he's left you behind. And the one moment where he he feels vulnerable enough 
to try again mm-hmm. to be like maybe maybe i i get that happiness you know maybe yeah. me and abby can just forget all that and be happy she's just like i gotta do a revenge thing and you said you would help yeah yeah and he's like i'll drag my pregnant girlfriend yeah. and it's just like how how long are uh, is he is he beholden to this insane revenge plot and the only reason i i mention all this is because that's the parallel between abby and and ellie Abby drag drug her friends through Kingdom Come to go kill Joel, and now they're all gonna die because Ellie is gonna drag her friends through Kingdom Come to kill Abby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's this it's this cycle of violence and return to violence. You know, where everybody dies and and nobody's happy. Uh, but the only person that really seems to get it in this game is Owen. Yeah, you know, Owen just being like, "We don't have to do this. None of this was necessary." Yeah. You know, I'm not saying Joel doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying, like, we could be happy. That's another good bite. None of this was necessary. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly how I feel about the game. None of this was fucking necessary. Yeah, you had nothing to say, and you and you didn't, you didn't even make it fun while I was doing it. Yeah, you and know? so and so to to wrap up these characters before before we get to like the B plot here is um. So you always call it the B plot, but it is the A plot because there is this isn't a plot. This <laughs> you know, already happened. Yeah, yeah. You, but, look, you, look. you set up a setting, and then and then you just do pointless Abby shit. Yeah, but but just to wrap up these characters, at the very least, right? Like like yeah. not Abby, but um, Owen gets shot in the chest and dies. Yeah. Uh, Mel gets stabbed and dies. Uh, Manny gets shot in the face and dies in the same way that Jesse does. We just leave his body there and we never talk about it again. You know. Uh, yeah. All these characters, uh, the dog that you that you met and played fetch with gets stabbed and dies, right? Every, every you just saw a girl you meet at camp playing a Vita, yeah. gets stabbed in the throat and dies. Yeah, you'll meet Nora, she'll help. Isaac, you just gets shot by, I don't even know who, I guess. He's dead. Isaac is shot by Yara, who dies him instantly. I don't think it's Yara. Are you and Yara are being captured by Isaac? No, no, no. I uh, Yara. We think Yara's dead because she gets she gets grabbed and somebody shoots her in the gut and she falls over. And then Isaac walks out of the woods and he's like, "I'm the big bad Isaac, right?" And then Yara comes up from the ground and shoots him. And then you see her get riddled with bullets. I don't think that's what happened. I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't care either. But I, I I'm pretty sure she, he gets shot. By off-camera scars. And then you leave the next room, and then Yara gets riddled by bullets by just random. But the point is, everyone you meet, and everyone that's being established here, is just gonna die unceremonious deaths. For no reason. For no, for, for no payoff at all. Right? We're all, they're all just dead. And so, instead of dealing with, like, those characters throughout the, throughout the three days, and, like, learning to grow and connect to them, and, like, make, maybe making their deaths matter a little bit... We're gonna talk about the scars. Well, yeah. Well, d- 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 we didn't really establish this because like there there is another Owen thing, and it's kind of like there, it's the game has three sections for Abby. Day one, you're going to get Owen because Owen is labeled a traitor. Yeah. Because Danny showed up, a person you don't know. Um, I I guess you He's, saw him when he killed Joel, but you know you didn't really see yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, Owen is labeled a traitor, and Abby's going to Owen to see what's up. Yeah, because right? Owen killed Danny, and we don't know why. Yeah. And then on your way, you pick up two Scar kids, and then you have to get medicine, and then you have to go to the island. That's kind of the three-day section. When you do get to Owen, finally, after you found these kids and left them in a trailer, I guess, to fetch later, Jesus (laughs) fucking Christ, um, Owen says what happened to Danny, right? Which was, 
they wanted him to kill the children, Owen. Owen did not want to kill children. Danny pointed a gun at Owen, and Owen accidentally kills Danny. And then it's just like, I'm leaving. I'm going to Santa Barbara. I'm done with this world. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's like, I'm just tired. Yeah. Of, like, uh, ironically, Owen says what I think, right? He's just like, I'm just tired of all this murder and violence. Yeah. You know? I'm just, I'm tired of living in this world where the only thing we can be is cruel. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to go, I'm going to join the Fireflies. I don't even know if they exist anymore because they're the only things that, like, tried to be good in this world. Yeah. And this is basically, like, the end... I mean, there, there's another Owen scene. We come back once, and you have Owen pleading with you to come to Santa Barbara. But as you're arguing, you start fighting, because... I, I don't know where you start fighting. Yeah. Or they start fighting. And then... Uh, because because Abby is the... Represents the, the cruelty of the world that Owen's trying to reject, but he can't reject Abby. So he's fighting with himself at the same time. He's yelling at Abby. And Abby's like... She's just mad at Owen because Abby's mad at everybody. But then Owen does the only sensible thing and grabs her braid, which is the end of Abby being, <laughs> yeah. being able to resist his sexual nature. Yeah, see, I hate this because it's like, sometimes you have a sex scene in a video game and it's like, whatever. But like, this just feels weirdly voyeuristic because like the second he grabs her braid, you see the kink light turn yeah, on. Yeah. And you're like, I weirdly know too much what turns Abby on. And then they just have like, Sex was too much visible thrust. Like oh, they yeah. thrust for too long. Yeah, we we get we get um we get some tits from Abby, right? Sort of just unnecessary. Yeah, like it's not really. Uh, it's well, it's 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 fucking baby shit. Because like people always talk about how like I like dark things because they're more mature, and it's like this is actually like really like twelve year old shit. It's like what if everyone gets murdered a whole bunch and then you, you have sex and boo? Like it just yeah. it just it feels we, like baby we, we shit. Just, yeah, we we have unnecessary nudity. Right, and then like he literally bends her over table, and you see her like you see him like thrusting. It's like it's like watching Watchmen, yeah. You know, and you're just like, this is weird and too much. And then it just ends, and then you're just on day two, and you're just doing stuff. Yeah. So the day two starts, and you have to like go back to the two scar kids you saved. Sure. Oh, uh, the thing is, I remember when we were when I was doing this, we we started talking, and I was like, I was literally at the beginning of day two, and I was like. I actually don't remember what the transition was because you you wake up next to Owen and then I'm on a bridge going back to the Scar Kids and I cannot for the life of you tell me tell you if anything happened in between. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what draws what draws you back, but uh you got to save the the Scar Kids girl. The Scar girl got her arm smashed in one of the most graphic things I've ever seen. They just you literally watch them beat her arm with a like a hammer after he got hammer. captured for no reason yeah she's on the ground and they beat her arm into pieces with a hammer and it's like i want to throw up thinking about it you know it's some it's like some then they gotta amputate her arm and then you gotta yeah. get medicine it's like some game of thrones shit really. and then like on your way to get medicine it should be easy the floor falls out and you gotta fight zombies for two and a half hours yeah and then you come back and you give her medicine and she dies like less than two hours later yeah she unceremoniously gets murdered. we haven't even described what scars are they're like this weird cult yeah uh, so the scars piss me off because they are just a weird cult yeah like, there there's this lady who a prophet she's a prophet but we don't know what she's a prophet of what she says what her teachings are, any reason she could be a prophet, because the writers just didn't feel like any of that was necessary. So they just made a generic, finger quotes, prophet character. Yeah, and, and then... And all the scars are just like, are now fundamentalist Christians, you know? Yeah, who hook, 
hang people by hooks and, and then disembowel them and tell them they're sinful. But it's okay. The two scars you like are like that's not what her teachings say, and you're like, cool. Yeah. Thanks for this lazy fucking Islamic analogy that yeah. kind of went nowhere. It feels fucking awful, right? And, and so like the scars Sorry, are they're seraphites. The, scar, yeah, the scars are like hyper violent monsters, and it's all just. And in your the there's a thing, prophet? It's so fucking frustrating because they're just like, look how violent they are. Look how violent we are. Yeah, right? Yeah, like, right? It's like care. we're not better. Yeah. They're like, no, they don't use technology. Except for when, when they start using yeah, technology. Except when they just decide to. Yeah, just like it's just so lazy. It's just so it just has no depth. And it's this whole plot just to give Abby shit to do, but it's not yeah. interesting. And then and then um and then you're dealing with uh with Lev, who is like the trans character. That they've decided to introduce. Uh, but this is the most token character I've ever seen in yeah, my life. Yeah, they're only defined by the fact that uh, people keep trying to harm him. Yeah. Uh, they, they, like, the first fight you have with Lev yeah. and the and the yeah. Scars, they, like, dead name Lev. And that's kind of it. Abby's, Abby's literally asks, is like... Or... Lev literally asks, he's like, Did you hear what they were calling me? And she's like, Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? And he goes, No. Yeah. <laughs> that's it anyway and I'm like, zombies for the next I'm like, three and a half I, hours I get if I was a person I might not want to talk about that right but like this is a game where we're supposed to kind of have insight into these characters maybe talk about it a little bit yeah <laughs> like maybe have them open up and and you know be real with each other but that never happens yeah, it's, it's just about nothing like you go on this super like Abby's instantly loyal to these two kids Instantly crazy loyal, yeah, and yeah. It, it seems to clash with her previous actions, right? They go, you do this long mission to get medicine for a character who's just gonna die. Yeah. And it, it it just feels like, well, we don't have something for her to do. How about she goes and gets this medicine, even though, like, it's it's just so risky for the things that she yeah, they're, cares they're, and wants it, to it's, do. It's like, they want medicine so that they can do... Like unsterilized surgery yeah. on a table in an aquarium, yeah. And it's like she, she's gonna die. And then once they give her the medicine, Lev runs away to go to the his mother, who yeah. will murder this kid because that that's the only depiction we have of scar- like they're like no no they're not all scars are bad except for yeah I mean every one of them yeah. but us two L- are just literally literally psychopaths. And so then you bring your one armed girl who. Only skill was archery, so why are you even bring? Like, what is the point of bringing her so she can die so you can go get the person that you were already with? Yeah. And it's like... that She dies almost immediately after finding Lev, too. Yeah. You know? Like, you find Lev, you go through, like, one room, and she gets immediately murdered. And then it's just you and Lev until the end of until, yeah, until this, you, this until island. You until know? the game, yeah. Uh, and, and then you just go back, back, and Owen and all of them are dead, and then you're back in the confrontation with Ellie. Like, this is literally all that happens. Yeah. And you could have, like, when when Yar was injured and her fate seemed sealed, they could have had a, a moment where they're like, well, let's go get the medicine. And somebody, it, Mel would be just like, there's no point. She can't survive the surgery, you know? And we could have had a, a moment from, like, from like Left Behind, the DLC of one, where they're just like, no, we, we fight. We fight for these minutes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If there's a chance we save her, then we go for it. I don't care if I die in a hole to zombies. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to find the medicine to save this girl's life because it matters. Yep. But it doesn't matter because, yeah, we save, we save Yara's life, right? As, as you said, Lev immediately runs away. 
it's like a smash cut, mm-hmm. right? To Lev is just gone, and he's gone back to the island to to meet his mother, who will try to kill him for being trans. Yeah, and at some point in the middle of this, you get into a sniper battle with Tommy. It's so many good shots. It's in immediately face. after the the surgery. You, yeah, you take Yara with you, and then you hear the gunshots, and you're like, Yara. Don't come with me anymore. And she's like, yeah, that makes sense. She's I, like, I'll show up I at the cannot end. help. I'll show up at the end of the scene like everyone does yeah. every single time. I'll teleport to, to to when we meet later and then help you out then. And then, yeah, you have a sniper battle where, like, Tommy's shooting at you and you have a lot of frustrating zombies to deal with. And then Manny will get shot in the face unceremoniously and die. And that's the end of Manny. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. Like, I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much done with this whole section because, like, there's nothing to say. Like, yeah, you just, like, that. that's what I mean. It's, like, all these things happen, but none of it. None of it has impact on you. Yeah, and you're like, well, okay, we could have this scene, right, where uh, Yara, uh, you know, we did the left behind thing, right? Or maybe don't smash this girl's arms with a hammer. Yeah, didn't maybe need just, to happen. Yeah, don't, maybe don't do that. You know, maybe don't make this kid go back to the island just so you can have an excuse to be on the island, because we know people are on the island and got to yeah. do combat there, right? I don't know, like, maybe just, like... Make a cons- like maybe don't just find excuses to throw us into combat. Well, maybe because that's what they all are. They're excuses to go back into killing way too many people. Maybe don't make half of your your whole fucking game just a hyper violent, stupid cult that you have to go kill. Yeah, for whatever reason. Yeah. We've never heard of scars before. They just exist in this area, right? But they own a whole island and they keep trying to kill all the wolves. So it's like, okay, yeah. well, we gotta. I guess the wolves have to do a war on them. Yeah. There's a zombie boss fight in the middle. It's stupid. There's yeah. You're the all the island rooms are like a thousand fucking people on the way to the fucking uh, hospital. It's a thousand fucking zombies. Um, Abby's afraid of heights. Sometimes, yeah, that's just a thing that exists. Yeah, it doesn't Not really have th- any bearing on her character or anything that happens in the game. But she is afraid of heights. Yeah. And like it's just the whole fucking game. It's just that. It's just it's just a constant sludge to nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and so the, eventually, there's the confrontation between Abby and Ellie, where Abby kills Jesse and pretends to kill Tommy, but they just they get away. Abby well, a lets, bullet gets removed from the back of his head somehow. Yeah. Abby lets her go. She we got. Well, oh, sorry. No, we got to violently beat up a pregnant woman. Oh God. Anyways, uh, yeah, Abby lets her go again. Because Abby's actually a good person and Ellie's a bad person in this game. Abby's not a good person, but she, she's a relatively certainly good stupid. You should just kill Ellie at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Abby's at least consistently trying to do stuff to help people, not just to... Yeah. Like, maybe in the flashback she wasn't, but, like, she more or less is trying to be a good person. Yeah. And help people. And now to the final chapter. Chapter too many. <laughs> um, I can't believe the game keeps going from this point it's forward. It's unbelievable. It is un believable so yeah i know it's got kind of exhausted at the end just because like it's just it's just like trying to squeeze blood from a stone yeah. you know what i mean there's just not there's just nothing fucking here right it's like trying to hang a stone from a tree and gut it slowly and yeah yeah and then you just get like a fucking oh yeah sorry <laughs> scars uh, then they smash cut to the fucking, they love smash cutting and they do it ineffectively every time. Um, it's fun, it's funny cause we talked about how effective it was for like summer of last Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we're like, we're like Henry and his brother die and then smash cut to the next season. Yeah. Right? Because it makes us sit with that feeling because they, it doesn't smash cut to, to more violence. It smash cuts to a quiet con- 
contemplative moment and we even see their grades and we do talk about it. Yeah, like, yeah, just you know, putting effort into your, <laughs> your yeah. scenes. Uh, uh, to your idyllic life at a farmhouse. Because, you know, you just don't have to be doing any of this stuff. You could just be living a happy fucking life. With yeah. Running water and electricity and Tur- shit. Turns out all the uh, murder, all the dead friends, that was all pointless. Yeah. So Tommy somehow knows where Abby is now. And he's like, go back and murder her. Even though Tommy originally did this, so Abby, the, so Ellie didn't have to go. But, like, you know, we're not trying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We've given up any semblance of caring. Yeah. She, you wander around the house, you go to a bar, and you have a flashback to Joel. And then yeah, you're yeah, like, so, I guess so, I gotta go on a murder spree again. You have some really lazy PTSD. Yeah, yeah, I have to just go back. And you're just like, but it's, it's, why? look, you can say what you want about the farmhouse. Even if, even if somebody likes it, the fact is like, Ellie and Dina have this idyllic life at a, at a farmhouse, you know? Yeah. At, at some point earlier, um, Ellie asked Dina, she's like, she's like, well, what would you, what would you like to do? You know, if all of this hadn't happened, she was like, oh, I'd like to, you know, like live on a farm with a bunch of goats and stuff, you know? And like, they're living, they're literally living the dream that Dina talks yeah. about in the very beginning of the game. Uh, and they're just, ha- they have this happy, loving relationship. They, they're raising the kid. Uh, for between uh Dina and Jesse, you know, and it, it just it just seems fine. And then Tommy shows up and is like, "I found Abby. You have to go kill her." Yeah. And you know, Dina's like, "We're done with that." And Abby's like, "I don't know if we're done with that." Yeah, yeah. And at this point, it, this the first time I played this game, I was begging. I was like, I was in the room. I was like, Ellie, no, please. This has to be the end. Yeah. We have to reject the violence and anger. We can't just keep doing it. It can't be more. And then the nighttime comes and Ellie is like packing her shit up. And Dina shows up and is just like, what are you fucking doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And Ellie's like, I have, I have to do it. And she's like, no, you don't. Yeah. You don't have to do it. We have a life together. You know? She's like, I love you, Ellie. And Ellie's like, I love you too. And she's like, then fucking prove it. Stay here. Yeah. You know? And Ellie's like, I have to go kill this person. And Dina's, Dina's literally just like, we're we're done. If you walk out that door, it's fucking, we're done. You know? We're over. And Ellie leaves. And you're just, I was, I was just like crying. Not because it's sad, but because I'm like, please stop. Please stop. I feel like the game's torturing me. Ellie walks point. out the door and it's just. Take on <laughs> a slow acoustic version of "Take yeah. on Me" as the farmhouse explodes behind I you. I can't believe we're doing this. Oh, it's so bad. Uh, and and basically, you track. You have to track Abby to Santa Barbara. Oh no, you're Abby first, know, and then I, Abby. I want to talk about it. And, no, but it's because it's the worst thing ever. I know because she she's looking for fireflies, and then she gets immediately captured. By people just, you don't even know who I, they are. I can't tell you who they are. I don't know. There's they no. A, their just, symbol is like a snake. They just get captured they're because, of course, cobra. they get captured because we have one thing that we do. The, over and over again, every door has to be locked. Every fucking room has to be full of someone ready to capture you. Everything has to halt progress towards a destination that was boring in the first place. Yeah. And yeah, so she's get like you just Abby for two seconds, and then you're just like, oh cool, like, I haven't seen graphic violence against people in a while. And then you are Ellie for a l- not not a long time, like it's all it's honestly only like uh, a handful of rooms, but they're huge yeah. rooms. Yeah, and if you're playing on grounded mode, 
It's a long time, yeah. apparently. Because it took with, me like two hours to get yeah. through that fucking room. With no other characters, no plot, no nothing, just extra rooms of combat. Yeah. Because, I don't know, they just wanted more rooms of combat for no reason. Yeah. And again, can't stress, it's just random guys. We have no idea who these fucking people are. Yeah. But they just trap people. They're like slavers, right? But they yeah, also, I guess. They also like tie people to poles in the, in the intertidal zone, right? Where they're just like, I don't know, hang from a pole and starve to death. And you're just like, why are people like this? Why do the scars exist? Why do these people exist? Why are people so f- f- fucking, why do they have such a, a hard on for torture? Yeah. Everyone is just like, what if I was the absolute devil? Yeah. Like, you can't say your game is about violence being bad when it revels. It days in violence constantly. We we even talk about on the island when, like, the whole place is on fire. uh, We mentioned it at the very beginning, but there's there's, uh, this this huge uh, black guy that, that you have to fight. And it, I swear to God, it was like it was it was like Green Mile. You yeah, know? he's just screaming, screaming, and you you cut Non-stop. his face apart with a sickle, and he's you stab him so many times. Yeah, and you're literally just like, what is going on? Why is this? How is this a human being? You know? Yeah, it's the final it's, boss of Abby. Yeah, it's it's just unbelievable. And uh, yeah, Ellie has to like carve through all these random dudes, and finally finds Abby and and Lev like tied to a pole. She lets him down. And they look terrific. Yeah, they yeah. Abby's like lost a ton of mass. Like she's a big muscle lady, and she's lost a ton of mass and stuff. And uh, then you just like you take her to the boats and you knife fight her. No, no, no. Okay, you, I gotta set this up because this is ridiculous. Sure. Because Abby is like, because Ellie's like, like after Ellie cuts down Abby, Abby's like, "There's boats over here." She's like, "I know you're Ellie, but I'm just gonna yeah. act like this is." I, gonna... yeah, she, well, Abby's like, "I'm just, I'm and, done with and, this." And Ellie's like limping because she got injured, even though you never see her get injured. And then they it's, get no, it's the, it's the it's the injury from when she got uh, jacked. Yeah, up. yeah, but it only matters now, and it did not matter for yeah for the seven for rooms fucking of combat. two hours that I spent shooting people in the face. That didn't matter. Yeah, but yeah. Now just, she's limping. Yeah, now now it's the limping. Yeah, and then. They get to the boat, and Abby's, or Allie's like, I gotta fight you. And Abby's like, I don't. Yeah, and she's, she's like, like, I just, I don't have it. And, and she, and, and, and it's like, I, you know, like, I got it. And she's like, I'm not gonna fight you. And then Ellie just walks up to Lev and just puts a knife to his throat. He's yeah. like, you have to fight me. And it's so dumb. It's just so insulting, right? Yeah. That like, that like, okay, then why, why did you care about that pregnant woman? Yeah. Right? Because well, you're just gonna her? kill this fucking kid. Yeah. So you could get your murder fucking you, fix. You, you have no limits. Yeah. So what, like, what was anything? Yeah. And Abby's just so exhausted, as if, as is the player. And then you just, like, it's, it's funny, because we took it off of Metal Gear, and there's several times in both yeah. Death Stranding and Metal Gear 4, you have these, like, climactic punch scenes. And this is just such a long, graphic, boring, mechanically pointless scene of beating the shit out of Abby. Yeah. Until... Ellie just stops because she sees Joel in her mind's eye, and then you're like, "Okay, why would that make her? Why? Right? Why now? Feels like why that's, now? Feels like that's why you're here. Yeah, we spent the entire game psychopathically focused on one thing to the point of incredulity, and then now they're just like, well, you know, it, it doesn't because the game's over, and you're like, I, this is nothing." It's yeah. just, it, like I said over and over again, the, the, that whole fight is an analogy for the game because you're fucking fighting in shallow ass water. Yeah. Because it's just the shallowest, 
I, I don't know the word I want out of the shallows. Uh, mo- most violent thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, it's it's also, it's just, I hate it because uh, Ellie uses her knife and Abby is just has her fists, you know? And mm-hmm. she's not even like strong Abby. She's not even like the buff Abby yeah, that yeah. we know. She's, 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 she's emaciated from, from being hung from a pole for... For no reason. For probably days, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and Ellie's like knife fighting her, but Abby's defending with her, with her arms... And so, like, every time you slash, you're, like, slashing her arms with your knife. And me, I'm just, like, I can feel it, you know? I can mm-hmm. feel the knife, like, hitting flesh and bone. And I'm just, like, I want to throw up just thinking about it. You know what I mean? And and then, yeah, Ellie Ellie thinks about Joel and just stops. And, she's, and Abby leaves. And Ellie is just, she's literally sitting in the shallow water. With the with the fog all around her, nothing to see, no reward for her her grand quest, you know. And I'm like, it's the first time the game's ever caught up to me emotionally, because I've been so done with this for so long, and finally, way too late, Ellie is also done with it. Yeah, just like her sobbing, and it just like it doesn't like. Basically, from day two of Abby forward, I was completely numb to everything. I was playing with the important things vision on for most of the game, just to like kind of cover yeah. up the violence and make all the combat easier. Uh, every single jump scare stopped affecting me. It was yeah. just like, oh, a fucking, a fucking zombie. Yeah, and like at the end of the game, they shoehorn in those two cutscenes of the of Joel with the bigot sandwich, which you talked about earlier, and then Joel. Yeah. The other, we've talked about both of these scenes. But they're just shorn well, awkwardly at the game, and they don't speak well, to the experiences we just had at all. Yeah, well, this is a good time, I think, I think to not go in depth, but just explain them. Right, the the first scene is Ellie dancing. Um, she you know she meets Dina, and and her and Dina start dancing, and they kiss, and then somebody's like like, hey, this is a family event, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he uh he he calls him you know he calls Loud him slur. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and then Joel comes up and like punches him right. But it's like exactly what they explained earlier. Yeah. Where they're just like, yeah, we were dancing and then we kissed and then the guy called us a slur and then Joel punched him. And it's like, they don't, seeing it doesn't actually add anything to the yeah. thing. Because yeah, you learned exactly the slur. what happened. Yeah. It wasn't interesting. It's just what you kind of thought it would be. But, but at the very end, um, Ellie is, sta- goes to the farm, goes back to the farmhouse, right? Uh, she's missing two fingers because Abby bit them off. Gross. And the farmhouse is empty. Dean is left. Abby has... Uh, sorry. Ellie has nothing left. Mm-hmm. Ellie has no friends. You have three fingers. <laughs> yeah. um, normally that would help you as a lesbian, right? <laughs> oh. You want all five. <laughs> Dean is into it. Oh. But she has no friends. She has no family. She has nothing left. She's lost everything in her crusade for revenge. Then we go back... We cut to... This scene with Joel, where it was after after Ellie had learned about Joel lying to her and everything, she was talking to Joel on the porch one night. It was after the um, he punched that bigot, right? And she was like, she was like, that was my purpose. I was supposed to die that night, you know. And you get this, I you get this feeling like she has this survivor's guilt. She's like, I could, I should have saved the world. My life could have meant something, and now it doesn't. Yeah, they talk about purpose. You know, you know like yeah. you took away my purpose. Yeah, she, she's like, you took away my purpose, and and Joel's like, yeah, I thought about that a lot. Uh, you know, I've thought, I've thought about that 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 day, and every time I think, I would do it again. Yeah, you know, and it's like, 
I think it's a really, really good scene, you know, because it expresses both of those characters really, really well. Because, like, of course, of course Joel would do it again. Like, yeah, he probably regrets how it plays out afterwards, but he's like, I would always trade the world for my daughter. Mm-hmm. That's not a question to Joel. But that's know? not what's happening from the Ellie point of view, right? Yeah. If that makes sense, like, yeah, that is interesting, except for it has nothing to do with the events of the game. The only thing it relates to is Ellie is purposeless, so her purpose becomes revenge. Yeah, right? That, that, that's what's insane. And, right? like, okay, I mean, like, that's an, that's technically an idea. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I think what this scene is supposed to do is recontextualize what, what you've done. But I think it's supposed to do that through making you more connected with Joel. But I'm like, the, but you need to put that at the beginning. Yeah. Right? You need to connect us to Joel... Because I can't recontextualize the sheer amount of violence I've done. It just can't be done. And a a scene I kind of glossed over uh, earlier that I think to me is like should be the thesis of the game, even though they don't focus on it, is before you go off to, like, say the island probably uh, to do stuff, you you see Owen. And Owen's Owen's like, are are you going to Santa Barbara? And Mel had just yelled at Abby, being like, you're not fucking coming. We mentioned it a little bit. Uh, And she's like, you know I can't. And Owen is like, I know everything is a fucking mess, but like you can choose to be happy, right? Yeah. Just choose to be happy. Like just, just try. And like that's what this game should be about. There should be more characters doing that, right? Yeah. And I instead, mean, it's completely desolate at the end. For what? For what do we get out of that? What did we learn about that? What does that make us think? What does yeah. that make us feel? We we can we can take that idea. We can apply it to like Last of Us One and be like. Joel at the end chose to be happy. Yeah, you know he he forsook everything in the world so he could be happy with his daughter. You know, yeah, that's that's what's that's what was important. He chose it, and we can we can revile him for that. You know, we can say he was wrong. We can say ethically everything he did was 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 wrong. But like he made that choice, right? Owen is a complex character too, right? Yeah. Like Owen is the most complex character. In the yeah, a hundred percent, right? And it's like, you don't have to agree with Owen, but he's standing there saying, just try, right? Yeah. In this fucked up world, just try to be happy. Yeah, and, and just, Owen says that, and you know he's going to die yeah. that day. You've already seen him die. Yeah, you've, you've already seen him die. You've already him. killed him you've personally. Killed and it, it, and the, the game never wrestles with that, right? Like, Last of Us 1 lets you wrestle with that. Last of Us 2 doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know? And then you just play the guitar with your... Fucking missing fingers, and it sounds yeah. bad. And cool. Yeah, the, that... g- the game ends on the song that we we basically started on. Remember, yeah. where they're just like, it's like you know, if if I lost you, I would lose myself. You yeah, know? and it's like, cool. Yeah, I guess that's what happened. What the fuck am I supposed to learn from that?
All my stolen missing parts I've no need for anymore So at the, at the end of this game, I feel like the only, the only like, sensible takeaway you can really get is, like, what revenge is bad. I'm like, I didn't need a 40-hour blood fest to tell me that. Yeah. I don't need... And you didn't even say that message well. Yeah. You didn't even do that right in a baby could I'm just like, I don't need Naughty Dog to explain this shit to me. You know? Yeah. That's baby time and shit. It's, it's just, it's not, it's not enjoyable. Like, it's, it's gross. It sounds bad. Like, you just constantly hear... It's always like... Yeah. And, like, noises and... and sc- like, screams that are definitely edited throughout this podcast. <laughs> like, com- like there's so many things in combat that we didn't really talk about where it's... They'll scream very loudly when they die. They'll go... They'll yell each other's names. Like, being like, Jeremy died! You know? Like, they just do all this stuff where it's... Like, you know, you'll almost kill the last person with melee and they'll beg for their life. And there's really nothing you can do but kill them. Like, if you don't kill them, they'll just... They'll just attack you eventually. Or die... They will bleed out sometimes. Like, it's just not... Yes. So, like, they want you to just kill people with a knee-jerk reaction and then be like, oh, God, I just killed someone with a knee-jerk reaction. And it's like... It's... It's just so full of, like, constant unpleasantry. You know what I mean? Like... When when I walk up to someone in Metal Gear and slam their face at the ground, it feels kind of good. When I walk up to someone and melee someone in the face, I have to just... I'm punished for it. Because I have to see something disgusting. Yeah. Just disgusting. So, and then a horrible scream afterwards. There, two two games I've talked about before this. Um, Postal and Hotline Miami. At the end of Postal... Spoilers for, like, the 90s game Postal. Um, at the very last thing you do is there's a, there's a, a school. And there's a bunch of school children mm-hmm. on the playground. And you go up and you're like... I'm going to annihilate these kids. You can't. You can't kill them. Mm-hmm. You cannot. You can't hurt them at all. You, your missiles, your bombs, your everything doesn't do anything. Can't hurt them. Right? And the game, it, like... You, the you Kryptonian get, elementary. <laughs> but you get, you get taken away. You get, like, apprehended by the police or something. Right? Like, the the point is, uh, it makes you, in that moment, reflect on the violence you've been doing. You know? Hotline Miami, I've already talked about it. The, you kill the last person, the music stops, and you have to walk back through the building... And contend with the violence you've created, you know? Uh, and you have to think about why you're doing these things. What what did that violence mean to you, you know? Mm-hmm. This game absolutely never asks you to reflect, right? Yeah. There's, it does all the violence, and then at no point does it ever let you sit with it and think about it. Because the, the next plot point always has to happen, right? Yeah. And this runs all the way up to the end of the game, where finally you're just like, I don't know, I'm done. I'm done now. I'm going to turn it off. I'm not going to reflect on it. I'm going to fucking turn it off and, and pretend I never played it. It feels like a burden, this whole thing. Exactly. Like, and, like, my thing is, it's like, okay, all these themes are dumb. All this, like, I like I don't like a single thing about this game. But, like, good job on accessibility features. <laughs> good bad, job. bad job on all the crunch. The yeah. famous amount of crunch that happened in this game. But it just feels like every single bit of gameplay is some horrible grind Instead of getting rewarded for doing that, I get punished with horrible cutscenes. Yeah. That, for the most part, are just violence. There are three cutscenes I like. Dinosaur Museum, Aquarium, I guess kind of that last scene. Like, But, like, even even then, it's so misplaced in the game. And it's, like, the last scene. I just want it to be over. I don't even like it. So, it's like, 
it's really two and a half scenes. And like, it doesn't like that last scene. It doesn't feel like a reward to me. Right. Yeah. It feels like a, I mean, I guess you had to try to make some theme, but it doesn't really tie into the things that we've even experienced. So like, I don't care. Like, yes, Joel is being Joel and that makes sense that he's being Joel, but it's clearly trying to set up something thematic and it fails at that. Yeah. Uh, and if you're going to set up something thematic, don't make it the last thing that happens. In your yeah. Life. Yeah. Set that up at the beginning. So we all know what to think and feel, you know? Yeah. We all know what you're going for. And so it's like, okay, after a game like Last of Us, and also in like the midst of 20, like the worst time, almost oh almost experience yeah. in our life, this is what you get, you give us. Uh, did you have more? Because I had potential pitches for better Last of Us games. No, go ahead. So here are a better Last of Us 2s, I think, you know? And obviously anything can be anything, but like. I, 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 I pitched my best Last of Us 2, which was the, the game that could have come out of the, the whole take on me scene, you know? Yes. So, uh, a game, that, a game that's like reflective. About the value of your community yep. and what that means. Yeah, and I earnestly think these ideas are objectively better. So early in the game, you find all that pot, right? The what? Uh, in, you find all that marijuana. Oh, yeah. Right, in that room, right? So, like, what if, like, they got really hungry and wanted to go to White Castle? Right. And the whole game is <laughs> Dina and Ellie going to White Castle uh, through zombie infest territory. Pretty fun game. The other hey, one... Wait, wait. Is this White Castle still... Open and manned? You don't know. <laughs> we, but we have to hope, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a game about hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they get there and they're like, this does not taste good. <laughs> Every All the posters lied to us about this White Castle. <laughs> yeah. It's just not good. Have yeah. you had White Castle? Oh, it's horrible. I know. I yeah. was asking. Yeah. Uh, always, so this always, my dad always tells the story. Uh, my sister uh, lived in Vegas for a bit. And my uncle, who was just like a Jimmy Buffett kind of guy. Yeah. I don't know how to describe him. What do you call it? Parrot head. Uh, he came in and he got like, he's got fucking smashed right there in Vegas, you know? And he got White Castle. He was like, fucking White, I need White Castle. And he had White Castle. And the next day he woke up all sober. He's like, let's go to White Castle. And they're like, you liked it because you were drunk, Uncle Louie. <laughs> it's not good. And then he just goes and he's just like, this fucking sucks. We're like, we know. That's so funny. It's, yeah. It's just you like, know, I, I got taken in, in, in the, uh, not that way, but in the exact way that we were describing. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, I watched Harold and Kumar go to White Castle and I was like, I was just so taken in by their, their yeah, love yeah. of White Castle. And when I finally got to try it, I was like, uh, I was so excited. And I ate it, and I was like, this sucked ass. Yeah, it's very much like the the West Coast Jack in the Box. Because uh, it's like, I love those like, kind of like stoner drunk places. Yeah. Where like, you look at the menu, and it's just like, it's a burger, but the buns are waffles. And the inside is uncut cooked bacon. And you're like, <laughs> oh my god, I have to. And you're just like, yeah, yeah. no, it's not. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, other idea. Uh, Ellie... Uh, falls in love with a zombie because she's a mute. Yeah, uh, there's a movie about that. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> okay. Next one. I thought that it was great, but yeah. Um, I don't speaking, know if she's immune. Small, small side note. Uh, earlier, they make a joke about giving bite marks, like while having like se- oh, yeah. sexual bite marks. Unacceptable in a zombie world. Yep. You can't be doing that. <laughs> like We've all agreed, no more hickeys. I'm sorry that you might like it, but we can't afford to do that. I, I'm imagining, uh, like, at the very beginning of Last of Us 1, where they're, you're, you're going through the the city streets with Tess, and they're, like, yeah. they're bringing people out and, like, shooting them on the street. Yeah. You know? I just imagine one of them just has a hickey, and they're like, we can't take this chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, per- the, the person they had sex with is just, like, in the window, like, no! <laughs> the only woman I've ever met because of zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. And then the final, obviously, this is what I like because of my proclivities. Um, 
the zombies are like closing in on their town in Jackson, right? right? And they're trying to come to like an agreement on who takes control. So they agree, uh, baseball game, best of nine, Oof. or oh, sorry, you know, yeah. best nine people playing against each other, zombies versus the humans. And they start off like a ragtag group of right. misfits. The shamblers I mean? are, the, are the pitchers. Yeah, the shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, it was like that. Like just, these all just seem like better, more interesting games that have more emotional depth and thought into them. I agree. Yeah, I, I would definitely play Last of Us baseball game. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Like throwing Molotov, <laughs> bats are on <laughs> you, fire. You, you, one of your pitches is just like you don't throw the ball; you just throw a Molotov and incinerate the batter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the last play, zombie jumps up, catches the ball to rob the home run, and everyone is like that. But then the arm falls off the zombie <laughs> and tells him. And then the zombie shambler umpire yeah. goes, surf! <laughs> that's, the, that's the big win, you know? Yeah. The last thing I really want to say about this game, because I want to I separate from comparisons to Last of Us 1 and stuff. This game is a brutal, violent slog through mostly human corpses that has very little to do with its predecessor. It has very little to do with the setting in which it exists, and it has very little to do with the characters of the game. It mostly rides on the accolades of the first game, both in, you know, the value, like, how you're supposed to feel about the characters, and even how you should feel about the crusade that you're on, right? Because, like, they don't introduce Joel at all. They don't care if you know about Joel. They're like, why are you playing Last of Us 2 if you didn't play Last of Us 1? Go back, play Last of Us 1, care about Joel, and then come back to our game, and spend, you know, roughly 40 hours caring about Joel a little too much. There's nothing really redeeming about this. Yeah, I, for, I, mean, there, I forget about there, there's these There's moments of brilliance, but most of them are also just hinging on characters that were already pre-established, you know? Uh, they're they're cutscenes that have really nothing to do with what we're currently doing. And the worst part about those cutscenes are when they bring us back to what we're currently doing. There's just there's no redeeming moment of this game, and at the end of the day, when Ellie is sitting in that uh, in that misty ocean with no one and nothing left, all love and happiness gone from her heart, it's the only time I relate to her in the entire game because that's how I felt by the end. Uh, my thing is kind of like a macro AAA thing about this, where it's just so depressing. Where it's if you actually make a good product. You're so incentivized to start pumping out formulaic nonsense. Yeah, I mean, right? we've, seen, we've seen Last of Us 1, we've seen Last of Us 1 Remaster, Last of Us 1 Remake, and now Last of Us 1 TV show. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Like, just beat this dead horse until, you know, just keep beating the dead horse. In fact, just let, let's just rip the horse that, There's off. money in that horse, keep beating it. Yeah, and it's just so disappointing because... Like, the best thing about this game is its graphics. And they use those graphics to show tendons getting ripped out of people's necks, necks, you know, skulls caved in. Lots of knives through throats. Lots and lots and lots of knives through throats. Uh, And, wow, what a horrible use of, like, a thing that you can do well. And in the first game, you can tell that care is put into each scene and area. And in this game, you can tell... They made formulaic reactions, formulaic level design, formulaic uh, gameplay loops, right? Yep. To to where it just feels like everything is done, like, with a shocking negligence towards, like, the final product 
because it's just overly focused on making sure the player's not bored, right? Uh, oh, it's been a second since something happened. Someone slams their face into a an upgrade thing, you know? Yeah. Just because, because why not? Because you know, you might you might get bored just being chill for a second. And yeah, it's just like I, I've just like never had less fun ha- playing a game. Like yeah. it just it just weighs on me in a way that's not like it isn't. It's not an emotional weight, right? It's like, it feels like the a, weight of violence. It gave me bad dreams. Yeah, you know, it, like, it feels like a burden of knowledge. You know. Yeah, and it's just like, cool, uh, if you do something right, say goodbye to that studio. Except for From Software. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Apparently. Uh, but yeah, I just, I can't believe success is this damning to a company. And I'm just like, cool, I guess I'm not excited for the next Naughty Dog game. I guess I just can't be. Yeah, I mean, how, how could you be, right? Uh, Kojima is teasing his next game. And I'm at least excited about that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and... A little bit about you said about graphics. You know, Last of Us One used its graphics phenomenally, right? Like, yeah, it had Last of really, Us One is a better looking game in a lot of ways if you think about it. Yeah, no, it had really incredible graphics for its time, and and the remaster did it a lot of favors. I don't really care for this remake because it's, it's whatever, it's bullshit. But it's a shameless money grab. Yeah, but the the fact is like. What was great about Last of Us One was that they were using mocap on the faces and stuff, mm-hmm. right? They were they, they like were, painted them, like they they meticulously yeah. create. It wasn't just mocap; like they handcrafted the faces. Yes, every everything is handcrafted, you know. Uh, and so, painting's not the right word, obviously. Sorry. Yeah. No, it, it was incredible what they did, right? And I mean, the last scene of the game, you know, which we've talked about sort of endlessly at this point, is just Ellie's face, right? And like that was so important for that game. This game has ostensibly infinitely better graphics, and it doesn't use them at all, except to show just bloody violence constantly. It doesn't give us anything for all the effort and time and money put into this game, right? Last of Us 1 did something unthinkable, and Last of Us 2 did something uh, unbelievably generic. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, with that somber, somber tone... We're going to end this podcast. Uh, unless you have anything else to say about it. Oh, no. I, I can play Final Fantasy VI now. I'm happy. Oh, that's fair. I can <laughs> go back to Earthbound. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, God. That was like right before we started the cast. Uh, I was just watching Ross play Earthbound. And we just both were like, we do not want to record. Because it's just, yeah. like, just like feeling joy. Like, I just miss joy. It's just uh, like the world is bad enough. Maybe you just put some joy in your media. Look, I've, that's I've, that's really my final stance. We've we've done games on this cast that I uh, we haven't liked, you know. But I've never once gotten to re- record day and I've been like, I don't want to do this. You yeah, know? this is the first time where I'm truly just like, this game just drained me. There's nothing left of me, you know. It's uh, truly the last of you. Yeah, no, no nothing works. Just like yeah, okay. <laughs> it's not even a good joke. Alright, uh, check us on socials, so Twitter and, and YouTube and all of that, linked in the description. If you want to contact us, do it. It's fun. I'll be, f- I'll say something funny to you on Twitter, or something. Uh, whatever. Promising stuff you can't deliver. Cue, cue ten minutes of screams. <laughs> <laughs>